Hello and welcome to Edge of Empire, a Horus Heresy podcast. Hello uh, and uh, welcome to episode eight of year two of Edge of Empire. And um, it is very, very hot. Um, it really is. Yeah. Just a little bit, just yeah. a touch. For those of you outside of uh, of Britain right now, Britain is currently in the uh, process of rebranding itself as the realm of Ashki. Just throwing a little <laughs> Age of Sigma reference in there. Oh, there you go. Because that'll probably get us that, some that hate mail. 60 lashes. Yeah, 60 yes. lashes. Yes, yes. The it's realm of fire. We've been warned about this. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so um, tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick look at this month's new releases, which Ooh. there's not a lot, um, an update of what we've been up to this month. Um, we've got a run-through of this month's news, including that from the Forge World Open Day, where me and Graham were, and we look at this month's Black Library releases, uh, including a review of Slaves to Darkness, which I uh, which I got in advance, and uh, yes. we're giving that away this weekend, but we'll uh, we'll mention that in a bit um and chris and is going to take us through the faq for legio custodies while we mop up his tears and then tonight we're going to take a look at doing an all plastic heresy army using the existing kits manufactured by games workshop and following on from that we'll actually see which of us can put together the best plastic based list and then finally nice. we'll, we'll take a look this, at what's what events are coming across in the uk tricky one, this one, I thought. it was a tricky one but it was tricky yeah it really was tricky very fun nonetheless so, so a challenge very good so uh straight into the new releases then so um the first thing on the list today is the horus heresy age of darkness rulebook enhanced edition now this is for the ipad on the and Android on the Apple uh, OS now. Apparently, according to Michael, it, it contains some kind of spirit fiend where it does crazy cool things. So, talk us through that, Michael. Yeah, so it, it's they've been publishing these for a little while now, enhanced editions of codexes and stuff. So, if you're looking at a uh, I don't know, say a tactical squad, and then you click on Bolter, it'll pop up in a little pop up the um, the the profile for the Bolter. Or if you run another unit, say Seekers, and you, you want to see what the, the special rules are, you click on the special rule pop-up box, tells you what the special rule is. But Wow, yeah. that does sound very useful, I've got it, to say. It's obviously, it's a lot more work, apparently, than just putting it into an EPUB, so they are the same prices yeah. that is buying the actual physical book, but they are they are quite helpful. I've seen people use them in 40k, and they are very, very useful. Um, so the problem is we all bought the book now, but yeah, I can see I haven't got an iPad or anything Apple for that matter. But um, I'm that quite tempted, like I must admit. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got an iPad, haven't you, Chris? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got one as well. I must admit, I am tempted with this one because it is it is hyper handy. You know, you're just on a unit page, and you're like, right, what does this weapon do? Quickly, what's this special rule? I think yeah. if there was one book that I would get this for, it would be for the main rule book, because well, this is the main rule book, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so I mean, so this would be. You know, where you've got all those sort of fiddly USRs and all the universal special rules and stuff. This would be a pretty cool thing to do. So, hmm, very interesting. So that's cool. Um, so next up, now, what, what is this? So this uh, is the Kill Team starter set. So before we um, start to, you know, say, whoa, steady on there, my friend. This is a 30K podcast. Um, 
the terrain and certainly the schizotari, they can be used for securitari, would you Adam and Eve it? And uh, that, my friends, you can pick up for 64 large uh, element games. So let's have a quick look through it. So let me have a little talk through this because it's been causing quite a stir on the interweb this last few weeks. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people want this. Yeah. I see. So, um, I mean, that scenery does look fantastic, doesn't it? You, you can't oh, say yeah. that. Oh, yeah, brilliant. you get quite a bit of scenery in the box. And uh, you, you the do basilicum, do. I really like. I like that there's two statues. Yeah, well, we'll talk about oh, the basilicum in a minute. Yeah. yeah. The, um, <laughs> for that particular thing, I'm wondering, how big is that? Is that like two by four or something? Uh, the board. Yeah. No, it's not two by four. It is... Um, I'll have a look at the description, see if they've got the size it's here. It's, it's, a funny, it's a funny size. Yeah, so you couldn't like, buy three of them and get yourself a, you know, no, a playing No, not quite. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird size. It's not quite... Um, okay. It's not quite... It's 22 inches by 30 inches. There you go, Chris yeah. has got it. It's, it's a funny old... Double-sided gaming board, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny yeah. old size. It's a, it's a very odd odd size. But it's a standard board game size. Yeah, I remember you saying yeah. that if you wanted to do it any other size, it would cost them more. But looking at that, you know, you've got a, a, like a really cool map thing there, as well as the, the actual physical scenery itself. And I'm wondering whether, you know, if you had... Mind you, I suppose if you're going to buy three lots of it, I mean, £80, isn't it, from Games Workshop? But we get yeah. cheaper, much cheaper at Element Game, which is where we're yeah, representing. £64 at Element Game. So three of those for, what's that, 180 190 mm-hmm. 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 Six quid, all right. Yeah, 96 quid, I think. I'm just trying to do the mental arithmetic. 92 quid, I think. Three, eights, yeah, three sixes are 18 plus three fours are 12. So there we go. Yeah. Maths as well. So, I mean, you could actually make a board out of that. It would look pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you'd be slightly short of um, the normal regulation six before, but certainly playable. The hell with regulations when it comes to an exciting we, uh, we, we, we laugh in the face of regulations. Yeah. But the terrain is lovely. I mean, I don't, have, you, have you been into a Games Workshop this weekend? Uh, no. Or this week. No, um, yeah, I, I, I popped in on Sunday, and mm-hmm. it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, nice, chunky, much better than the old stuff. And um, oh, yeah. what is cool about it is you can even make it at funny angles. All right. So you can make the walls at like 45 degree angles instead of just 90 angles. And it, it's right. much it seems much better than the old stuff, which, you know, the, the old Sector Imperialis, which was, um, you know, just... It was really hard to make a ninety degree angle with it. I but, found. I mean, it's, a, it's good looking stuff. So the, they've got the sector imperialis ruins, which are what they say on the tin, and um, you know a, a section of bits that have been destroyed. They look great. Yeah. Um, they will. They will cost um, a, a, a princely eighteen pounds at Element Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Amistratum building, which I really like. I mean, the paint job is fantastic. That obviously. I mean, I love the way that it's painted on the Games Workshop side, um, with the green and kind of brass look. That looks look awesome. But there's a lot of detail on that as well, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of detail on these new kits. I like all the sort of the gargoyle sort of yeah. on the side. Yeah, I mean, they're not plain either, are they? Just looking at them now, they're all yeah. Um, I mean, it's not the, little the, symbols on them and all sorts going on there. And one I mean, of the, one of the really cool things about them. Brush, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, one of the really cool things about them um, that I was shown when I went into Games Workshop is these are at the same the sections of wall are at the same height as the Sector Mechanica stuff so you can flow and okay. combine the kits together and you see where they've got the um, uh, 
in the bottom of the left-hand wall on the side, they've got a pipe outlet. Well, that pipe outlet yeah. fits perfectly to the um, plasma conduit pipes and the Promethean oh. pipes. Oh, right, okay. So you can... So I think they thought it's through. Yeah, yeah. indeed. So, so you can really combine a lot of these kits together. Yeah, that's cool. So the Administratum, uh, that's £24 Element Games. Uh, the Basilicum, this is a great-looking thing, I think. Oh, yeah, um, those statues. I yeah. mean, it just looks great, doesn't it? I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's uh, that from Element Games. So that will set you back £48 Element Games, but uh, boy, does it look good. Yeah, um, there's just I'm not just think the fun you could have with those. Do those statues come away? Uh, away? If you look at the sprues, yes, yes, you can. Oh, okay, you can um, because you think you've got that um, the old statue they used to do for the other. Just having a row of those and like a. Sort of oh, they still make that. Build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I just, just think about that. Look really cool. It's like a. Tree yeah, sort of. nice and big yeah, yeah. and chunky and. Yeah. That, I, I really love this set. So, yeah, yeah good-looking kits. You can, you know, get a really good-looking table there. Um, I mean, they are beautifully painted, I've got to say, but uh, the actual uh, modelling themselves, they're not, you know, like I said earlier, um, they're not a quick sort of dry brush or after spray. There's a lot of detail on them, so it would be a project in itself, I think, to do it justice. But, um, I, I, I mean, you can do it, you know, decently with dry brushing and um, and shades. Yeah. But... Obviously, they are. I think they allow you to put in that bit more effort if you need to mm. or want to. Yeah, so the next new little at the top of the window arches and stuff. Mm. My, I have one thing with them though, with like the, the silicon and the um, sanctum, and just the basilicum actually, just looking at the thing. That doorway looks quite big. Yes, it looks bigger than three inches. No, you have a point. Um, oh, we're going to get into this, aren't we? I see what you're <laughs> Yeah. But you can travel... Um, is this isn't an original thought for me. This is from one of my friends, who, um, Warren. He, we were talking about it the other day, and he said he raised the question with me, and I, I hadn't actually thought about it at all. Okay, I'm going to have to look at the book. Because I know you can traverse three inches up, can't you? Yeah, exactly. But can you, in one hit, whether you can go six inches... Um, oh man, there's going to be some fun. Well, with that. I may have just, you know, caused all sorts of bother. Right old can of worms, there, my friend. Um, um, you know what? I have. Idea, if you think. give me a second, I have a Sector Mechanicus, which, well, as you I said, see, is the same height. So you can see. Um, uh, I don't the, have the a back of it. So you can see there's a, yeah. there's a dark a angel typical, there. I don't have a tape measure here. I've got. Yeah, I've got. Right. I've got a. I've got a. I've got an element the size. Of, um, oh, I do have a tape measure. Well, it's not a tape measure; it's a ruler, but it is in inches, so I can tell you how many inches tall one of these walls is going to be. Okay, so if you give me a moment, I will tell you now that it is nearly six inches tall. Yeah, so that's a really good point. I think what I'll do is um, when we go into the when you're doing in the um, the book section, I'll have a little look at the rules about moving through ruins and see if everything's cool. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good point actually. So plus one for Warren uh, for pointing that out and sending the internet into a tailspin. Um, because I'm guessing with the other game that shall not be mentioned, um, 
can can you move freely through ruins up and down? Um, yes, to a, de- to, to a degree, yeah. Fair enough. So anyway, suffice to say that, um, so the last one after the Sanctum is, this is for Kill Team now, uh, specifically, which is this sector Mechanicus, which does look vaguely familiar oh, to Oh, yeah, you forgot the Sanctum. I've talked about the Sanctum. The Sanctum, yes. Yeah. Um, the Sanctum is nice, similar kind of design. It's got some lovely statues on the outside of I can see um, I can see a lot of possibilities doing a really good church centrepiece for a table. Yep. Just yeah, for yeah. doing sort of a really good monastery. Ooh, excuse me. Um, oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be really good. I think you could do, like you say, a really um, cool-looking um, cityscape or you know, destroyed cityscape. Um, something on those lines. I think that would be awesome, personally. Um, yeah. And you could do that... Obviously, it's by paying paying figures they're a fair price, but um, it would look great, and you could get a board up and looking off these fairly quickly. I think because they're quite big pieces, so you're not going to need. So if you're doing a six by four table, mm-hmm. you know you probably only need a two or three of these pieces, probably. Yeah, and there's also quite so a really... lot. They've all got a line of sight blocking stuff as well as sort of shooting through windows. Yeah, yeah. So there is the odd bit of line of sight blocking, which is always one of the, the sort of main you know, things that people sort of complain about when it comes to scenery and uh, games with scenery. So yeah, anytime um, you can sort of do a table, you know, get a table out for less than a hundred quid or whatever. That's, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty good going. You know, when I say with Element Games, it does make it a lot more. Yeah, you know, that extra. I can't remember what percentages that they. They discount from the stuff, but yeah, you know, it yeah, I mean, make the, it a lot more affordable and easier. I mean, the Sanctum, for example, is forty-five pounds from Games Workshop and thirty-six pounds from Game. So, yeah. like you said, for hundred quid, you know, you could get yourself a couple of these pieces, and, and it would be really cool. So, um, definitely something to look at. Yeah. So the, the the last one that we've got is another kill team piece of um, scenery. This is the Sector Mechanicus, uh, and in this one, you get uh, a. Ferrotonic furnace, two sets of plasma conduits, and an alchemite stack. Yeah, that, uh, that's forty quid, and that comes with what looks like another sort of little mat as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it's got another mat. It's got another board the same size as the Kilty one. The thing right. with this is, and why I love love this set is those plasma conduits from Element Games are last I checked they're eighteen quid. And you right. can get this for 40 quid at Element Games, so you're only paying four quid more, and you get two extra big bits of scenery. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. So getting two lots of plasma conduits would cost you 36 quid. You get this whole thing for 40 quid, and it's got some big bits of scenery. Yeah, big yeah. big bits of scenery. It's, um, That's good. It's really cool, I think. I'm just going to double-check. the. I'm going to check the cost of these. Because this is the best. Um, this is one of the best value kits i've actually seen in there because uh, i guess this is you know now that they are bringing out games like the um, kill team and sort of necromunda those kind of skirmishy based games they seem to be mm. pushing a bit more i mean i know that they, a lot of these kits have kind of similar kits have been around from games workshop in the past um but they seem to be you know putting it all together to well, another bulking it all in and putting yeah. it doing it at good prices yeah um, all, and it's all it all looks really good you know you don't it does look good I can't think of anywhere else you're seeing ter- terrain like this. But the, no, I, I think it, that's no, not really. The furnace on its own is 25 quid, and the alchemite stack is 25 quid, and then you've got the 
plasma conduits which are nineteen pounds of twelve. Wow. So crazy saving. Yeah, absolute bargain. And then obviously you've got something if you want to play kill team. Yeah. Yep. So very good. It's 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 a very good scenery. Uh been a very good month of scenery. Yeah, definitely. Good to see. So unfortunately though, there has been, as far as we can tell, from the beloved world of heresy, absolutely nothing. Nope. It would appear. Nothing Not at all. Even no. a door. Done. Done. Well, they've done all the doors now. This was a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. And uh... (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So yes, no doors. The first time I think the Edge Empires have got together without the ability to discuss the latest Salamander, (laughs) Demos Pattern, Rhino doors. I knew we should have kept some back from last month. I knew it. (laughs) I wonder what their next thing they're going to do is now they've finished doors. Praetors. Yes. Praetors, of course. Yeah, Yeah, Praetors. It, also, it sort of sounds like doors as well, doesn't it? Pray doors. Yeah, yeah. Q. So, yes, um, so that, I think, without padding that section out any longer than it needs to be, is the new releases. So, what, what, what have we all been up to this month then? Uh, Chris, what, what have you done? So, it's been a I said last month I took up some time off after really rushing stuff. Um, but London, we went to that, so sort of building back up because we've got um, Comedy of Legends is a million miles away. I don't want to be rushing to get stuff painted and built for that. Um, so I sort of broken myself in softly, just finishing the um, Custodes Big Bird. Oh, yeah. There were bits on that that I hadn't, it wasn't fully assembled um, when it went to London. There were little bits of um, aerofoils and things that I hadn't finished painting and, and gluing um, so I've just been sort of finishing that up and some, there are some places where my paint had um, I like to two-tone the, the red on it mm-hmm. it just, there are a couple of bits on the back section where they just hadn't come out as I'd like so um, got on at those and tried to tidy those up to give them a bit more sort of better contrast, better look uh, and then while I was looking for terrain the other day, I came across my um, old Imperial Guards tanks. Nice. And after we were talking about the militia a few couple of episodes back then, I was saying about using my Russes for that. I think I sort of started planning maybe doing a quite heavily armoured militia list. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, sort of what sort of paint scheme I'm going to go with those. So that's really early stage at this, at this point in time, just because I want to get... Um, just a couple of other things that need to be done both hobby wise and work wise so I haven't really the time to sit down and really hammer hammer through like that sort of thing but yeah I think I'm going to go for sort of quite a nice sort of I want them to look quite regal so mm-hmm. if I ever decide to fill them sort of with my custodes there won't be a big <laughs> contrast between the two yeah um, it's not, I sort of had the, this idea sort of a few years ago when I was playing guard um, I think I think it will look it will suit better in the heresy um, environment. Not yet. Things aren't completely grim dark yet, so no, no. carrying some of that sort of Terran regality through. Yeah, uh, so it's going to have a look just yeah you know, going through those, seeing what I think I can use, what I can't use because there, and I've got a couple of tanks that like the. Um, 
the hunter tank with the great big last cannon thing on the front. Oh yeah, yes. that Forge Lord used to do and no longer make. Oh, the um, hunter kill. Yeah, the, know, the, the one. Yeah, the so Valdor. Model, no, uh, no, the, there was a specific model that looked like a World War Two. Um, sort of tank hunter. Tank oh, thing. yeah, I know the yeah. one you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know you know what I mean. Oh, really good actually. So I might That's try and. Good. Yeah, I know. I'm glad I bought it when I did. Um, so I think what I might do is if I do this, that might proxy as a vanquisher, mm-hmm. as and as a command tank for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is sort of the plan so far is written out on an A4 bit of lined paper that. A hundred other ideas are written down on various different things. So yeah, but I think maybe because I keep saying I don't need a third army, but it's a third army that I don't have to buy. It sort of yes. sit there, it's sat there, or at least I only have to buy minimal. Yeah, exactly. If I can if I can load it out with tanks, then um, but I just work out the practicalities of it. And, but it could be quite fun, just another little project. Because uh, my custodes, you know, I'm not going to get any more models for those realistically. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, nice little, nice little like, extra project. Yeah, for the future, but yeah. It happens, doesn't it? You kind of hit, hit sort of, well, you sort of hit that sort of peak custodes where you can't really add any more to it. You've kind of got all of the stuff that you want. Well, um, if I so, wanted to, I think I've got about six and a half thousand points. It's only about four models, isn't it? The yeah, it's about eight, <laughs> it's, it's six models, and um, yeah, and Valdor. Yeah, and Valdor. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I think, about, I think it's about 6,000 points I've got in total in Custodes. Nice, that's good going. So, okay. I mean, it's a lot of one day. Like, so, um, yeah, maybe one day we'll get a, mm. get a chance to do that. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah, that's, that, that's sort of the, the thinking. And also, because obviously you've got the demons coming out, I have got a big Chaos Demon army. So I remember it well. I do potentially possess two more heresy armies for right. somewhere down the line. <laughs> Yeah, it gets to that point, doesn't it? I mean, it's interesting because I know that I very, I mean, I only really play my Iron Warriors at, at events. I don't mm. really play, I haven't played them, you know, for sort of local games for some time now. And I think you're, you're right. You kind of think, actually, oh, that's why I do something else, something a bit different for a minute and then maybe get back to them at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, so it's all good. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very good. Um, do you want to, should I talk about what I've been up to this month? Yeah, okay. sure. Sure. So um, I finally finished. This. I had these three Dreadclaw dropbots, and they've been, I've been sort of chipping away at them for months now, it feels like. I've really struggled painting these, and I just can't for the life of me work out why. Um, but they've really taxed me. Uh, you know, some models, you just think, oh, I just want this model yeah. painted. And then the problem is that I think once you get into that mindset, you tend to rush it, and the then you sort of pick it up the next day and you think, oh my God, you know, all of the blues on the white and the whites can see all the blue and it's like, oh. Yeah, so you reach that sort of frustration, that sort of self-frustration. It's like, I should be able to do this. I'm just going to get it done. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. So um, so what I've done, I think, is I knew I had three to paint. And like I say, there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, I've got a, a, another heresy tournament-ish on the 12th and I'm going to use my World Eaters for that rather than the Iron Warriors. And secondly, of course, um, as we said, Dave, my brother, brother Dave, the, the, the third Mills brother, is um, coming up to the Humbly Legends event in September. And he's going to use my World Eaters army, so I need to get it ship shape um, so that Chris doesn't have to load another army up on the train, which is madness. So just, yeah, um, it's a dream. That that's that's a, a dream come true. 
Yes. So, um, so what I'm doing is I've, I've got the three drop pods finished now. I use one of them. I used a different colour blue because I was getting so frustrated ah. with the blue. And it's a different. It does look slightly different, but it looks a bit more commandy. So it's like, okay, that's okay. I can kind of put you know a command squad or something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because I really wanted a, a a flat matte blue, and in the end, I think I've got this sort of storm blue um, colour from one of the sort of Valero um, paint ranges. It's a really lovely blue, and I'm actually going to use it on my um, uh, what six? Well, what are those? Stormcast Eternals, because it's a lovely blue for that, but it actually looks pretty good on the drop pod as well. So um, I've been, I found a sort of a reasonable blue that I'm happy with, and I've been working through that. So the white, again, is just problematic, and it's just so depressing when you think you've got this sus, and then you know it's another bit where you've overlapped because those lines. And you know, how you get some of these sort of semi-pro painters who can, you know, take, who can almost, you know, when you look at people who paint towel really well and the crisp divisions between colours... Mm. It just looks mint, doesn't it? I just can't do it very well. So, um, yeah, so that's been my biggest challenge. But anyway, they're done now. That's good. Um, so I then went straight on to some more water because I've got this backlog of things that I want to get painted. So I'm currently on my, my workbench. I'm painting up a, a whirlwind Scorpius um, and nice. a Sakaar and Bellator. And these are both uh, ex-Iron Warriors tanks that I don't really use anymore in the Iron Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I right, figured yeah. them for the World Eaters, um, we've got a bit of support. Um, so they're coming up okay. Actually, I've kind of got the whites quite nice on that one. And then behind them, we've just come out of the spray shop, which is sounding professional, which is shorthand for the shed. Um, I've got a Damocles command line and a Typhon. And I'm hoping that once I get all of these done, that's going to be it for the World Eaters. I'm not going to do any more. Um, yeah. If anything else I've got left, I'm, I'm just going to probably move on because um, I'm, I'm just I'm just done with them. So that gives me a reasonable sized army. There's lots of things in that army now. I do have to paint up a load of um, sort of Mark Three and Mark Four guys for this um, uh, Heresy Challenge in January, but you know January can wait a bit. Yeah. But that's going to be painting Marines and assembling Marines. I haven't done for ages. So yeah, quite a lot going on on the painting side I'm trying, I've got my mojo back and I just need to, to plough on get this stuff done and get it painted and that's me that'd be good nice nice okay um, me I've done I spent a month mostly focused on Age of Sigma because um, mm. um, another 60 I enjoy the game. I enjoy the game. I I've got no hatred towards it. It's it, you know, it's fun. I'm not going to I'm not going to diss it. You know what, even if it I wasn't know, I'm only blinding. Yeah. I, I but um yeah, cuz I played it for ages. Um unpainted and that's really been bothering me cuz it's just the motivation to do my corn demons which I've been playing for it has just been lacking. So I did Stormcast Eternals and they're actually quite nice models to paint. They are. But my heresy stuff, I picked up. Yeah, so one day I just walked into the, the studio, picked up my Death Guard Contemptor, which I undercoated, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I just knocked it out in a day. So nice. um, it was fun to paint. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, got a good scheme there for Death Guard. It looks really good on photos. It's um, uh, Emma's scheme, Emma's scheme for the, the lass who used to work with D- Duncan. 
uh, GW a few years ago on the videos. Um, Electric Eve on Instagram, um, and she does commission painting now. So it's her it's her scheme. I saw her demonstrate at Warhammer Fest, and um, it's an excellent scheme. She even got a video of it on the Games Workshop. Um, it's a video tutorial. I'll throw a link up in the um, in the show notes. Um, but it's a good scheme. It's simple, nice and simple. Yeah. Which and thing then, I like about your Death Guard is they're not they're clean enough. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You... Yeah, she was she was a very much a proponent of less is more when it comes to the weathering. Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? I mean, some people go over overboard with it sometimes and go spoil the detail of the figure. Um, but then the sort of really really sharp, sort of factory fresh look also doesn't always look the best on some legions. I think some legions it suits them very well. Yeah, they need to legions look a bit. So, um, but yeah, your your models look like you know models. I suppose. Yeah. yeah before the, the 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 sort of last throws of the heresy, <laughs> where you had yeah huge influences from demons, you know, you wouldn't see them turn into sort of Aiden Marines or anything anytime soon. So, you know, it would have been a aren't these loyalist ones you're doing anyway? Are they? Uh, they're either. Um, depends okay. where I get. I've done them. The, the, I, I prefer a traitor, but I've done. They can be either or. See, I don't have any blood on my um, world eaters. And I know, you know, lots of people do, but I just think they—they wash it off, man. <laughs> I mean, I know that's part of the law. That there'll, there'll come a point where they won't, though, isn't there? That's the thing. Yeah. You know, They'll—they'll reach—they'll reach that point where they just, you know, they don't care. And it's, um, yeah. It just depends at what point, I suppose, in the heresy that you're. Yeah. You're setting think, your guys. Yeah. I just, you know, I've never really been. I mean, I know some models look fantastic when they do it, but I just think, should you know, I, I kind of prefer to look like that, you know, with the, as I can see, the armor colors, so obviously, sort of like big, big red mist, but you're absolutely right, Chris, that, you know, ultimately where you get the classic corn berserker colors is from the fact they didn't have wash their armor, they were covered in blood, I guess. That's the, as I understand it, the law um, around them. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I tend not to do too much on that regard, kind of over weather things. In terms of that, I'd highly recommend reading the, um, Games Workshop um, collection, um, Sons of the Emperor, that you can grab from Warhammer World, because it does actually sort of mention the whole when the World Eater started wearing brass and red, as opposed to, you know, white and blue. All right. Okay. And, and why. Um, so, yeah, drop a hint there. I've just finished okay. that one, so. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what else did I do this month? I've just done some scenery. Scenery, yeah. Did some thermic plasma regulators. Um, I finished them last night because I couldn't sleep because it's too hot. Yeah. So I got up last like, night or was that early this morning? It was yeah, like three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I just could not sleep. It was just it's just too hot. So I got up and did some painting instead. And then um, and then today I've done a sacristan forge shrine. That's the piece of scenery they did for the knights. Um, oh, the one where they sort of. Snuggle up into it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, in heresy, I won't I be using you. it for for night snuggling in, but um, mm. it's it's not a bad looking <laughs> piece of kit. Um, quite pleased with it. Lovely vision of a, of a sort of mechanicus guy with a with a quilt, just tucking a knight in. Oh, yeah. no, night, son. Oh, I'm just lean against that. This thing and just have a little snuggle. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my first proper bit of the sector <laughs> sector mechanicus stuff, so um, I'm quite quite pleased to. Uh, to do it and it's you know it's a nice simple scheme and this is the interesting kit because it's lots of different bits from 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 other kits 
put together. Okay. Like, you know, they've got bits from the thermic plasma uh, conduits. They've got a bit from the, the galvanic um, servo haulers and one of the objectives from the 40k objective set. Um, oh, right. So it's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting kit because the, 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 the sprue that's exclusive to this particular box is, um, as I said, it's, it's fairly, it's, it's completely unique and it's, it's, I suppose it just shows the whole CAD design thing now. Right. Yeah. So you I mean they're kind of using bits from elsewhere and just like, yeah. So they've just taken bits from the, uh, from, from various other kits and just put them together in order to make this because, you know, most of this stuff would not go on a sprue together. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, really, really, really nice bit of kit, and I'm quite pleased with that. And uh, I'm glad I've got the uh, Promethium refinery to build for Company of Legends, because I'm looking forward to that now. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what about games played this month? I'm going to start with that. I've not played any. I wanted to play one, but I just haven't had the time. I got lured into playing a, a game of the other game. Did you? What, yes, a game that shall not be mentioned? Yeah, the, the, the younger how did, game. How did, how did you find such a, such a change of scenery, sir? Um, it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was good. I enjoyed, it was playing with people I hadn't played with in any sort of context for a while. So it was, just, it was good to see them, you know. I was seeing um, our friend Warren, who I hadn't seen for a good few months now, and just playing a game with our friend Adam. Um, the guy that painted my Valdor model. Um, neither of them play Heresy, so it's just good to get a game in, up just to see them. Yeah, what did you use? I used my big shiny guys. Oh, your custodies. Yeah. Oh, and how did they do? Yeah, so I uh, it was them. Uh, I teamed up with Adam and his Blood Angels, and we played a Adeptus Mechanicus army with three knights, <laughs> and. Uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus and three knights were dead by the end of turn four. <laughs> nice. Because I walked across the board and punched everything in the face. Um, yep. It was, yeah. But that's a different game, so I don't want to talk about it too much further. Yeah, no, but it's nice to get a game in. Yeah, it's good, yeah, it's good to see some friends, so that's good. Yeah, cool. Um, Jan, what about you, Graham? Um, so what have I been playing this month? So I have kept the the banner of the Edge of Empire flying by actually having a game of heresy this month. Um, and that was uh, against uh, my good friend uh, John. How many rounds did he roll? Well, actually, there's a funny story. Uh, John has uh, has metamorphosized like a like a butterfly coming out of the, from a caterpillar. He, he now doesn't just roll ones. It's and it, it's a thing to behold. So he rolls twos as well. I think he's five thousand. No, he, he rolls a variety of different numbers that aren't generally ones that fail saves. Which is incredible. <laughs> nice. And that's my job now, it would appear. And the, the game that we had would certainly seem to uh, back that particular... Well, well, uh, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased with that, because he had this awful habit of, 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 of rolling. I mean, we mentioned him before on the show, but he has the worst luck of any wargamer I've ever met. He, he does, but uh, he's such a nice guy to play against, um, this John, I really enjoy the games that we have. So this is the first time. So we went to uh, at Battle Bunker in Sunderland, and they're doing a Heresy Night. I think every other Wednesday. Yeah, and I keep. I'm, I'm, Michael's kind of running this little campaign thing, which is great. I want to get um, down to the next one. That you know, 
in terms of, you know, you could technically on particular weeks have a game of heresy, <laughs> I think, on three nights out of seven, which is not bad. I mean, you can have on Tuesday, Wednesday and Sunday, I think. Yeah. Probably guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. So, um, so John was in Sunderland. I worked about a bunker. We had a game and it was part of this sort of ongoing campaign thing. So I took for the first time uh, against John. Usually I've been playing my own Warriors and he's been getting very upset about that, quite rightly, if I'm honest with you, because his Raven Guard weren't the most um, optimised, let's say. John was fairly new to the game and you know some of the things that I did, you know, the Dreadclaw episode I did, for example, was kind of with him in mind, um, you know, because it was one of the questions he asked me. He was like, you know, well, how do you know how to do this stuff? And it's like, well, actually, it's kind of just practice and playing lots of games. And I know that this particular week, uh, John had been to the um, Richie's Heresy Night on the Tuesday in um, North Shields, not North Shields, Whitley Bay, and the next night he was playing me in Sunderland. So the guy's getting semi-pro with the number of games he's playing. Yeah. So he's painted up his Raven Guard, he's put some new units in, um, he, he's uh, got some uh, jet bikes in there now. They look really good as well. He's, he, he's painted his black really nicely and I, I did ask him how he did it actually and what he's done is he's he just used sort of um army painter black but he's used this um i don't know if you've heard of them this secret weapon or whatever they're called um paints and they do really nice washes and he's got this sort of black glaze from them so i've ordered that again you can get this from Ellen Cox. i've ordered some and it brings back a really nice kind of shiny black but not overly shiny black if that makes any sense yeah um, and it looks really good so um Anyway, he had that. He had uh, a few more hard-hitting units. He had a load of last cannons. He had his bikes as normal. Um, so he had lots of stuff going on, lots of different things. He had a knight, which was a bit scary. Um, and I had my, my kind of usual 3,000 points of um, uh, guys, you know, all in the Dreadclaw drop pods with um, a uh, with Angron, with a um, Storm Eagle, so bits and pieces, and it was a really, really close game, actually, in the end. And I think, if memory serves, I, I just about squeaked a victory on this one. And it was one of those things where I think I just managed to kill one unit or one guy, and it was enough to give me the win. So um, a much closer game to what we normally had. And I think John's really improved uh, in terms of how he plays the game, which is great. Um, and it, you know, it was a real toughie. I was, there was one point in the game where I was like, actually... Think he gets this right this turn I could be wiped out because I still have stuff coming in from reserve um, but fortunately I managed to you know, just hang on you know, through that sort of really tense turn two that you have when you're thinking oh goodness those drop pods are supposed to turn up this turn and they haven't and now I'm running out of units to field that are getting shot to bits so yeah, yeah really good fun uh, really good game um, and I say it was it was a lot of laugh so uh, it was the um, War of Lies you know, with the random uh, victory points depending on who's got what objective at the end of the game and I think John rolled a zero and I think I rolled a three um, to, you know, in terms of the number of victory points you got so mm-hmm. I think I just about squeaked it uh, but it was ever so close so um, I'm playing him again next Tuesday oh where you're playing a rematch oh cool uh, we're going to go to Durham actually to have a game next Tuesday nice um, so that'll be good and then um, like I said I think he's going to take um uh, Corax this time, so it's going to be a, a bit of a prime mark off, uh, which is quite good. But I'm really enjoying playing the World Eaters, so they're an awful lot of fun to play. Um, they, the army that I have isn't particularly powerful, but I think that makes it quite a bit more fun, it's a bit more challenging. Um, well, you've always said that they were more of a 
um, thematic armor as opposed to a Royal yeah. Warriors, which are a polished yeah, sort of well, competitive list, aren't they? So yeah, yeah I think that's fair. I mean, they're 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 an army that I feel a bit more role play with, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, um, definitely. There wasn't really a lot of role play to be had with an Iron Warriors army because it's like you know so grim and shoot everything. Whereas with this, you can think, actually, do you know what? I can make a conscious decision to chase that unit down, even though it makes no tactical sense at all to do it. Um, and that's what I quite like about them. And I, and I keep doing that to myself, making things harder by following a sort of creed, which is if there's anything moving, we're going to tear it to bits, if at all possible. So, yeah, yeah, good, good times. So um, we really cool. enjoyed that. Thing. Um, but that is the only game, which is shocking, really, considering um, that I've actually had this month. So, terrible, terrible. Come on, lads. We need to... We need to we need to buck our ideas and get some games. I just rethink. You know, we've got August. Then we're into you know event season for us, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we have got some serious stuff coming up. I mean, I've got in terms of games coming up. I said I've got this. Um, this is a new one. I've not been to this club before. There's another. And there's so many great clubs in the northeast. There's another game club this time in South Shields, which is south of the real time. For those of you not from around these parts. Um, Section 8 gaming are having a sort of tournament. And yeah. uh, I didn't sort of inquire as to when they say tournament, how tournament are we talking? And it was like actually it's kind of more of a fun narrative. So quite a local club, I think. So you know, you're not going to want to go in there with the, the face melting Iron Warriors list to have taken the world leaders again. Yeah. That's although, although, although interesting restrictions on Lords of War, though. Yeah, they, they're kind of. Um, so what they've done is they've said you can't take a Lord of War at all, including a Primark, except for one game. And I think there's some other. I'm trying to think. You can't take obviously. Then you can't take Pride of the Legion as a right of war, so you can sort of circumvent the rules by having your. Um, uh, well, Primarch's uh, chosen. A, yeah, Primarch's chosen. Sorry, so you can't then circumvent the rules and have him as the uh, HQ choice, for example. So, um, but I think it's going to be interesting that because uh, I think there's a certain narrative to it because it's, uh, the guys running it's asked for sort of names of your lead character. You can't have any special characters either. If I remember rightly. And they have to be, um, you know, just your default Primark, um, yeah, your default Praetor Centurion or whatever, um, that you then, you know, is your kind of war, war leader and has a little bit of narrative for them. So, I've got to go, so I've got to go rework my list then. <laughs> I had a, I had a, um, I did have a name character in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's no name characters. I'll have to check. Anyway, I haven't got a name character, which is fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. All good. So, yeah, some stuff coming up. Okay, so let's. Shall we move on and have a look at the news? Yeah, yes, let's do that. So before we um, get on to the State of the Union, uh, I've just uh, we had a little break, so I've just gone and dug up the copy of the war book. So moving through terrain is covered actually on page twenty-five of the the big heresy rule book. And this is what it says. So um, I can see how the confusion comes about. So basically it says a model can also use their move to climb up terrain as long as the model is able to finish the move on a location which it can be stood. When measuring a move where a model climbs terrain, add the distance the model moves horizontally to the distance it has moved vertically. The result is considered to be the distance the model has moved. In addition, the rule stated in this section, certain types of terrain can affect how far the model can move. So... What that's basically saying is, um, and there's a picture of it on um, page 25, which is where the three inches come in, 
Um, it's basically saying you can move three inches and climb up three inches if that was the, the train allowed it. I.e., there's a platform at three inches above you and it's three inches away. So it would appear that if you wanted to climb up to the level on the, the big sanctum piece, you would have to be at the bottom of it and use your entire movement if you were just a normal um, uh, marine, you know, type infantry type, um, you'd use, use all of your six inches to climb your way up to, the, to that section platform perfectly legal. But once you got to the top, you couldn't move any further. So that, and your whole squad's going to have to be at the top, isn't it? Yes. Well, actually, not necessarily, because you can be within unit coherency vertically at six inches. Oh, okay, cool. So you could have half at the bottom and half at the top. They would still be counted as being in unit coherency. Um, and like I said, all that, or they have to be right at the bottom, and then all of them have to climb up to the top. Um, and you can't move them once they're up there. So just a little bit of spacing should cover it. But I think you could probably fit 10 guys up there looking at the back of it from the pictures, I guess. It looks fairly substantial. So hopefully we won't be getting any complaints this week. Hey, guys, yeah. you're going to be 100% right. Um, so, yeah, you can move the, your full movement up onto a platform. and No problem at all. It's not limited by three inches. So there you go. I think it may have been in sixth. So maybe where the confusion comes. Right, there we go. This is a public service broadcast of our herd. Right. So shall we move into um, State of the Union? Then? Yeah. So, yes, let's do that. Okay, so... Uh, okay, the first thing, obviously, um, was the competition to win an Acastus Knight Proprion, which requires nice. you to buy any Knight or Titan from Forge World before the end of Thursday, the 2nd of August. Um, there's four draws in total. I think there's one every week. So nice. plenty of chances to win one. Um, and then this coming Thursday when this is released. Uh, yeah, yeah, Thursday. It'll yeah. be Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so and then if you buy one, you get put into the draw, but only if you buy a knight. Is that right? Only if you buy a knight or a titan. Right. Got it. Yeah. And then okay. obviously tacked onto the end of that email was the FAQs, and um, Graham and myself ran through the FAQs. Uh, the main in an episode of the Dreadclaw, so we're not going to do that again here. Um, I'll put a link to that show in the show notes. And um, that's very good, very informative. I thought. Oh, thank I think you. Anything we, got, we did get one thing wrong, which was about the, which has sort of since been elaborated on a little bit further in various groups, was around the range of the interceptor. Oh yeah, the auger is kind of yeah no yeah so ignore, ignore us on that one. They, they, we we thought it was eighteen, but no, they've um, it it's any range. So, so just to clarify that, I suppose if you have an auger scanner and anything, I think. I don't think it's linked to just to deep striking, but I have to double check. Um, anything turns up effect, effectively, any squad that's got an orbit scanner and it's got the range can shoot something. That gets into a massive change. Yeah, massive change. It, it means that things like Iron Havocs, where you can get your sergeant can get an orbit scanner for five points. Well, or just heavy support them. squads in general. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the, love, the lovely bit about Iron Havocs, I suppose, is that they're, you know, they've got a great ballistic skill. Um, you can take flak missiles fairly cheaply as well uh, if you want to go down that missile launcher route. I think they're a lot cheaper than a normal heavy support squad when you price them up. And um, like I said, they, they can completely own a uh, board now. Even actually the guys with the um, auto cannons, you know, you've got 20 auto cannons, 48-inch <coughs> range. You know, even you know stuff like, you only need to take three hull points off a dreadclaw or, you know, yeah. Off a flyer and Volkite Culverins as well because 40 shots. How much is an Augury scanner again? Five points. Extortion. That's just ridiculous. That should be at least 60 points. 
Yeah, well, um, <laughs> at least 60 and points. You're going to love it because of the old deep striking guys, and, and I'm also oh, you are. Oh, you Trust me, you'll hear my thoughts about that later on. Yes, um, yes. So uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to 60 points limited to one per army. Okay, and uh, that should be the end of it. Frankly, we're, we're going to be we're going to be going through the custodies FAQs a bit later in the show because Chris was on a romantic break to parry. I did. I mean, you're, you're right insofar as that that one change. You know, has has really put the cat in position, particularly for armies at deep strike. Uh, yeah. Because you know, I know that you when we've played, and I've had ha, ah, watch out because they've got Aubrey scanners, and then the Master Signal comes in with Aubrey scanner, and he's with the, the um, Tyrant Siege Terminator squad. You know, you, you've got to watch yourself because I've got this area covered. You were very concerned about it for obvious reasons, oh, yeah. but um, I think now no, it doesn't matter, does it? No, it's just you turn up anywhere, my friend, and you're going to get a face full of las cannon. Trust me, so, the amount it's going to cost me to turn up anywhere these days, it's not going to happen. It's it's going to be interesting <laughs> Again, to see how... Spoiler alert. It, it will be interesting to see how this um, this impacts the game. I think it will be... I think it will make certain units become viable again. Um, but well, Why would you not? Why would you not take a heavy support score with one of those? Because that then covers... Yeah, that's, yeah, it's it's, they're, it's just, a, they're amazing. They just become a hundred times better. I had noticed heavy support squads had kind of fallen out of fashion a little bit. And not with Iron Warriors and not well, not with Iron Warriors. Players, because, yeah, because, yeah, not 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 with the, the legions that 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 that, that really yeah. specialised in them. But for you know your average legion, they'd I'd noticed they they'd stopped appearing as much. Well, that'll change. Yes, I think it will. Especially change. now that no one will be taking veteran squads, so I had to use those points <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that whole sentence going out, I think, and I'll have to look at the FAQ, but fundamentally, I think the basis is there's an unlimited range, or at least the range is limited to your weapon. <coughs> and, and also, that would also, I think, and I'll have to double check the FAQ later, um, would it mean that you can also shoot up um, units that come in from reserve, so you're outflankers. Example. Mm. So, I'm just trying to think. So, ten last cannon wielding heavy support guys with an augury scanner. Yes, that's especially if you've got if you're one of our two legions yep. where we get tank hunter and everything. Yeah, that's and that that's not fun for anyone that that's facing, is it? It's not, not not fun at all. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those units where people will probably inadvertently limit how many iron habits you can have. <laughs> Because they, you know, people run three of these guys, you know, or even you know, crazy people run four in a Hammer of Olympias, you know, with one with missile launchers, one with also cannons, one with um, las cannons. So, um, yeah. you know, they become really, really useful. I mean, it was always there. I mean, I always put obvious cannons in just to stop ruining my day. But, um, but now it's, yeah, that, it's that range thing that's the difference now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the big difference. Okay, so um, yeah, so that that's gonna I think make some big, big changes to the way people bring their armies. So, well, wait, wait and see what happens. Um, you're kind of wondering because uh, I think uh, one of the guys from the other podcasts in the um, you know the the podcast chat that we that we have on Facebook going on, I think it was Alistair from Legion of Lies was saying that uh, when he spoke to Anuj about it at the open day. Um, the the implication was he put it in there to see what happens. Right. To do. paraphrase, right. I'm sure it wasn't phrased exactly like that. I'm sure there was actually quite a lot of thinking in that went into that, 
But yeah, I'm glad he's writing the rules just to see what happens. <laughs> to be to be <laughs> fair, Anuja's Anuja is a more uh, really focused. Anuja's <laughs> as a writer of rules more focused on um, you know what the games actually mean in a uh, in in a playing sense, whereas Alan was more of a narrative narrative rules writer. If that makes any sense, yeah. so. But but uh, Anuj has a Anuj has a um has a personality about him. Uh, okay. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. I'm but he four Valdors in my list just to see what happens. Yeah, but he he, he sometimes uh, sometimes you get the feeling that he that he's trolling people with some of his comments. I think he does. I think that's you're very true, and I quite like that. Because I think it can, it's quite a good thing to do. So just to give you an idea of cost, actually, in terms of troops, I'm just I'm dug up my um, the list that I took to um, London Heresy and that had a 10-man LAS cannon squad in with Iron Habits and it comes in with an Augury scanner at around 475 points. So it's not cheap. Well, to... No, it's not cheap at all. No, but it'll just take things off the board fairly rapidly. Yeah, kind of. I think that they are a bit, you're right, I mean, but it just takes, you know as well as I do, I suppose it makes it a bit harder now, but, you know, once you got up close to them, they, they folded like a. You know, yeah, they were. They just. They're not built for combat, I mean, though, are they? The idea right. is. It, it's going to. As I said, I think it's going to be interesting to see what it does to list changes because as these heavy support squads and such get more common, I, you know, what will people take to counter that? You know. I'm not sure there's a great deal you can, to be honest. Well, I'm trying to think. Typhons, specific marine killers. Well, you know, potentially typhons, but I don't think they've got the range because I think las cannons will, you know, ten las cannons could could make a lot, could do a lot of damage to them. I think it's the first turn thing. So if you've got ten las cannon iron havocs and they're sitting behind a defence line, which okay isn't going to help them massively against a typhon, and you put them next to a ammo dump, who would do such a thing? I do not know. Um, I don't know. Graham Mills. <laughs> I've um, done it. I'm not going to lie. I've done it. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. Graham Mills, Michael Bottrell. Um, but then, if they if they get the the first turn, they will they will absolutely, unless you can hide it, shoot that typhoon to bits. Because um, <coughs> it's going to be such a dangerous thing. It will, you know. So it's, it's if, but if the typhoon gets the first turn, and it hits with that big old cannon of it, you know those guys are toast. Yeah, so um, I think yeah. we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see where where the chips lie because it's mm. the FAQ as we said is the big thing, going to change a lot of lists, and we'll start to see some of those start to, to to flesh out as events come up. So Blood and Glory, Company of Legends, and some of the other mm. events that are coming up, we'll start to see um, big changes in lists. I think. I'm looking those forward to the two best ones as well, aren't they? Sorry, those are the two the two best what, uh, Company of Legends and. Um, Blood and Glory are the two best events. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there are ta- you, you know, you forget the TARS <laughs> events and and conflict knowledge, and yeah, we're we're, we're nice to everyone. Be nice yeah, to everyone. Um, so yeah, I think it, you're right, and, and long may it continue because I think it was getting a bit, you know, you can almost guarantee that every troop choice was going to be a veteran squad, yeah, with a sniper, you know. And so I think now that that's kind of some hopefully will give some airtime to some other units. Yes, um, very much. So awesome. Yeah, so, um, and we'll throw links to the FAQs in the show notes. So then, yeah. moving on, Warhammer Community released an article about the designing for the Sector Imperialis terrain, um, which they released for Kill Team, along with a YouTube video. 
explain some of the things you can do with the new kits. We'll put the video in the show notes. And I thought that was quite insightful because, I mean, as much as some people, I've seen some people saying, why do, why are we heresy players bother about this new terrain where you can't get the old Imperial Sector stuff anymore? So our game was designed with the Imperial Sector stuff in mind, but you can't get that anymore. So the Sector Imperialis, you know, just the reverse of the name there, <laughs> um, <laughs> is what we need to, to work with. If you are building a new table, unless you are going to somewhere like, say, the XLC, um, or, uh, um, or any of the other fantastic terrain manufacturers out there, if you are sticking with Games Workshop terrain, which, to be fair, is, the, is often the case, the easiest to get a hold of, um, and especially for new players, um, you're going to be having these kits. And you yeah. know what? As much as people might complain about Game Workshop stuff, these are excellent kits. Loads of detail, yeah. lots, lots of lots of cool yeah. stuff on them. So, um, yeah, so that's that. And then on 12th of August was Heresy Day on Warhammer TV. 12th of July. Yeah, 12th of July. Yeah, I put August in the show notes. It was July, yeah. Maybe um, on the 12th of August we will. Maybe on 12th. Yeah, perhaps. They just say they'll be back every month. Um, but they're doing a tale of four warlords, so... That's where, you know, they, they four people build up an army um, slowly and surely. And they have uh, Michael Bax and Anuj Malhotra from the studio at Forge World. And John, uh, the community editor at, um, at Warhammer Community, um, and Seri, they're um, joining up to build some armies for the uh, Heresy. Uh, Bax is building Blood Angels. Um, Anuj is doing Dark Mechanicum. Um, John's putting together a Night Lord's Force. And Seri is doing Salamanders. It's a nice mix there, nice um, interesting yeah. choices from all of them. Yeah, so, so some interesting choices there. So they're starting with uh, 500 points for Zone Mortalis games. Oh, cool. So hopefully we will see some of them very, very soon. Um, and then they followed that up with a live stream game, again between Anuj and Bax, um, who played in the last live stream game, and they were playing Alpha Legion versus Solar Auxilia and Ultramarines. So I haven't actually watched this game yet, but... Um, I keep meaning to, I just, other things keep coming up, so um, I'll throw a link up for that in the show notes. And, yeah, so if we're actually going to keep getting heresy content on Warhammer TV, um, it's worth, I think it's worth subscribing because you can watch it back, because often is the case when they put them on, I think a lot of people are on the bus or, you know, exactly, returning home from work. Um, But one of the cool things about this, if you've got Amazon Prime, and a lot of people out there do because they they got their great video service and the free and the free delivery for the next day stuff. So, you know, we're not a show for Amazon um, at all. Um, <laughs> but you actually get a free Twitch Prime subscription um, with your um, with with your Amazon Prime membership. So you can subscribe mm-hmm. to Warhammer TV and um, get thirty days of that content, um, so you can watch it back. Because otherwise, you you can only watch it live. Think you get one channel for free, don't you? That's the thing. Right? Yeah, one channel for free. Every mm. and, and the the only annoying thing is you can't auto renew these subscriptions. Yeah. So so you've got to resubscribe manually every thirty days. It's quite annoying, but yeah, the amount of times I've gone to watch something and just it said no, you need to do subscriptions. Oh, yeah, it's no. quite it's quite it's quite irritating. See, so the problem is that I subscribed to Warhammer Community TV. Which has about three things on it. I know, and I was like, ah, so I was like, okay, so I've, I've subscribed to the wrong thing with the Prime account. No problem, I'm sure they can sort it out. It was like this massive form of, I just could not be 
bothered. Yeah. To be honest, so I'm just going to wait until I can resubscribe to. Make sure you get it right. But yeah, we've got the. We will actually throw up a link in the show notes showing how you can subscribe via Amazon Prime um, to oh, yeah, Warhammer TV. And you know what? It's cool. You know, if you're into the other games, you know, I think they did Middle Earth tonight. Um, you can you can just throw it on in the background while you're painting. It's it's quite cool. Um, so yeah, and then we got an email about this next bit of news earlier on. Um, well, yesterday, um, late last night, um, Horus Heresy Legions, the trading card um, game for iOS and Android, um, with cross-platform play, apparently. But um, I've downloaded it um, la- uh, this afternoon. I haven't actually played it yet. Yeah, I'm going to give this a go. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we, we will give this a go. Um, it was on Warhammer Community today. Um, there's a cool trailer, or a couple of cool trailers. Um Lots, lots of interesting things. It's, 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 it's based around an Istvan free. Um, sorry if you can hear the children playing outside. Um, I have to have the window open because it is just too damn hot. Um, I can't hear anything, mate. All right, fair enough. I, there were some children just ran past. Oh, well, can we play this against each other? Does that have interest? Yes, we can play this against each other. Um, I think so. I, well, I don't know if you can play it against a specific person, but we will download it. We will find out. And we will and we'll review it. So at the minute, you've got the Isvan Free Legions, and oh, there's an expansion in there already with Isvan Five. So Iron Hand, Salamander's Raven Guard, as well. Um, nice. Just the loyalists. They haven't added the traitors from Isvan um, Five yet. So obviously that's expanding as they go on. So yeah, we'll we'll all play that, and we'll let you know next month um, what it's like. We were invited to the beta, apparently, but we didn't get that email. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, um, and then we're moving on to the Ford World and Specialist Games Open Day, which me and Graham went to. So what, what did you think of the day then, Graham? It was good fun, actually. Um, so this was the I'm first one you sure. did, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, normally, if I'm going to get in a car and drive three hours, I'm going to throw some dice at the end. That's my, that's my golden rule, fundamentally. Um, this broke that golden rule. Some way. Um, it was it was interesting. It wasn't I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And I think I was expecting probably a bit more than what there was, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so, it was it was actually compared to other events that I've been to there, it was a lot it, there was a lot less going on. Yeah, I mean it, it was yeah, I thought there might be more stuff to do or more uh, things to see. Um, but it was very much like you know these, and it was nice to be able to speak to the um, some of the designers. That was mm. really cool. Um, but you know, you never know what to say to them. I mean, these guys, you know, make these things for a living, and you, once you've sort of got past the man, that's incredible. I'm a bit of a loss for words. I and I know a lot of other podcasts are much better at doing that kind of conversation with um, you know people like the news. You know, I'm just like a bit. I'm sure they won't be speaking to me because they've got much better things to do and, and sort of generally sort of stroll off. Um, I had a good conversation on sort of non-heresy stuff. Um, the guy doing the Lord of the Rings I was really interested with, and that was a really good conversation. And um, I did actually manage to catch up with uh, Andy Hoare, who I haven't spoken to for probably at least 15 years, if not longer. Because um, we used to, uh, back in the day, way back in the day, we were in the sort of same uh, orbit of friends, if you like, and uh, I think we used to do some wargaming and role-playing together way, way back in the 90, well, 2000s, early 2000s, I think so, um, before he moved from Brighton to Nottingham. So 
Uh, so that was good. I really enjoyed catching up with him again and talking about sort of old times a bit and uh, people that we used to know. So that was really good. Um, but other than that, I was kind of expecting a little bit more. I mean, it was quite difficult to get to the um, Titanicus booth, if you like. Oh, yeah, Titanicus was, that was, was, that was the main draw, I guess. It was yeah, rammed. It was, like deep. it was absolutely rammed. And the models were spectacular. Yeah, it, it, it was it was utterly rammed, and it was spilling over into into other areas as well. So you couldn't get over to the Blood Bowl and the Cremunda area because, and even the Age of Sigmar area because, uh, um, you know, the people were just crowding around. And uh, Tony Cottrell actually took a Grandmaster box and sat on a table in the middle because it's in their their star canteen, um, yeah, and he just right. sat on one of the tables and started opening a box out, um, which yeah. was really cool. Although there was one guy. Um, when I was there, and I, I'm going to say, I, I, I was, I, I just wanted to say something to him, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to get involved because I'm wearing my podcast T-shirt. And I don't want to get a reputation, um, but um, you know, I wish I had because he, he just got down and he started having a go at Tony about the last chance to buy stuff, and it's like, oh, really? yeah, and it's nice. like, come on, dude, that you know, they, they're not here for you to have a go at. You know, if you've got a problem with the last chance to buy stuff, you know, you can have that conversation in a in a civilized way i mean he was just sort of you know huffy and sort of almost demanding in his in his manner jeez and um i, I really think i should have actually said something I, I i came back and i thought you know what i should have said i should have stepped in and said something because comes, you know comes, it's one of those things where you you know people may think that you're kind of you know forge world apologists or that you're somehow you know representing the man because you're in a podcast or something and it's it's not the case it's just common decency amongst people yeah like also, how is his voice any more important than everybody else's that's the thing yeah, yeah. i and think entitlement stuff you know it's like you know yeah. you have you are i feel entitled to you providing stuff for me even though it makes no business sense for you to do so and um, you know I, i'm not a fan of that at all no i mean uh, i don't think anyone likes the fact that some some cool stuff has gone last chance to buy i mean the cults of militia stuff um um is gone um, which is a shame because you know I wanted some of that stuff. I've got some that I I, I wanted, but um, there was more in there that I would have liked. Just couldn't afford it at the time, and you know that's, that's by the by. Um, but if it's not making money, it's not making money, and you know they can't provide. You know it, it, stuff that doesn't make money, they can't just keep making forever. No, I get that, but I think also um, why have a go at Tony? You know, yeah, seems well, obviously he's the he's the, he's the boss, the but. Um, well, you know, say, oh, you know what, mate? Now that you've mentioned it, we're going to put it all back on. It's not going to happen, is it? So, you know, move on. yeah. And he was like, he was like demanding a a list of what's going to go last chance to buy and when. And it's sort of like, you know, that that that's just not going to happen. It'd be nice if you know we got we got you know warned. It would be nice, I'll admit, but there's probably good, very good business reasons why they're not going to warn us about stuff because. Um, I guess on the one hand that uh, you know if they say right this stuff is coming off sale in three months time you know you'll get a big surge of people buying it uh, uh, you know as soon as you say it and you're not prepared for that well also yeah. it might yeah. we know it's going to be yeah. but that said yeah. it would be nice if the it last chance save an item if that makes sense. yeah but it would be yeah, nice yeah, if the true. last chance to buy window was four weeks instead of just one week. That will be my um, only comment on it. Either way, regardless of whether the business practice is good, bad, or indifferent, you shouldn't be berating somebody in that forum 
because of it, I think. And yes. That's the crux of the matter. Yes, definitely, definitely. Actually, you know what, Tony? When you make this last chance to advance, there's a chance that you could extend the window. I mean, that would be a perfectly reasonable conversation, wouldn't it? And you say, actually, do you know what? We can't because of this or another. End of conversation. But not to say, you know, as if you feel that they owe you some sort of explanation. Yeah, no. Very weird. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm just... So we've we've uh, that's a little rant from us. So we'll we'll go on. And there was a there was a new model on display, uh, a Blood Angel Praetor in Artificer armor. Yes, so good. Beautiful yeah. model. Beautiful model. Ma- makes me wanna makes me consider Blood Angels, but you know I'm not I'm not because that's just another army, and I don't want another army. I've got enough armies. Well, I could use them for 40k. Do you have Blood Angels in 40k? He's already talked himself into it. I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. It's it's a nice model. It's a, it's, it's a nice. Eyes have glazed over. Yeah, yeah, it's that's it. <laughs> it's a beautiful model, absolutely beautiful model. You know, really ornate, nice. Um, you know, it's a Mark IV Artificer armor, and it is. It's just gorgeous. Um, you know, really love that model, and um, yeah, and well, again, the, the one of the Terminator armor was just as. I mean, just, they oh really, yeah, they look perfect, bloody. Really. And it's nice that it's in Tartaros instead of Catapratri yeah. because obviously the default armor seems to be for Praetors, um, Catapratri. So it's nice to see a bit of a change there. Yeah. Although I would like to see a default, uh, you know, a, a generic Tartaros Praetor if that if that'd be nice because then you'd have some really nice fancy Tartaros armor for for a Praetor as opposed okay. to just convert one of the resin in plastic. But you know that that's probably something. I might mention to them at some point. Um, okay. The thing to do is to go to an event and shout at them as loudly as possible. Yeah, yeah, just just be rude. Sit face. down in front of them and while they're while they're trying to show models to other customers and just <laughs> and just demand their attention. And ultimately, what they'll do is they'll do it. For you yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to deal with things. Um, there was there was one other new thing. Well, not new, new, but. The tank itself, the Carnodon tank, the Solar Auxilia tank. Oh, yes. Yeah, they had it on display with Volkite weaponry. They haven't shown it with Volkite weaponry before. So um, that was that was new, and that was cool. That looks good, actually. I like that little rhino tank. It looks a bit like a Solar Auxiliary Predator, doesn't it? Yes. Really yeah, cool definitely. Thing. Really nice-looking tank. Um, that, that, I think that will sell a, they'll sell a lot of them, because it's, it's just fantastic. That's the question. Can you take them in? You can take the, the transport version. You can take the yeah. transport version in militia for Grenadier squads. That's right, yeah. And, um, come on, is it come on? Oh, I can't remember exactly, but the rules yeah, are on the, the rules are on the site. But yeah, I know Grenadier squads can take them. Um, is it Grenadier? No. The, 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 the fancier troops, the better troops. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I, I, I hope that will be for militia as well. I, I can imagine it will be for militia as well. I imagine they want to, you know, widen the berth yeah, of players who get it. Too many solar auxiliary armies, pure solar auxiliary armies, and I can't think of too many that I've seen actually. Yeah. Because it's uh, the, the, the provenance of millionaires and uh, oligarchs. And just Aiden. Or Aiden. Just just Aiden. Yeah, and then we got our hands on the Adeptus Titanicus rulebook. Although Tony refused to let me open it, um, but it's it's not as thick as I thought it was going to be. It's still quite a decent tome, though. Okay. Um, it's maybe is about as thick as a, a little bit thicker than a forty k codex from back in the day. I'm not That's still pretty good for it. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty good, but you know, I, I don't know. I guess because um, you know James Hewitt was saying you know it's going to be a really complex game, um, black book style. Um, obviously, he left long ago. 
Um, so, <laughs> um, obviously, they've changed quite a bit since then. Sorry? The old rulebook wasn't... Um crazy pick if I remember no but this is this is obviously a completely new new game and they said it was going to be a complex game a gamers game okay well complex doesn't have to be difficult to read if that makes sense yeah no this is true um and um no uh, yeah you're not right I've got some really complex board games and (laughs) um yeah yeah, uh, and they haven't got massively exactly so anyway, the box for Titanic has just t- Tony, as I said, opened one in front of me, and it was marvelous, Mar- just marvelous. Um, it's got <laughs> so posters. Exactly. It's got posters. Just, just marvelous. <laughs> it's got posters. Um, it's well, actually, they said there's the root. They, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen any of the more recent box sets that Games Workshop have done. I mean, like Forge Main. It's got like a card poster on there with the cover art okay. on it. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, and Tony sort of said, well, the reason we put this in there is to protect such and such from the sprues. So that was actually quite interesting to find out. They don't put it in there specifically for, you know, to give you a poster. They put it in there to protect other stuff from the sprues. Oh, okay. So that was... And, uh, but, but anyway, Makes sense. But the box is absolutely jam-packed full of stuff. The, the, you've got your two warlords, your six knights on two sprues, the rule book, templates, um, dice... Uh, command terminals, um, etc. It's it is literally rampant and it's heavy. You know, I was able to he he let me hold it, and it is heavy. So um, there's a lot in there. Um, he said the price and release date should be in the next White Dwarf. And today on Facebook, I did see a um, leak of the contents page of White Dwarf, which did show, you know, the Adeptus Titanicus is in there. It's the cover story, apparently. That's due to hit stores on the. Is it the third of August? Uh, uh, pre-order on the third of August. I imagine it must be pre-order on the third of August. Um, I'm just going to dig up my old white dwarf mm-hmm. now. The thing that was really interesting uh, for me was the sheer um, hype—not uh, hype, because I think hype's the right word—the sheer um, enthusiasm for for the Titanic this game. Oh, because yeah. everybody was there looking at it. Wanted to see it, wanted to look at the models, wanted to know what the rules are. Yeah, it was like this almost mad rush to go and look at it. Well, I don't think we actually got in to see... I don't think we actually got to see it, um, you know, to get to the desk with the designers until well after lunchtime. Oh, yeah. I mean, we basically went there when we first got in to have a little nib, and it was just rammed. You couldn't get anywhere near it, so it was like, you know what, we're just going to step away. We kind of looked at it from afar and looked at some of the models in the cabinet. Um, but it wasn't until well after lunch, after we had our lunch, and it kind of quieted down a little bit, that we were actually able to get anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there were so, there were so many people in there. I mean, mm. we haven't mentioned when we got there that we we were in the queue. Um, the queue went from the door all the way around the car park um, towards the 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 uh, as you're facing the door, the left hand side of Warhammer World. So it went all around that car park. So it went down the side of the building. Then across the car park and then up again to yeah. the building opposite. Um, I don't know yeah. what that building is, but it's, you know it's got the the Aquila and the the Sigma uh, spread yeah. wings uh, on it. Um, and we sort of ended up there. And by the time yeah. they opened the doors, uh, we must have been there for about fifteen minutes. The queue was going out of the car park onto the road. It was massive. I suppose it's a it's a new it's a completely different thing for 
GW in the sense that it's not using models that you already have, <coughs> which you can do with the other games, Necromunda, now Kill Team. Mm-hmm. You know, there are pre-existing things you can do with this, with those for that game. You know, you can use the models you got. So we're getting entirely new models, and also a lot of people who are going to be interested in this game are probably the people, and also in whole um, heresy players as well, are people that remember it from the first time round. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of nostalgia. Epic and Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, and, and that was really interesting because that was I had a, one of the I spoke to one of the Necromunda designers, and it was an Australian chap. And I, I don't know if um, he was a figure designer or a games designer. I think he might be a games designer. And um, it was really fascinating, this guy. And we started talking about you know, Necromunda and the, and the draw of these games that were, were very much a part of people's earlier times, you know, these kind of late 90s, early 21st century games that came out. And they were a big part of people's kind of growing up experience. And now when they're re-releasing them, there's a huge amount of buzz about them because people want to go back and play them again because now they've probably grown up a bit they've got a few more quid um, and a bit more disposable income and now they can actually afford to you know buy that fantastic looking necromunda set and actually they had a couple of the old um necromunda scenes you know from way back in the day on the necromunda table and it was really good but the best thing about talking to this game designer guy i think it was game designer, was talking about and um, why or how th- th- these kind of games came about the sort of grim dark future stuff and how the things that influenced it around the time. We got into a really good conversation, um, you know, around the influences that were going on at the time, you know, from people like Rick Priest, who was writing the thing, you know, around things like maybe 2000 AD. There seems to be a 2000 AD um, vibe going on, certainly in some yeah. of the trader stuff. Lots lot of, lot, 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 lot of uh, Strontium Dog and Judge yeah. Dredd, Dredd stuff in yeah. there. You know, we had a really good um, chat about that. He was a really cool guy. And, um, you know, he had a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of sort of... Um, 70s British sci-fi as well, which is, I think, you know, the, the, the genus of a lot of the games that we play today. But you threw in a... If you're in a probably just threw in a, Australia, hasn't it? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've already had death threats from Australia. We don't want, you know, any more. Um, at least this one's going to be aimed at Chris. Um, yeah. yeah, no, you threw in a Blake 7 reference, and I was like, what? Yeah, okay, I got yeah. that afterwards. And I was sort of like, yeah. okay, yeah, I get, I, I got that reference now. <sighs> So it was, that was a really great... Um, so, so in that regard, being able to speak to people um, about things that aren't necessarily just about the game, but about them and about the stuff that they do and the stuff that they're passionate about was really, really cool. But I think this the, the interesting thing how the business model grows, because there's only so many times, I guess, if you look at games like Necromunda and, and Titanicus, because there's a huge buzz about Titanicus. And I would imagine if any of that is translating to sales things, <coughs> They're going to see, a, a, especially games, are going to see a big bump um, yeah. in this game because the figures are plastic, or at least the, the, the sets are initially are plastic. Um, they're going to be able to churn them out, I guess, fairly quickly, and there's going to be a big interest in them because the figures look great. So it'll be interesting what they do next because obviously I expect they'll probably have a similar pressure next year to come up with something else. Well, a lot of rumours yeah. about yeah. Battlefleet Heresy. Yeah. So that's that's a good point. Actually, I think Titanic has, has got a, <clears throat> a lot of variety you can put into. Yeah, into it, especially with the knights, because you now you have. I think the knights that we've seen so far, they are 
certainly the models that I've seen anyway have been the, like the GW knights. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they said that they said all the existing knights would be in there. They didn't say yeah. if they necessarily would be plastic, but okay. so you know you will be able to get the. You know, so there's all the, the forge world knights. Mm. I suppose at some point we're going to see Mechanicum Knights and things like that, and the Mechanicum craziness. Mm, yeah, and potentially Dominus Knights and yeah. Armagers, um, and we'll 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 see. We will yeah, see what just, what happens. Those models just look amazing. They've got lots well, they of I mean, they, they've got lots of lots of uh, scope for expansion. I mean, those uh, knights were literally about slightly bigger than I would say a Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. The, the detail was a yeah. guy. And one That's of the cool things is they. Do you know the little hole on the top where you put your carapace weapons in? Yeah. Yeah, that is replicated on there ever so slightly yeah. bigger because they could, because they, they mentioned at some point they might do a resin pack of carapace weapons. Wow. So that, that's what they mentioned at Warhammer Fest uh, when we're speaking to, yes. was it Chris Dowes? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um Anyway, price and release date should be the next White Dwarf. The next White Dwarf goes on pre-order today, this morning. So you will see, if it is the cover story, as everyone says it is, it, you will have already seen it. Um, and it will be hitting your um, your doormats. Um, some people will start getting theirs on e- e- even today. Um, we know one guy who gets his, his, his on the Saturday before it's released with like clockwork. I usually get mine on the Wednesday, so... I'm sure people like Garrow, Dark Artisan, Tiny Space, you know, all these people will have, you know, the price and the release date from White Dwarf available for you from Monday, I'd imagine. Cool. Um, cool. But then again, some people are a little bit more stingy, you know, we give you little hints and tips from the White Dwarf. Um, anyway, so, so that, that's, that's yeah, that. I mean, yeah, the, the, the only, wall. The only thing I would say, question I have about the business is that sooner or later they're going to run out of games that they came up with in the 90s and what will happen then Just a well, little, well to be fair I the think they've that... already shown that they can develop new specialist games just look at Shades by yeah. very good point um, very good. Well, Battle Peak Gothic or Battle Peak Heresy or it's going to be called I mean there is a, a lot of scope that you can do with that yeah you've got Mordheim um, potential Inquisitor yeah, yeah, Inquisitor. Yeah. Although, yeah, you know, that necessary, I, I would have thought if they're going to do Inquisitor, they'll do it at 28 mil scale. Um, yeah, anyway, so the Warhound was sadly not shown off. Tony said this should be released in October. There was a mention of some issues with the mold. Um, I didn't I didn't hear that. I got that from someone else. Um, so whether that's true or not, whether that was always the plan, who knows. Apparently, they're going to come in packs of two and all warlord weapon, or sorry, warhound weapon options will be on the sprue. Just right. um, talk about the, the models themselves. Mm-hmm. The, I saw the photo with the sort of the measure next to them. They're not as big as I thought they were going to be. Well, which ones? Um, which one? Like the um, like the warlords. I didn't think they weren't as. I thought they were going to be about another inch or two taller. Yeah, no, they're not as big as knights. No, no, maybe. That's, that's, I think that's what we heard. Point, maybe armature size. They're, they're on the same number of sprues and the same size of sprues as a knight. But if you oh, see the instructions, and there are there are photos of the instructions going around Facebook and, and the forums, there's so much detail in them. I yeah, mean, no, they look amazing. The the amount of plastic that goes into building one of those models is unreal. I mean, they they've got a bit of weight to them, just 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 through the sheer number of plastic components. Yeah, 
deliver the detail. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean either. I'm. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. So um, they did also say there's gonna be plastic weapon sprues for the Reaver and Warlord Titans, which will feature all of the 28 mil weapons. So any weapon that isn't on the main sprue for the Reaver and the Warlord will be in plastic as long as it's an existing weapon. And then future weapons after that will be in resin. Um, and I learned about one of the min- uh, maniples, the uh, Mirrodon, uh, which is one of the maniple packs that's coming out at the same uh, with with Titanicus. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it's coming out at the same time as Titanicus or, or later on, um, but a Mirrodon maniple is three warlords and two reavers. That's interesting. So that is because didn't they say that you only ever really need one warlord? That's yes, they did. Well, so. Three warlords and two reavers. So that was an interesting one. So it's like, "Mm, that's a serious big pointed. Well, obviously, we don't know what the points are. I assume a warlord is going to be quite a few points. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I think people, I don't know, I I can imagine there's going to be quite a number of people buying the Grandmaster box set for for themselves. Yeah. If I could. In which case, they've, they've got two warlords and. If I could, I would. I don't think I'm going to be able to include a little later on. Probably after Company of Legends. Um, Wait a minute, are we going halves on it? Yes, I think we were going to go halves on it. We can just go halves on this one and halves on the next one. Fair enough. Yeah, cool. We can sort (laughs) that out. Um, And there was a train being shown off in Titanicus size. It looked like it was 3D printed. A Hornby train. Yeah, but there were different messages about it going on, about whether it's going to go on sale. Um... When I asked, I was told, yeah, everything will be on sale. But Benjamin Greaves from the Northwest um, was told no. And I trust Benjamin. He probably maybe knows. Maybe it's not him. for him. Maybe he's not allowed it. Oh, perhaps. He does buy a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe they phoned his wife and told him. But, not for you, sir. But you never know. I mean, they could have thought I was referring to the train station, um, which yes. appeared to be just the standard building sprues put together to make a train station. They could have thought I was referring to that or the boards. So, do you know what? It looked great, and I actually love the idea of having it. There's something quite cool about it. Yeah. These massive, you know, huge things marauding through a city, and there's a train which we, as mere humans, know is pretty big and hefty, and smashing through it and picking it up and hitting somebody with it. I don't do that, but just it looked cool. Well, um, if they don't. Maybe long before someone turns it into an actual kit and has it running around the. the well, I was just thinking actually, because if they aren't going to make it, I wonder whether you know that that really small scale yeah, um, the double okay, game well there's a there's a game um drop fleet commander sorry drop zone commander not drop fleet they have a monorail kit uh, it's in 10 mil so obviously it's slightly you know bigger scale but it might it might that if they're not going to release that train you know that train might do if you really want a train you can have their monorail all aboard the hype train uh, but they and speaking of drop zone command drop zone commander they do cardboard building sets again in 10 mil so it's probably slightly bigger but i think that would work fantastically they do big big cardboard sets of um of buildings um they're actually pretty good 30 quid and you get basically a table's worth of cardboard buildings at quite a decent density okay so we'll probably um, throw a link to them up when um when titanicus goes on sale we'll, we'll mention them then if i when, once i get a copy of Titanicus, i've got some of the the buildings i will compare and we'll see but anyways if you are if you're interested in you know the train inside because we're now welcome to train models of the world and oo gauge is scaled at 
unfortunately it doesn't say, but it's four millimetres to the foot. So I think that might be too big. Because <sighs> that would be that would be too Anyway, anyway, just it might work. It might work. Put some Japanese bullet trains on there. They look futuristic oh, enough. Yeah. And then in terms of advanced releases um, for um, for the the show, there wasn't actually that much, was there? The, you know what? There wasn't. There was nothing there that I hadn't <laughs> genuinely already seen. Yeah. The, the, there were two. The Lord of the Rings stuff, I think. There were two new models up for sale: Janita Kroll, um, the Knight Commander of the Silent Sisterhood. She's thirty six pounds. And an Acura Scoria, who is eighty pounds. There's yes. a lot to that guy, isn't there? That's There's right. a lot it's to that guy. Um, Alistair, Alistair bought one, and I mean, it's big. It's huge. Lot going on to it. It, it look, to be honest, it looks more like a display piece. I think it would be very difficult to use in gaming, but still, I'd love to see it in game because it's it is phenomenal. It's so well posed. Um, but on a big base yeah. as well. Yeah, it looks really. Yeah. It's a, lot, it's yeah. a great looking model. Yeah. Definitely does the model or the, the lore behind the model and the actual battle for the role of the model justice. It looks the business. So, yeah, and very the, cool. And then the rest of the releases were all um, stuff for Blood Bowl and Necromunda. So nothing for us. So yes. Um, okay, so shall we move on to books? Yes, you do that. Oh, actually, I've finished one and a half books oh well, we'll talk to you about that in a moment <laughs> Okay, so this is the bit of the show where Graham normally shuts up, as we mean Chris talk about books. But Graham actually read a book this month, so um, he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> chime in on this one. <laughs> he yeah. read it all himself. All he, he read all, He didn't ask any questions about the spelling. No, nope. oh, he read it all <laughs> he just by himself. Got on with it. It was very. We're all very proud of him. To, in the to be fair, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, especially <laughs> you know when you're working. You know, long days, hard job. Sometimes you just can't get up the motivation to read. He's been living in hotels for the last like two months. He's got all the time I'm in the world. Trying to defend him, but that might be why he read a book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, as his brother, I, as his brother, I forbid defending him. We've got two reviews um, here. Um, one of which is a, an advanced review because we got we got this as a um, an advanced purchase to Black Library Live. We're actually going to be giving this away in a raffle now. If you are listening to this before midnight on Saturday, um, the 28th, you can still enter a raffle to win this book. It's signed by John French himself, um, and the money is going to the, um, the, the heresy podcast against the MD, of which we are involved in the, um, in the thing. I am on at stupid o'clock in the morning. I am on at, uh, I think, uh, 5, 5 a.m. No way. I'm on at 5am, um, and then I'm, I'm joining Alistair um, from Legion of Lies at 11pm, I think. If, if you need another voice, I have cleared my schedule. Cool. So, so Just let me know Saturday at some point, and I'll... Yeah. Oh, you're not working Saturday? I'm working during the day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, doing... yeah, yeah, maybe you can join us in the evening. That'd be cool, that'd be cool. And we're going to draw what the... The, we are on um we first of all i'm on at 1700 cst which is that's five o'clock that is 11 p.m british summertime okay but if you two want to join that is cool that's awesome um they've got alistair formerly of legion of lies now forges of ruin cosplay 
Um, yeah. And then I'm on again at... I'm filling in a slot here. I'm on at 11 o'clock at night CST, which is uh, 5 a.m. Uh, I can... I can come Are we doing the... Yes, we're doing a live stream. We're, we're recording a game, and we're going to be showing it... Showing it um, during this live stream. Okay. So yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll be showing that off, at some point <clears throat> in the in the live stream, either directly in our live stream, or um, we'll be putting it up with it along with donation links and stuff. I don't know. We we just got to work that out. Uh, we were going to be on for a full hour, but um, then spacemen with guns snuck in and took the, the 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 half hour before that I wanted to to go in and put our game in. So it's all cool. It's all for oh, charity. Right. But we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can always we can we can run it in. But yeah, if you if you guys want to join, that is, that would be awesome. Because otherwise, yeah, it we just can, we do, do a five a.m. on a Sunday, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> there is a five a.m. on a Sunday. Yes, yes there is. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to the book, uh, Slaves of Darkness by John French. Absolute. I don't want to swear. Um, absolutely fantastic. It's it's um, it focuses entirely on the traitors. You don't get any of the loyalists in here, and um, it's sort of mm, spoilers. Um, if you you need to read Wolfbane in order to read this one, um, okay. and you've got the a gathering of the traitors. So you've got you know you've got uh, the the main primarchs featured in the book are Lorgar and Perturabo. Who have sort of been, who, who get sent off to go and fetch Fulgrim and Angron, who, you know, spoilers, are at this point demon princes. Um, and um, there's, a, there's something interesting. You've got, you've got four main um, perspective characters. You've got um, uh, Malakurst, who is, who has an interesting story in this one. And I ended up feeling quite sorry for him, even though he's an evil git. Um, you know, you actually end up feeling quite quite sorry for him and then you've got uh and so, then, let me just re- remind me Malagurst is um Horus's kind of aide de camp isn't he? he's like the human he's he's equerry yeah yeah he's his he's his equerry so um and then you've got an iron warrior uh volk um who is from talan um and he's he's hanging out with argonus who who later on becomes a becomes a, a point of view character and um and zardu layak the uh character from the black books so you've got because this is the first time he's appeared isn't it in, in yeah the first time he's appeared in text so you've got these three narrative threads and then you know you've got malakurst working on the on the, on the ventral spirit to sort of deal with that um because obviously stuff in light of what's happened in wolfsbane you know things have kind of gone a bit array for the sons of horus um, okay. You know they've got a bit of a bit of a thing that's going on there that that he's trying to deal with, uh, and he you know he he's dealing with the Mornaval who obviously are in command of the Legion, um, and he's trying to do what needs to be done as far, as far as he knows, and then you've got Volk and Argonus who are with um, Perturabo, um, and you know they're going off to to fetch Angron, um, and then you and, you and you've got Zardu Leoc who's with Logar off to fetch Fulgrim. And there's lots of, you know, there's, there's some interesting twists and turns. There's not quite as many as you normally get in a John French book. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard to say much because, you know, 
I, I'll give away spoilers. And you I don't, don't want to ruin it before. I don't want to ruin it for everyone. But but what I would definitely say is, um, you know, you've got there's lots of characters in there who 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 are in the the traitors trying to turn things in their favor, um, and um, you know, and and you've got Malakurst. One of the really funny things is Malakurst trying to control other traitor primarchs, and they're basically now nah, sod off, um, which is quite interesting especially Moltari and just is like screw you you know i don't want to talk to you um and um yeah you you've got um and there's lots of interesting choices that Lorgar and Persarabo make which sort of um change the way they, they they're interacting with the rest of their brothers and then the book kind of um is is sort of moving the traitors coming together in order to prepare for their their final move on on terror and it, so it's do you get a sense that already the fracturing of the yes. legions post heresy was starting? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because because in this you've got Fulgrim, who is um, you know, he, you know, the, and Angron are sort of now more interested in the great game of the demon gods, not well, not demon yeah. gods, but you know, the the gods of chaos. They they're sort of now more engaged with that and not quite as engaged in the um in the war itself, the corporeal. Tutorial players, personally. Yeah. yeah, and you've got, uh, and one of the interesting things is um, uh, the, the the world eaters themselves have have. I mean, Khan has gone from being the character that he was in Betrayer to the character that he is in Forty K. So uh, okay. you know, he's quite at his grip. You know, he's lost. He's lost the 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 arm armor. You know, he's wearing the the the. the I can't. I remember. The, I can't remember the name of them, but the helmet horns. Um, there is a name yeah. for them in um, in in another book that I read this month, Sons of the Emperor. Um, but we'll talk about that next month, I think. Um, cool. And the sort of lots of setup as you know, the Emperor's children have fully have more or less devolved into what they become in forty k. Um, the the Iron Warriors themselves um, have got something now, which sort of moves them towards what they're going to be in forty k. So Good it's boring douchebags. Okay. So you've got, yeah, very much a, um, the, clearly the best <clears throat> and yeah, li- li- the end of the book is literally yeah. basically, right, we're here now. Let's get off to terror. This is it. This is, this is the, this is the end of the, um, of the, of the open war. We are now going into the end phase. So it's very much the, um, it feels very much like this is the last major book in the, in the trip to, you know, in the lead up to terror. Um, so we haven't seen the the opposite of that yet, have we? We had um, we've got a little bit of it in Wolfsbane. Yeah, but we've got Heralds of the Siege coming out soon. But we'll talk about that uh, after this. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a great book. It's actually out on the fourth of August. So I recommend everyone go out and buy it because it is it is phenomenal. Um, it's a brilliant read. Uh, you know, John French is a very poetic writer. Um, and, um, I think this is one of the, this is a, this is very much a central reading. Um, thought, we got, it follows on from Wolfsbane in sort of that same, because that was a really good book. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It kind of, in a way, deals with a consequence of Wolfsbane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more, more, more so than, you know, it's, it, it's very, it's a, it's a very direct sequel. Um, I really think you need to read Wolfsbane in order to get this What's one. 
you know, cool. at least get the background. At least read the synopsis of Wolfsbane on Wikipedia if you don't want to read Wolfsbane. Although Wolfsbane is an excellent okay. book, so. Uh, the other book that we had this month was Jagatai Khan, Warhawker Trigorus, which um, I listened to an audiobook. I didn't actually read it. I listened to an audiobook. Um, and that is, that's, uh, it's unusual because um, it's, whereas the other books have been very much sta- in the Primark series, they've been very standalone um books you know that you know they stand on yeah, their own yeah. um yeah, yeah. this one acts very much as sort of a, it's very much a prequel to the scars stories by chris ray it's written by oh, okay yeah so he, he's written the, the the stories in the um in the heresy and he's written this story and it's sort of they i think the the real value for this book will be if you read it after you've read brotherhood of the storm scars and path of heaven um, because you, you sort of end up stepping back and contextualizing um, some of that. And I'm aware that when I said that, I read that in uh, Michael from Track of Words review. So, yeah, <laughs> but he does. He, does, he writes good reviews. It's nice to it's nice to go back and read other people's reviews to help bring your thoughts. Um, it's interesting because most of the Primark books have been written by people that haven't written other books for them, have they? Well, Chris Ray also did the Space Wars books, and he has written written a bit of space oh, yeah, as well yeah, so ignore me i'll just carry on no no it's fine for the most part you're right for the most part you are completely right um so you've got you know jagatai is very much the the main character here as he should be in his own book and you've got your sue guy and then um there's there's um other characters as well who's um Hasek, the um the one of the characters who um plays a big part in um in, in scars um and you know there's a couple of other primarchs and it's Lots of interesting, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a single story. What it is, is it's a, um, a series of little bits of story of the white scars dating from just after Khan is discovered to the triumph of Ulanor. So right. taking lots of bits and you sort of build up this little bit of history. So, you know, you, you have their first ever encounter with the orcs. You have, um, and one of the really, I, I'm gonna, it's, I don't think it's a spoiler, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Y- you find out that some very interesting things about what the scars were like before they were reunited like, with the Khan. They were, a, they were called the, they were called the Star Hunters. You don't actually see them. You sort of see the pros, the, 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 the viewpoints of the characters who, who, who've, who've been mm. turned into space marines, you know, Jagatai Khan's right hand men from Jagoras. And you see, you know, and they basically give their assessment of the Legion. And you have, um, char- and you have basically, they were called the Star Hunters before, and they were a mechanized Legion. Did we know they had a name before the White Scars? I, I did not know oh, they had a name before the White Scars. No, well, I knew, obviously, they, I thought they were just the Fifth Queen. Legion. So that we could see some, you know, with the Scars coming, rules coming in the next. Yeah, I imagine we'll get a lot of background information in the book. So, it's which, going to be good to see sort of slightly more um, possibilities for people to model them. Yeah, so so according to according to to, to the book, which I suppose is, you know is, is canon, um, they were a mechanized legion before, and obviously they become something very different. So you sort of see their change um, in a way. And the biggest the biggest aspect of the book is the psyche debate. So it right. sort of a lot of it focuses on um, the Khan's relationship with his brothers in terms of 
what to do about the Psyker issue. Um, right. So you've got lots of little, little, little scenes that have been hinted at before, you know, like they, they said that Magnus, um, the, the Khan and, um, and, um, oh, what's the word? Who? Sanguinius, um, were the people behind the librarian program. And you kind of get a scene in which they actually start to put that process of putting together the librarian program that, that sort of set the rules, you know, okay. and it's, it's really very interesting. And then there's, and then there's, um, and there's a little bit of contextualizing about Horus's position in the whole, um, like, uh, you know, the whole, um, what's the world, what's the world called where they have the trial? Oh, uh, the series. Yeah. Like the, the volcano world. Sounds like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nicaea, sure it is. Nikea, yes. Nikea. Nikea. Yeah, oh God, it's, it's the, the Catholic Church thing named That's after. Not, yeah. Uh, I believe where they added what was to be gospel, literally. Yes. Right. This is slightly different, obviously. But oh, obviously, but yeah, so you've got, you know, why, what, you know, you've got an explanation as to what was Horus, what was Horus's position, which is fairly interesting because he, he doesn't really play a part in that and you would fall as the the war master and sort of like the number one primarch he would have had and it's but it's it's um it's a really it's put together really really well and it ties in really really well with the other heresy era, era stories yeah. and i think that if you like the scars definitely you need to read this because you get a lot of background about them um <clears throat> and even if you even if not i think it's a i think it's one of the it's it's brilliant. So we've had some hit and miss Primark books, haven't we? There's, you know... uh, we've had. I think there was. Uh, I think it had a disappointing start with Gulliman. Yeah. They, they've gotten it's, better it's since. Definitely worth the read. Yes, I would say it's definitely yeah. worth the read. The, in, you know, in fact, the only book I in the Primark series I said is not necessarily worth a read is Gulliman. Um, the rest of them are, are worth reading. Um, and I'm hearing mixed reviews about Vulcan, but I haven't bought that because it's only available as a limited edition right now. And I don't have that kind of money. Um, but yeah, I think if you want a, cause you've got lots of, lots of, you know, vinaigrettes of the, of other Primarchs in there. Um, you know, Horus, Martarian, um, Magnus, um, and Sanguinius. You get lots of little, there's lots of little interesting hints about, the various legions in the lead up to to the heresy and in sort of foreshadowing of different relationships um and the ending is actually quite quite interesting because it it almost implies that what the scar you know the scars very you know could have gone another way completely after the, during the heresy okay so it's it's fairly interesting to see you know i mean Hor horus waylaid them um you know, with the Alpha Legion's help, but did he necessarily need to? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. <coughs> Controversial. <coughs> Sorry for that cough there. Um, Graham said okay. something, so I can't edit that out, but um, I didn't hit the mute button in time. Um, anyway, okay. and then, um, so what, what about your book that you've read, Graham, then? Master of Mankind, you Actually, said. When we say read, we, what I really mean is I listened to the audio book. Oh, you know what? Right? That's no, that's that's fine. I listen to the audiobook. I listen to the audiobooks all the time. And <laughs> just to clarify, so I've been listening to the audiobook, but I've been reading um, first Heretic. Yeah, 
I haven't finished that. Um, so just because you're listened... going to start a Custodes army, that's where you're reading the two books that they feature prominently in. Well, actually, I've got to say, they, they come across quite quite well in, um, in Master of Mankind, but the thing that... It's a great book. I really enjoyed it. I found the, the beginning a little slow, if I'm honest. Yeah. They kind of talk about the city and stuff, and it's like, yeah, right, get on with the good stuff. But the things that are really interesting, the thing that always interests me, is the perspective of the Emperor in all of this. Because that, for me, is fascinating. And I love the bits where he's kind of talking to... The guy's name. Uh, I know what you mean. To 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 chalk. Custodies. Yeah. Begins of a T. I keep thinking to chalk, but that's the that's the computer. Yeah. And there's some really really fascinating insights into the emperor and his relationship with the primarchs, for example. You know, and the things that he's done, and he isn't this hugely um, this huge benefactor, this like loving father figure, he's the complete opposite of that, you know. And all of the products are labouring under the impression that they are somehow, um, ch- you know, cherished by him, if you like, that he is in fact you know, their paternal figure. And the reality is, he just views them as tools. Oh, yeah, and, the, the way he talks about Angron, yeah, Angron, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, it's just a tool, it's just a tool to get a job done. And once their job is done, I'll rid of them, kind of thing. So you can kind of see well, maybe some of his primates had a bit of a bit of a bit of a point, but um, um Ra, they, they, Ra, wasn't it? Right. Yes. Was really cool. Um and it's got a great ending, I've got to say. Yep. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's an excellent ending. I think it was a bit Michael Moorcroc for those of you fans of seventies um sci fi, there's a bit of a Moorcroc esque moment, I think. Um but it's a really it's a good it's a good listen. The audio book's excellent. And it's just, it's a bit depressing as well, um, because it's a, it doesn't end well, if I'm honest with you, in terms of um, this wonderful dream that the that mankind had, which was to, you know, dis, dispel superstitions, remove, um, you know, fear and, you know, that kind of ancient religion, you know, worshipping, yes. scared of the shadows, and this wonderful the idea. The reason of it, you know, the age of reason. Yeah, exactly, you know, this fantastic view that actually, we, while we have to travel through the walk, we always run the risk of being beholden to these entities that live in that, um, you know, other place. But the the webway that we were doing would have taken all that away. We would have been free to, you know, roam the galaxy without fear of that. And we could have, you know, given the enlightenment to the entire this wonderful dream and then I start to think Magnus you absolute numpty even yeah. though when I read the, the Thousand Sons book I was like oh poor Magnus how unfairly he's been treated but when you see what was lost you know what could have been it's sad it's really sad actually I've got to be honest with you I was a bit choked up about it because I was like oh man this wonderful dream has come to an end it's such a shame thing yeah. Well, I, now, now you've read that, um, I recommend you go away and read Magisterium. It's just a short okay. story, only only about twenty pages. Okay. But that's sort of the aftermath. I like those, those, I like those kinds of things, you know, that inside stuff and the history of the, the Imperium from the early stuff, where it's a bit more um, less clearly defined. I really like yeah. hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, you were saying something. The thing I like about it is because. It kind of explains the 40k thing at the same time. Um, yeah. It 
almost explains the Legion of the Damned. Okay, go on. Do you think? Yeah. yeah, this is new. Because what does the Emperor do when he goes down into, into the vaults after they let him out of the chair for 20 minutes? He summons up a load of flaming space marines and a flaming Primarch that then go around in a sort of semi-corporeal form of fire, killing loads of stuff. Okay, that's an interesting theory. And the Legion of the Damned in 40k are big flamey space marines that turn up, kill stuff, and then disappear again. That's, a, that's an interesting Ooh. theory. That's a good one. I like it. Very cool. As to the, the fact that they... I know there's a lot of theories about what they are, but as to the theory that they may well be in the Emperor's will. Right, interesting. Mm. Cool, huh? Neither do I. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I liked... As a book, it was great. And, you know, there was some really cool aspects to it there's a very good enemy i think in it and and it's quite interesting how how that particular character develops and where it comes from and it's a really good idea i think in terms of the sort of plot bit and there's some fairly good character in there as well and the there's a there's a night i don't know it's to say but there's a night house that um has basically turned traitor or at least they thought they were turning traitor and then they realised what was going on and then decided just to hand themselves in. Um, yeah. And they were basically languishing in this, locked up in the catacombs of the Imperial Palace waiting execution. And they got a chance to redeem themselves. I thought that was really cool. I really like that, that particular uh, set of people. I think and even the, like, the really difficult characters, um, even you, like the, the, what you perceive as being bland characters, come across really well. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, re- it's a very well. Aaron Dembski Bowden writes very good books. Mm. So. So yeah, it was it was good. If you are new to heresy or reading into heresy books like man, and um, it, the beginning bit was a little bit of a strudge, but it, it got going and, it, and there's a really cool battle scene I think in there, there as well, mm-hmm. um, which is really well done. And um, we get to meet Arkham Land, which is he's quite an interesting character in himself. So, you know, the, the, the person who found the Land Raider and stuff. So, yeah, all in all, some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, well worth a read. Definitely. So, so, my review is over. Awesome. Round of applause. It's nice to, nice to hear you at this point. Yeah. I know it's, uh, people are probably sick of my voice. They're probably thinking, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> the book's set. This is that numpty Graham keep yabbering on now my friends <laughs> you will hear you talk about books that people have read probably about 15 years ago <clears> catch up. Yep. so there we go so we've got upcoming well, books you're doing Horus Rising next month aren't you no I'm going the New York bestseller first heretic is fantastic another Aaron Dembski Bowden book I'm enjoying that immensely so I'm looking forward to finishing can't wait Yep. Okay, so uh, upcoming books, what have we got? We've got Slaves of Darkness and Lords of Terror. Um, Slaves of Darkness is the um, obviously the book we just talked about, and Lords, Te- Lords of Terror is three Primarchs audio dramas, um, which they're both due for pre-order on the 4th of August, or download at that point. Um, and we've actually done an interview with Ian St. Martin, which will be going out on Wednesday uh, in the Dreadclaw. Um, and then we've got Nothing Until October, um, Korax, Lord of Shadows, the um, limited edition version of the Primarchs book. That's on the 12th of October. Um, 
And then at the same time, Vulcan Lord of Drakes, the non-limited edition version, uh, which is um, the one that's just been released as a limited edition. Um, and then Heralds of the Siege, 20th of October. So, um, and that's the next main series book after Slaves of Darkness. And the contents of Heralds of the Siege have been revealed. So we've got Dark Compliance and Now Peels Midnight by John French. Uh, the Painted Count and Duty Wait by Guy Haley. Dreams of Unity by Nick Kime. Children of Sicarius by Anthony Reynolds. Myriad and the Ember Walls by Rob Sanders. Exocytosis um, by James Swallow. Uh, the Grey Raven, Valerius and the Board is Set by Gav Thorpe. And Black Shield, The Last Son of Prospero, The Soul Severed and Magisterium by Chris Raitt. So you've got some of those were the, in the Christmas thing, right? There, yeah, the, some of them were in the New Year um, yeah. this year. I think some of them were from last year. Um, but you've got quite a few decent ones there. Dark Compliance is a good one. That's a, that's being released as an audio drama, and I because love that. Now Peel's Midnight one was that's the Imperial Fist, wasn't it? Yes, Imperial Fist. Yeah, uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff, you know, in the as they say. Uh, some of it is quite leading up to the siege. You know, the the, the minute to midnight stuff. Um, and other stuff is just sort of stuff that hasn't found a home in a main main series yet. But you've got, but a, a lot of it is, you know, in the final days before. So you know, Grey Raven. You've got a, 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 I think that's the um, Raven Guard librarian arriving at Terra for his um, to be to be assigned to, to you know for his punishment for being a librarian and using his powers um and you and then you've got the board is set which is the playing the game between the emperor and uh and um uh the sigillite and yeah last son of prospero which deals with the uh, with, with the knock-on effect of uh scar uh sorry uh path of heaven so and then soul severed which is good um that's the um the the final fall of the emperor's children as it were okay cool so yeah, nice. lots of cool things. And then at some point yeah. in December, we're getting Titan Death. Right, that's the whole shit. Tie in with Adeptus yeah. Titanicus. Yeah, and the first campaign yeah. for that. So, but we don't have a date for that. Although a lot of people are saying uh, it must, it's probably coming out Christmas Day. So, we'll see. But uh, anyway, so that uh, that that's the books done, and we'll go on to um, Chris and me talking about the Custodes FAQ. All right, well, it's just me and Chris at the moment um, because uh, we're recording this in advance of the normal recording session um, and we're going to go through the um, Custodes uh, FAQ that dropped uh, last last week um, because me and Greg snuck out while I was away. Yeah, you were away in Gay Paris, and me and Graham didn't feel confident in addressing these ones. Uh, yeah. The um, the Dreadclaw that you guys put out, that was really good. I listened to that while I was away. Um, I thought that was really, really useful, actually, because I hadn't really had a chance to sit down and read it all. But Yeah, Greg also had a look at the FAQs as well, and I think that's well worth listening to. I think everyone's yeah. going to have a listen, because there'll be things we missed, and there's things Greg yeah. missed, and there's, there's lots of things that everyone missed, and... You know, we're, everyone's going to have different opinions as well, which is good and different viewpoints. So. Yeah, we're all, everyone in the community is, you know, coming to terms with it because it, <laughs> as Anuj said, it was going to be, you know, just, just a clarification. Uh, there's some pretty big oh, no. bombshells um, yeah, absolutely. in it. Um, so let's 
let's have a look at the Talons one then. So don't stop rolling. Yeah. So the Talons one, the, what I'm finding interesting about the first, the first thing is, um, they, 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 they've, um, put in the Officio Assassinorum is part of the Talons. Yeah. So that's a big, uh, a big change basically, because now we can, it makes sense. Ultimately, we're in you know, the secret hand of the emperor. So, 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 so. Eventually, hopefully, we'll get some assassin rules. I'm hoping. Well, yeah. Book, book eight will include them. I think they. I'm sure one of them had said. Someone had said about them being in book eight or book nine at one point. Um, I'm sure, I remember re- hearing about them somewhere. I can't remember it myself, but my memory is terrible. So you know, you trust <laughs> me. Um, okay, cool. And then, obviously, they have just. Um, sort of, um, clarified the allegiances here. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, again, useful. Um, and again, makes perfect sense. I know they've, because they said they were going to put them in the rule book, and I don't actually remember seeing them in the rule book. Um, I don't uh, think so. Um, no, so it's so good to have that. I should open up the rule book. Second clarification there for I everyone to read. I was looking at a Sigma thing instead of the rule book. Oh, dear. It's, it's an enjoyable. It's an enjoyable game. Okay. It's an enjoyable game. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash Sigmar because I am. <laughs> allies in the Age of Darkness. So let's have a look here on yeah. the on the ally chart that was in the new rulebook. Um, Imperial Army Mechanicum. No, they don't have. They don't have talents yeah, on here at all. Exactly. So um, that's good to know. Though. Yeah. So that's fixed. Any lawless faction. There we go. We're, we're with fellow warriors. Yeah. Which was like obviously a, a bit of a thing for some people, even though yes. I would have guessed fellow, you know, would have been fine. Exactly. Uh, okay. Never, they were so, all different. Yeah, exactly. And then we get on to, yeah, the Legio Custodes ad- amendments, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and there's a there's a fair few. How many pages are to this? To this? There's, uh, uh, there's seven. A couple of those yeah, are pages. new sort of um, data state sort of things. Yeah, a couple of new data sheets in there. Yeah, so. um, but yeah, there's just some some sort of early sort of basic ones. Well, the first one is just a an addition of some brackets around an S for the preternatural skill. So any model with this special rule gains a bonus of plus one to initiative in the assault phase if their weapon skill is greater than that of the model or models which they are fighting, which is the same as it was before, so that's good. Just a clarification that it can be more than one um, or just a singular model they're fighting, which is useful. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have thought it would have been an issue for models, but yeah, no, I thought that was an odd one to see at the top of the list because I, I I reread it two or three times just to make sure that there wasn't something that had been changed in the um, the way it was being written out for people. But I suppose they've just done it in order that it comes in the book in. Yeah. Okay, so then we 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 we're moving on to um war gear. Obviously, this is the a one. big one. This is a big one. And I'm I'm yeah. I'm not surprised this has happened. People don't like this item of war gear. Um because it's been combined with other things. So this is the Presidium shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, which up until now has allowed the reroll of invulnerable saves. Yep. Um along with adding a minus one to opponents attacking custodes in combat. Mm-hmm. You no longer get that reroll. 
all it does is increases the invulnerable save by one. So if they've got a five plus, it's, as it says there, it becomes a four plus. The most you can have it to is a three plus. So what's the standard so invuln save on a um, on a standard custodies? Uh, a standard custodies is five. Five. So Hatera on guard are going to go to a four plus. Um, Sentinels will just it's be a only. Plus. Yeah, Sentinels just be a four plus. <clears throat> it's only on the shield captain that it will become a three plus. Yep. So, so he'll still have a three plus and vulnerable save, but it won't be rerollable. Yep. So you will. I don't think we'll see any shield captains with the shield on anymore. Um, well, I don't know that that minus yeah, one penalty to hit is a. I think you probably will because this is the only way he can get a three plus and vulnerable save now. Oh yes, yes, of course, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're you're probably still going to see them, but it's not going to be that re-rollable. Yeah, I forgot about that because um, we've, we've got to change to the that that the, we've got to change to that. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I personally think that this is probably the. I think this is probably the most called after change in that uh, that the, the players have been calling for. Yeah. Um, I think this and something that happened to the shield captain, which we'll talk about later, but yeah, I think the two things when they're combined are very powerful. I don't necessarily think the, the shield was the issue. If I'm honest, I know it gives a reroll, but you're still going to, it only affects one unit in the army where it can give you that incredible power. The rest of the time, it was just giving a rerollable five plus. You're going to have more chance of getting a four up in vulnerable save and a three up than you are ever are rolling two, you know, rolling a missing a five and then getting another five. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but now I'm it's... sure there'll be some statisticians out there telling me that I'll, I'll be wrong on that one, but that's just my general feel for it. I think that um, the chances of you getting a getting that double five were are less so than. Getting a one or four up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Um, it is, yeah. No, that's it. We've got to get on with it. Um, and obviously, <clears> cla- I don't, clarifying I, I, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. No, no. Um, but, and then we've got some changes to the Aries Shrikes. So but what have they changed here then, Chris? See, this I... Um, let me just... See, the Aries Shrikes. So the... So Ray Strikes, people that don't know, they offer two different things. You've got Deep Strike Interference and Targeting Interference. Um, so Deep Strike Interference, as was, um, meant that with you Deep Strike within 12 inches of a model, a model within a Ray Strike, um, you roll a D6 before the Deep Strike landing. On a 4+, the unit would suffer a Deep Strike mishap instead of landing. Um, and this affected everything. Um, even if it wasn't normally affected by deep strike uh, failures, such as drop pods, things like that. Um, this, I think, just could even, it's pretty much the same. I, th- I think some of the wording's been changed. Um, but it's, yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still pretty much the same, just looking at it quickly through the, over the two books rereading them. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of things think, have, have just had minor minor changes to 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 because uh, as Graham pointed out, words you know most powerful weapon that oh, yeah, people absolutely. try to to, to you know to read 
a sentence that's... It's, um, yeah, people will look at it and, and interpret what they want to to read, um, especially when they're trying to get out of bad things happening to themselves. Yep. Trying to make good things happen. And then um, the, so the targeting interference, has that changed at all? That is the same. Uh, I think it's just a, a wording thing. Um, so this is when a unit or... <clears throat> sorry. Uh, a unit can one or more models with an array strike is targeted with a weapon with the barrage type. The attacking player must roll an additional d6 for the weapon's scatter distance. Oh, yeah, they, they put on... Have to it's, the too end, high. it's the end sentence, isn't it? Yeah. A hit is a stellar hit. Yeah. Because um, I think um, there was an argument over that. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's on there now. So again, it's just clarifications. Array strikes again. There's um, they're a useful bit of kit. They've got me out of more than one problem at one point. Um, and I know that I've seen people try and um, abuse those rules slightly. Like perhaps they've misinterpreted them in how they work. Yeah, hence why yeah, they've had to put on that a hit is a hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and also how whether um, whether it's the a model of anything in the twelve inches that's being attacked as opposed to the unit being attacked. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing. People lo- lo- lots of nice to... clarifications there to tidy yeah, it exactly. up. Um, and then okay, so solarite power gauntlets. Now, yeah. So this is the this is the first. Um, one sneaky little change in here so solar power gauntlet uh so our power fist basically strength times two as well as ap1 melee master crafted and unwieldy mm-hmm. it's when you get to the solar power talons that's when the change has happened yeah so what's happened there? so they have gained plus one strength so they were plus one strength uh they're now plus two strength um, and they've lost the specialist weapon rule as well. Oh. So they're plus two, AP three, melee, shred, and master crafted. Oh, that makes them very attractive. Yeah, they're they're good. They're, they're they're. I don't know if I'd necessarily take them over the gauntlet just because. I just think when a time you're going to need something that's strength seven or more. I suppose if you're fighting sort of a big, ouchy robot, maybe. Yeah. Well, um, it's kind of. It's kind of you know you get them in one of the kits and then you've got no option other to take a, to yeah yeah unless you buy another kit to essentially waste it just for the gauntlets yes although I don't know if it can be the 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 talent the talons can be you know a, you know remodeled to be power gauntlets uh, I don't mm, I don't think I can yeah I've not seen the kit somewhat- disassembled so. Yeah, no, no. Um, this is quite, yeah, this is a, a useful little change. I haven't used the power talons. I would I fit them on my terminators? I not. I think I would personally, mm-hmm. even with the plus two strength, just because the things that they're going to be on, I use to punch holes in tanks. Yeah, but I suppose if you are putting them on to fu- the ones with the fire pack, yeah. Or if you want a unit that's going to take out a Primark. Mm, yeah, that's... Mm. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. That's quite a... This next change 
I think is a is a biggie. Yeah, because it's suddenly I think, I'll agree with that. It takes one unit that was, to be honest, utterly useless, um, because well, it just was utterly useless, um, and now turns it into something that I think we're going to see a lot more of on the table. So that's yes, I'll do the do the um, thing first, then we'll yeah go into the. Trying to find the page for the that particular unit when we get there we are. So this is the Adrastus Bolt Cavalier. So <clears throat> previously, this is a the only sort of ranged infantry unit that the Custos have. So previously, this was uh, it's got two modes of fire. You've got the Bolt Volley, which was uh, thirty inch range. Strength 5, AP 4, Heavy 3. That's now been changed to 30 inches, Strength 5, AP 4, Assault 3. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that's a really useful change. They've got the Disintegration Beam. That stayed the same. And that's still an Assault 1 weapon, Instant Death, Armor Bane, and Gets Hot. But the advantage you have with Disintegration Beam is that you can fire it more than once was it in, not, the, in the game. Was it not heavy? Um, no, it was always... A, the disintegration beam was always a salt one. Uh, it's the bolter that they've changed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, you don't... The whole um, unit, you can... You know, each model can do individual mode fire, basically. You don't have to fire the whole unit as one thing. You don't have to... You know, so that's always useful. Um, but no, the disintegration beam was always the salt. All right, okay. Because I think it's taken that the, the Sagittarium or was it Sagitt- the Sagitt- yeah the Sagittarium yeah. um, squad. Because I think it's taken yeah. them from being a um, you know a they look cool but you know a, a heavy weapon that essentially you really need to deep strike in. Yeah. Um. Uh, to being a yeah, this is an absolute. This is a beast of a unit now, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, as with all things in a, a Custodes army, they're not cheap. No, so very expensive. 185 points to buy you three guys. Um, but the Bolt Cavalier, and that's before you put on Melter Bombs, Array Shrikes, Teleportation Transmonders. So yep. They are still a very expensive unit. Um, I do have 10 of these the upgrade kits for these. Oh, okay. uh, not ten the kits, but ten of the. I could do ten models with them, which I originally had planned to do. Um, I think I'm inclined to do them. The only problem I have is that they're a heavy support sh- slot for this army, mm-hmm. and there's lots of nice and things in that. There's, and there, there are a couple of really, a couple of much better units in in. Um, in the heavy support slots for not a lot of more point wise. Mm. Yep. That's the only the only thing when you've got the um Caladius tank um and the Telamon, it's difficult for you to look past those two. Yeah. I think but, if you're running an all infantry army then definitely these guys are now worth that pick up. Uh, I think I've been thinking about this for a week now whether or not I'm going to build them or not it's really tricky I think 
I might use them. I might be able to sort of squad a five of them. Yeah. And then just see see how they play out now with the new assault um, weaponry. The only thing is they don't have any sort of close combat weapons. Well, I suppose they don't now. Uh, no. <laughs> definitely not now. So, yeah. So this is the, this is why I'm still undecided. Because, yeah, they don't have a close combat weapon of any sort. Still. They are just these, just these guys with assault weapons. Well, that's great. She's having assault weapons. But what are you then going to assault with? Mm. Still, I bet, they, I bet they'd be handy in a fight, though, still. Oh, yeah. I mean, that disintegration beam, you know, AP2, five, six of them. It's like a slightly weak, it's a weaker melter bomb, melter gun, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the arm bane rule. But I think, yeah, I think I might build a squad of six of these guys and just see how we get on and see if now that that rule makes them more more viable tactically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally think they will be. And they look cool. Yeah, I mean, I that's, as I've done with all of my army, if it looks cool, I bought it. Yeah. Um, the only problem was that I just, for the points that these guys were and for what they would actually do up until now, that look of that rule of cool has sort of outweighed their usefulness in the heavy support squad. Mm-hmm. And I think the Custodes have some really strong heavy support units. They do, they do. It's one thing in Heresy, you know, heavy support is, it, it has got a lot of cool stuff in, no matter what army you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you think what the, the Cladius can do with its turret, its main turret gun and the little bolter underneath. Yeah. The firepower it can put out is probably not massively dissimilar to what a squad of these will put out. Yeah. Um and then there's the Telemon. It's going to be slightly more expensive. And then there's the Telemon, which is just on its on a good day, just just mean and nasty and horrible. Yeah. But again, it, it is expensive, and that's that's the thing I think a lot of people don't necessarily remember or think about when it comes to custodes units or armies is they are expensive point wise. Yeah, you don't get a lot. Of, you know, you don't get a yeah. lot. Yeah. For what you put in there. No, absolutely. Um, you think that's so that unit, for instance, a basic squad of those 185 points. That's three guys. That's not a lot of. That's not a lot for your change, ultimately. No, no, not really. But that's okay. Yeah. So we get on. Yeah. So the next change is a is a whole data sheet. Yeah. So this is where the the, the fun really starts, I suppose, and this would be where the I'm sure I heard cheers coming from my iPad when I uh, I saw the uh, that the FAQ had been released, and that's the shield captain. Yep, and he he um so he stays the same in points wise, doesn't he? He is, yeah. He's exactly the same points wise. He just has one change, one tiny that, change, one tiny weeny ten point change, where in his options he can no longer take the cyber familiar yep which was a bane of contention for a lot of people yeah absolutely and again that with the shield the two things combined um i totally got it i never uh, i've i'd never ran that particular shield captain design 
I've always ran Valdor because I think Valdor's cool. Um, I know that there are plenty of people that have done, and that's that's fine. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they what they what they do whether they continue with the shield, giving it the the three plus with the Iron Halo, um, and the the shield boosting it as well. I think it's it, it's a good it's a good balancing act, I suppose, without completely destroying the unit. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you know, not that, that I should shouldn't should grumble really, considering he's a still a killing machine. And they'll still you know still access to Paragon spears, which I know people absolutely hate. Um, but yeah, everything else is still the same about him, which is good. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's just a minor change, but obviously combined with the shield change, you know, yeah. it loses one of those awful unkillable characters that, that that people would complain about. Yes, and I mean, the amount of times I think I I don't think at any of the events since I started playing my custodes list, I don't think I've ever played an opponent that hasn't said to me, "Have you got a shield captain with a shield with the." shield yeah it's just i think that's just become such a um that's the only that's the the forethought in everyone's minds when they see a custodes army now or has been up until now hopefully that'll change but we should see what you know we should see what happens yeah because obviously we know some events purposefully you know but we'll actually we'll, we'll touch on that at the end yeah, yeah. What some events do to custodies. So yeah, so so not much change there. And then the next one is Constantine Valdor changing his his teleportation rule. Yeah, this is where you're going to get angry, the one that, isn't it? This is the one that hurts because I love this guy, and I think that the paragraph there's two paragraphs that this involves. One basically destroys the other one. And the one that's changed is the one that doesn't make sense now to me. And again, people are going to be going, no, you're an idiot. You're just a golden armored fool. But it's, it's a big, it, it's a real issue for me. Okay. On a couple so of what have they changed? So they, so Valdor up until now, the, the emperor's bodyguard is right. His, his left hand man. If, if Malkador is the right hand man up until now, you could give teleport transpond- teleportation transponders at no additional cost to any unit with the Legio Custodes rule. Yeah. So not Dreadnoughts, despite what people tried. Um, not Telemons. Had to have the Legio Custodes uh, special rule, and that is just the infantry. Mm-hmm. Now, he can only do it to himself and one other unit yep. at no additional cost. Beyond that, you have to pay for it. And how much does a teleportation transponder cost normally? Transponder is five points a model. So over an army, but you know that's going to be, what, 20, 25 points maybe for an average size army? So my in my particular army, for instance, I would take now, I'll take Valdor, and I will take him with his Heteron guard that I was rolling with, and I will give them the teleport transponders rule via him. Yep. Everyone else that I'm in my army, I, I'm going to have to pay for. It's about another hundred points. Really? I thought. Yeah. It was, I thought it was five points per the unit. No. 
No, they are five points each, my friend. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah that's this is to... why I have an issue with it. Because this army doesn't need to get more expensive points-wise on any level. Because the only way you can make... The only reason you can get across the battlefield is via teleportation transponders, basically, for this army. Mm-hmm. We don't have a vehicle that can really get us there in, in a reasonable amount of a reasonable number if that makes sense yeah yeah because your transport is a bit it's limited to six models basically yeah it's a bit lackluster and it's 110 points so that 110 points that i could spend on that tank will get me six six models across the field quicker it's not even an assault vehicle yeah yeah no it is it is a quite it is quite poor yeah, I, this is this is the change that hurt me, and the reason is a because of that, and b because the sentence above it, it just doesn't add up with the rule change. So the sentence above that says, "Valor carries him within the authority of terror itself, and there is little, by the way, of resource or technology that is viable to the vast imperium of humanity that he cannot requisition or command if he wills it." Well. There is. He's going to get half a dozen teleportation transponders, apparently. Mm. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna make an argument uh, for the change. Yeah. And just use Perturabo as the example of yeah. this. They've made a similar change to him and said that, you know, instead of rolling for reserves from turn one for all of his units, it's only for the unit he is with can come, you know, uh, him and one unit he chooses can deep strike in. Well, you know, um, uh, come in. That, I don't even know yep. if it was a deep strike, but that can come in from reserve in turn one. Yeah, and that so I'm not trying to come in turn one. Yeah. I'm trying to, and also, Iron Warrior armies have other alternatives for getting units across the board. No, that's true, but I, I'm just saying that uh, where there is a similar-ish rule, they've limited it to one unit in yeah. another army. I'm not saying that, you know, that it's necessarily, you know, the best thing that they've done to you. I'm just saying that if you look at another army with a similar-ish rule, they've made the same they've... limitation. Sure. So but I don't, I don't I think don't... Custody's getting, you know. No, I, that's, I just think that if you look at the, uh, the Custodes and the ways that they can engage with the enemy aggressively teleportation transponders were the only real viable way of doing that yeah and i think that if so it's going to cost me ultimately a model a unit to afford teleportation teleportation transponders in a 3000 point in my current 3000 point list for me to make the, the cost adjustments now i rarely end a game with more than four models on the board anyway. I just, yeah, this is the one that, maybe it's because it affects me directly that it hurts me the most, which I suspect is probably true. Yes. But I just, I think that if they'd done this and made the Coronas an assault vehicle, then I think it wouldn't be so bad because at least then that would be a more, there'd be more desire to take that tank. Yeah, because I've always found it weird that, that, you know, that 
it's an assault, very heavy assault based army, and their only transport is not an assault. Well, not their only transport. Well, You've got the Orion. It's not their only. You've got the Orion. That is an assault vehicle. Yeah, they're, they're, it's assault, but you can only assault out the back of it. Yeah, their big assault vehicle is a um. Well, their big transport is not a um assault vehicle, and that's yeah. always confused me about about it. Yeah. Um, and it. I had I didn't buy one because I at the time couldn't afford it. And in my head, I had it that it was. So I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'll get that, I'll get that, I'll get that. Because um, it would be useful. And then sort of sitting there reading the rule, rule book one day and went, oh, no way. You can't actually assault out of it. I think it does a lot of cool stuff, the Coronas. Yeah. But I don't think I would rather spend the points. I'd rather have spent the points on terrible trades and Transformers even... Even then, I'm still going to have to now just to make my army um, get across the board because it's too easy to stand and shoot custodes. Yeah, well, it's a it's a whole new this FAQ, uh, you know, overall the FAQ yeah, yeah. that were dropped. Uh, you know, they they're necessitating a lot of changes across a lot of armies. So yeah, yeah, and no, I, I, you know, I I can see why. You know, I, I can understand why because I imagine people getting upset that they can. Just deep strike for free, but I think that when you look at the army as a whole, unless it can get into combat, it doesn't really do an enormous amount of damage. Yep, and obviously they have now uh, made it so that um, you can't even get into the sisters' transport either. Yeah, which is to be honest, I'd never even thought of that. Um, I don't know what transport capacity was, but that. That had weirdly never crossed my mind. I'd always thought, so I put my sisters in the Orion and things like that. I'd never thought of doing it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you'd never really thought about it, did you? And I, I didn't even think it was possible and never even bothered looking, but yeah. No. In the original book, yeah, it's a, there's, it's a nothing, weird thing. there's nothing stopping you from putting no? custodies into the sister's uh, Acquisitor. But I think it still has the same. Oh, no, it isn't a suit. It wasn't a salt vehicle, yeah. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, I just, I'd never really thought about it actually. Yeah, so. But it was still, still has the same transport capacity. That's probably why. Because it still can take 12 models halved because they're all bulky. So it still only takes six guys in it. But it would be an assault vehicle. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, they've taken, they've taken that option away as well. Yeah. That's, Which, it's, it's a. You never knew you had. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it would have been nice to have known that. But it's fine. <laughs> I, it's, I've, I've gained and lost nothing. Well, to be on the, te- the but the teleportation transponders. Yeah, that one. That one kind of hurts. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's annoying, I guess, to people who use Valdor. And I must admit, every um, a custodies army that I've come across, I've only played one, but every one that I've actually come across has, in fact, played um, Valdor for that reason. So, so I just do it because he's cool. Yeah, he is pretty cool. Um, he is a very cool model. Yeah, he's he's got better. <laughs> um, it's, it's a better. I like it more than I like the painted one on Forgeworld's website. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. You know, when they yeah. painted it themselves, you know, it's a better model. So the next change is to one of the dreadnoughts. One of the dreadnoughts, the um, the Achilles. Yes. So this what have they changed here? The, 
So he's his um it's basically a points increases. Um again. So this is on the Dread Spear with the Corvée Las Pulsar. Yeah. Um so that used to be forty points. That's now sixty points. Okay. Uh it's still the same, still strength ten. Um still AP two does melee. It's got the impaling special rule, which I'll come into a second, and it's master crafted just as it was before. Yeah. Um so the impaling special rule for people that don't know is in the assault phase on a turn in which this model has charged to hit rolls of six with this weapon are resolved as destroyer hits oh yes I remember this now um so I know there's been a lot of discussion about whether it was one attack was um uh if you counted all if you did one six they all counted as Six. Yes, I remember this discussion. Um, but this is now, yeah. Every if it's every six year old is a D hit, basically. Yeah. So uh, clarifies it, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't. Um, yeah, because before it was any to hit roll of six means it's attacks with this weapon are resolved as destroyer hits. Yeah. Now it's to hit rolls of a six. So, which is good. It, it clarifies it. it. Makes it easier for people to to know what's going on. When the when someone goes right, that's a D um, a D hit. But obviously, it does increase the price of the model. Yeah, I've got a couple of them. I um, I think I used them at Company of Legends. Oh, where was it? I used them. No, I, think I used them at Blood and Glory last year. I used um, a couple of them. Then I don't necessarily. I liked them. I didn't. They didn't do what I wanted them to do, but that's because I kept getting shot. Yeah. Um, do I think at 260 points for this, basically, am I more likely to take it? I think probably not, because for not a whole chunk more points, there's a dude in the heavy support slot that is a much more attractive option. Um. Not so, I mean, I love this model. I think the spear looks awesome. So I've got a couple of them. I do like them. I just... It's, it's that thing of getting getting into combat that's the thing with these guys. Because they can't take drop pods. Nope. Uh, they are just relying on you running them across the board, basically. Yeah, and there's, no, there's basically no way to uh, drop them in. No. No, no exactly. Which is uh, uh, very problematic. Um, yeah, for, for custodies, as you know, as a, as an army, not that we're saying that the the custodies are particularly weak, but if they can't if they can't drop in, then you know they have to weather the the shooting, and that's not yeah. So to say they can't handle the shooting because they can, they can handle it to a point. Yeah, but this is a lot oh, weaker you... than than yeah. say I, I personally think this is a lot weaker than say a, a custodian guard. Yeah, because armor thirteen. You know, I mean, to be honest, if you're taking an arm, if you're, you know, if you're going up against any list, you ought to be thinking about something that can handle armor thirteen. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It's just that it's, you know, um, the care and things like that. You know, people need to. 
it's in that bracket and people need, you know, more often than not have got something that will counter that. Yep. Yep. Um, I think you're exactly right on that. Definitely. Um, okay. So that's, that's that one changed. And then that, that puts us on to, um, the next one, which is the jet bike. And I don't, the jet actually, bike. I haven't seen what's changed here. So let me, uh, there's a couple of changes here. Um, let me just get to the page just cause, um, Sorry, bear with, bear with, as I say. There we go. So, yeah, the Agamatis Jet Jet Bike Squadrons. Which are... So... Which are really cool. They are really cool. They are a super cool thing. Um, So, yeah, there's a couple of changes here. So they've gone from... There's been a sort of a clarification as well, um, which is quite good. So there's a change in their profile. Mm Mm-hmm which is they've gone from initiative four to initiative five. Yep. Which is pretty useful. Um, there's been a clarification, there's been a change in the clarification in their war gear as well. Now they, in the main rule book, they had a power lance. They now yep. have a power spear. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the difference is. I forgot to look that up. Oh, okay. Um, let's have- I don't know if there is any difference, but I, Let's have a look at the rule book. Um, sure. uh, melee weapons of the force weapons power. Um, what did they have? They had a power lance. They had a power lance. Now they have a power spear. Um, no, it doesn't say anything in here about power spear in the main rule book. So it must be in book oh, seven. Uh, that's is it in the? I think um, it is. Is it in the? Because we don't. We don't have guardian spears. They've got a whole separate thing. So quick check. Unless I've missed uh, it somewhere. Just wondering if it's in the, you know, the, the the weapons, for the custodies. No, guardian spear, power blade, guardian bolt, and murder palm, paragon spears, sentinel war blades, solarite. Yeah, it's not in there. Okay. So someone might need to tell Fordrod that they need to do another effect. Yeah, power spear. No, doesn't say anything in here about power. No, about sphere in the main rulebook. Not that I can see. So um, yeah, that might be a a conversation someone needs to have. Um, I'm sure. Obviously, after it, it must be around somewhere. I'll um, after we recorded the... this, I will try and I will try sure. and find find it out. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, after we recorded this, I, I will find out yeah. what it, what it is, and, it is and then slip it in at the end. Ah, oh, good man, good man. Yeah. Um, so the other change to their war gear, it was a um, typo mistake before. Um, so that, well, actually, there's a couple. They've taken the misericordia out because we now know that's nothing. Yep. Uh, it's just a bit of um, it's a badge of office, I believe they described it as. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've changed the name of the weapon that the custodes come with. In the rule book, they discussed described it as an elastus bolt cannon. Yeah, it's actually a lastrum bolt cannon. I think people had sort of really figured that out. I think it just annoyed people. Yeah, which I can understand. Um, but I, yeah. at least we now know that's definitely what they meant. Yeah. Um, okay. And any other changes there at all? Or? Yeah. So they their special rules have just changed uh, as well. 
Um, well, actually, so the Legio Custodes rule has been added, and that incorporates three different special rules. That incorporates the preternatural skill, so the sodality and the inviolable psyche. They've yeah. combined those three. Um, but they've lost a special rule, uh, which is the sweeping fire special rule. Huh. Okay. So uh, that's that's gone. And I did have the rule book to hand two moments ago, and now I've just lost it. Oh, Age of Darkness rule book. There we are. And sweeping fire. Yes. Right. No. Can't find that either. That's annoying. No. Okay. Uh, is it in book seven or? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, it's at the bottom of their section. I do apologise. There we go. It's meeting for the rule book, and it's actually at the base of the um, the uh, the entry. So what it said before was that members of the unit may fire once with each of their weapons in the shooting phase, but now they only have one weapon each. Right. Whereas before people... Because this is what the thing with the Elastus Bolt Cannon was. It's whether they were meant to have that and something else. Right, I see. Um... But now, uh, now we know it's just they just have that one gun. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so um, yeah, and there is uh, yeah another rule change where uh, again a points increase, and this is to the two additional well, the, the replacement guns for the the bikes. Yeah. Um, the Drathic Destructor has gone up by ten points. Uh, the Drathic Devastator, sorry. Yep. It's gone up by 10 points to 15 from 5. And the Corvée Laz Pulsar is now 35 points. Right. Yep. Um, again, stuff didn't need to be more expensive. Um, because, again, a squad of three of these is 225 points. It's a lot of points for a, a lot of points for a unit. I've got one of my guys made up with the Laz Pulsar. Yeah, um, I know there are plenty of people out there that have run two or three of the guys with yeah. these, so that'll be a, that'll hurt them. Yeah, um, in the points list. Okay, so then it's on to the Telemond. On to Big Tell. Yeah, which, as far as I can see, and I've looked through him a couple of times, it is just um, noting that the bonus okay. combat attack is already. Included. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's in the profile for the addition for the two close combat weapons. And then you have to account accordingly. Yeah, I think that's the only... Which is just the same as every other Dreadnought, basically. Yeah. So, no, nothing massive. No. No no big changes there, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I thought they might... I wondered if they would make him a bit more expensive um, as I was going through it, because, you know, there is points and stuff going up. Um... But thankfully, no, it's just that just that little clarification on there, which is good. Because um, that's... Oh, actually, that's, that's a... There was another rule change without... Uh, not a rule change, but a clarification on Valdor as well. Oh, right. Just going back to it, where he... He has digital lasers on his profile. The, um, the additional combat, additional attack that that um, conveys is already included in his profile. Right. 
Okay, so, okay, fair enough. I think uh, that might disappoint some people. Yeah, um, I must admit I've made that mistake. I'm going to put my hand up now and say that I have definitely given Valdor seven attacks at times when he should have only had six. And I'm very sorry about that. Right, cool, cool. So, overall, what is your opinion on the FAQ for the um, for the Custodes? I... I don't necessarily think that they... If we're doing a one hand gives and one hand takes, one hand, I think, took more than it gave. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I... Things didn't need to be more expensive for this army to start with. We have an army that's comprised ultimately of less than a, a dozen unit entries. Yep. Um, that are all very, very expensive anyway. I think it makes the... I think it makes the army trickier to play and to make effective because you've got a I've now we've now got to allocate those points to things that would have been much more proactive with our army, right? And people will like it because it'll, you know, it's a putting the dogs on the leash kind of thing. Um, the shield captain comes away still very useful, and with us. With his dignity intact, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think he's still a really good... He's still going to be a combat machine. You can't... You can't not... You can't escape that with that particular character, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But he's designed He's he's designed to be a combat machine. They all are. Mm-hmm. You know, this is... This is a pure... This is an assault army in its purest form, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I think he he comes away not too badly. He could have he could have easily been another twenty five points uh, on his profile and had the changes made to him. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point, Custos players would have probably just down tools. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Valdor's your only, Valdor's your only other option, and people aren't necessarily going to want to spend was it sixty five pounds? I can't remember how much. Patience. Something but, like that. You know, yeah. People, yeah, aren't going to necessarily want to pay that that amount of money for that model because of a rule change for another character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought there are things I don't like. I mean, it's like you guys with the the Astartes changes. There are things you like. There are things you don't like. Yeah. Um. There are things that negatively affect your army. It's just one of those things. Um, but I think, I think it could have been worse. But there are some things that could have been better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, um, if you know, if I have my opinion on it, um, I think that um, what what it has done is it's made people who may have not necessarily been thinking about you know who would wanted to play custodies who who uh, mm. up until this point been thinking well i don't want to be that guy and i know i definitely definitely fit into this category may now start thinking well actually they're not as bad now so it may in fact mean that you actually get more custodies players 
potentially. I I don't know. I think you'll see more of them on the board, but probably as allies. I, that tends to be where they they fill in gaps anyway. Yeah. Um. I I'm just trying to think how many pure custodies lists we that I've that we saw at London or Blood and Glory. Not in Blood and Glory, there were th- there were three at Blood and Glory, but I, I know that both of those guys now no longer do play that army. Um, you know they're always in. They tend to fill in gaps, people, uh, as for loyalists. You know we we saw a Blood Angels player at um, Company of Legends who had some sort of tagged in uh, alongside things like that. Do I think we're going to start seeing pure custodes armies? I hope so. Um, do I think it'll happen? No, because I think people will see that stuff is expensive points wise and they're not necessarily going to get what they want out of that army. So you think it'll be the opposite? I hope I'm wrong. Well, but I, d- it, I think how many of the how many of the dread spear dreadnoughts do you ever, have you ever seen on the board? Uh, uh, other than my ones, a couple. But that's not. And for, are they still going to be there now that their army that particular model is twenty points more expensive? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Because um, I think the, like to think if I'm going for a, I'm going for something that to do what that can do. I'm going to go all the way and spend the extra points it is for a Telemon. Yeah. Um, whereas I think before they were a slightly cheaper... A Telemon's only 30 points... Uh, yeah, 40 points more expensive with the two Lascan, with the two Proteus guns. Yeah. And it can do a hell, lot, hell of a lot more. Yeah, I suppose it's it can. It's more it? survivable. If you even give it the cheaper of the two weapons... It punches out more fire, you know, much more firepower. It may not be strength ten, um, but it still be strength ten in combat, isn't it? Because it's got the the fist. So, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it probably kills that dreadnought as a selection. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, which is a shame, but I think realistically, it, yeah, it just. I wouldn't take. I'm probably not going to take them unless I'm playing a really themey army or I'm playing a pickup game with somebody. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'll take them. But again, you know, there's. Who knows? We might come out of this. The other. I mean, I, once I start planning a list for uh, what's next, Company of Legends. You know, I may look at certain arm, certain units and, and reconsider them and. Now I've got to move points around, find extra, you know, find points, and not do things the same as I have been doing them. So maybe it'll do that, but I, I don't know. I don't, it's, tr- it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's a yeah, definitely. They're key. They're, they're key changes to key parts of the of that army. But you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cry about them. I knew, I mean, I I almost did, but I'm not going to. <laughs> gonna keep it in like a big boy. I am, yeah. It's yeah, I, you know that's fine. 
first you start going to three and a half thousand point um, tournaments <laughs> just to play in my army list that was three thousand points a week ago. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, uh, right. I think what we'll do now is we'll, uh, you know, move on to the next next part. Next bit. So, uh, this month, um, we've, something that we've been long thinking about, uh, and we challenged ourselves to do it, was to try and create a heresy army without using anything from Forgewell. So... <laughs> Some would say that's somewhat counterintuitive, but we figured, actually, can you do it? Can you create a workable army using nothing but Games Workshop-based plastic models? That was the challenge that we set. So what we're going to do, first of all, is we're going to run through where we think all of the plastic models are and what sections in the force form you could use them in um, without any alteration. And Mm -hmm. then we will then do our normal Top Gear challenge where the three of us will give it our best shot to create a workable two and a half thousand point army using just plastic models. No resin at all. So, without further ado, um, what we'll do is we'll run through the current units that we can use uh, in the Game of Heresy. So, just to kick off with, there's two starting points with plastics, and that's obviously the box sets because they're the best value. Um, so, that's Trail at Kalth and Burning of Prosperity. So, yep. in Betrayal of Kalth, you've got 30 Mark IV Marines, a Contempt of Rednaught, five Cataphractor Terminators, Cataphractor Captain, and a Chaplain. Boom. Play in there. And in the Burning of Prospero, you've got 30 Mark III Marines, five Tartarus Terminators, five Custodies, five Sisters of Silence, Gregor Fellhand, and Aragorn. So, that's a really good set to start with. So, you know, there's a formulation to the beginning of an army there. Yeah. Um, what about HQ, guys? What's, what do we come back with for HQ just in purely in plastic? Because I struggle with this one, actually. Um, that, that you can use. Um, yeah. You've just got, I, I think, that really work. You've just got the um, the two um, Space Marine heroes, heroes the Kataprachai Captain and the Chaplain. You can get these them the, in a pack. So these are both the ones from the, the same guys um, that are in the Calf box, yeah. Yeah, but you already get them in the Calf box, so yeah. I don't see I why. You can buy them separately, You yeah. can buy them separately, but. I think they're thirty quid. Um, yeah, why would you? From Games Work, how much are they from Games Workshop? Um, I think they're, they're direct only. Quid. They're thirty quid and they're direct only, yeah. so you can't even get them discounted elsewhere. So you know, I think if we're going to start an army, I tend to think the Kalth box is the better. But it's not even, unless uh, a generic army. A I generic army, the yeah. Box is the, unless you're going the best, for best go. unless you're going for Space Walls or Thousand Suns, yeah. in which case yeah, I would say Prospero. Because generally speaking, unless you're putting allies in there, the custodians and the sisters of silence aren't really going to help you too much. No, um, no. Whereas, Although you you could you could use them as a the, the what you get the 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 five custodians and five sisters of silence if you were just doing space walls, you could do them as an allied detachment because you get no, you'd have to, you can you can make a sh- you can make a shield captain out of one of the custodians and the minimum custodian squad is free three members. Oh, so then you get a four man squad of custodians with a shield captain. And then a five, oh. a five, a five woman squad of Sisters of Silence. It's a troop choice. Yeah. So yeah. So oh. you've got two troop choices there, and a um, and a, and a HQ. Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Hey, fair point. Uh, I think that that, that makes total sense. The name into it, so not point. Um, but yeah. So those are the placement here. Like you say, thirty quid for two models when you can 
you know, get the trailer cow for how much is it? Ninety quid, less than that. Uh, it's ninety-five pounds um, from, from Games Workshop, but you can get it from our friends at um, Element Games for eighty pounds seventy-five. That's a huge saving. So, um, it's yeah, crazy, it's crazy cheap. Amazing. Actually, you think about what you get in those boxes. Yeah, yeah, they really are good, aren't they? So, um, that would be a good side point. So, what about elites then? Elites, obviously, you're going to be in sort of terminal territory, but there's other things as well, isn't there? Yeah. yeah you've got the, the you've got the four terminator squads and people will say four you've got the cataprat shy but that doesn't come yeah. with a reaper auto cannon or plasma blasters you've just got a heavy a heavy flamer but you've got your you've got lightning claws okay yeah as well as your as well as your power fists so you know you've got you've got some options there the tartaros mm-hmm. one um comes with absolutely all of their options apart from power axes so you've got your oh, reaper okay. auto cannon and your plasma blaster in there as well as your heavy flamer so that's probably the best outfitted squad, um, Terminator to sprue out there. And then you've got oh, okay. then you've got your two standard Terminator armor packs, which are you know you can use in Heresy. Um, they've got yeah, stats the in there. Yeah, Indominus. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you can use if you want to. The standard pack allows you to build a squad with power fists, combi bolters, and a heavy flamer. So, you know, not much different towards to, to your um, Cataprachi, but I think you've only got one chain fist. Um, and that, whereas with a Cataprachi, I think you get enough chain fists for everybody if you want right. to spend that kind of money. Uh, yep. Well, I said money points. And Once. then you've got the close combat squad uh, Terminators, which one option is absolutely useless unless you are um, uh, Imperial Fists, I think. Can Imperial Fists yeah, take uh, Thunderhammers? Salamanders and... as well. Oh, Salamanders, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so with the, um, storm shields in storm thunderhammer, shield, storm shields. but right, yeah. you can do the lightning claws. Every okay. legion can do the lightning claws. You've got the four terminator squads there, but of them, I would say the Tartarus one is the better, better choice. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, really it's only available as a um, direct um, buy right. now from Games Workshop. It's not available okay. um, directly from Element Games or any other retailer um unless you buy it in a calf or prosper box but to be honest if you start in an army why would you why would you not buy a um calf yeah. or prosper box I see what you mean. I mean, um, yeah, unless you wanted an old terminator armory or something like that um you couldn't and you couldn't use the chaos space marine terminators could you because they've got just too much chaos going on yeah i think so but i mean if you're yeah, doing a late if you're doing a late you know slaves to darkness inspired word bearers for example you know yeah it's doable. Um, and then you've got the standard Dreadnought. Yeah. But the only build in that is um, Laz Cannon and Power Fist, because yes. the Assault Cannon and the Missile Launcher aren't in Heresy. Okay. So you've got a nice... You, do you have a loadout there you can use that is that it, I think is reasonably useful? Yeah. And then there's the Venerable Dreadnought, which um, I think is probably a bit better value. It's the same price as a as a, as a standard Dreadnought. Oh, um. Yeah, it's the same price, isn't it? Venerable Dreadnought is the same. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't even know Venerable Dreadnought. It's 28 quid. For, yeah, it's 28 quid overall. The Venerable Dreadnought just looks, you know, a bit cool. It's got some, like, uh, little things on there. Not not all of it is going to be heresy appropriate because you've got, you know, the names of lots of, you know, um, Barab yeah, and, and, and stuff on there. Stuff but you've got, you've got different, um, you've got different, um, you've got a different carapace front that you can use, a couple of different ones. So, that's perfectly usable, and I think that is actually represents better value than the um, uh, than the um, than the standard dreadnought because you get a um, you get a plasma cannon in there as well. Right. 
So I think if you're going to use a st- if you're going to buy a standard dreadnought, buy the venerable. Why? Okay. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Good. And then there's the contemptor dreadnought. Um, yes. F- from um, again, it's available direct only. I think now. Um, so the only way to get it from a discounter is to get it in Calf. I know you can get it from Element Games. Oh, can you get it from Element Games? I'm pretty sure when I checked earlier today that Contempt was on, wasn't in the unavailable section. I think you could actually buy it. Let me, let me just check. Um, where I'm carrying. I, I'm, I've got it up now. I'm checking. Uh, yeah, no, you can. Twenty nine seventy five. So I still, I still think that's expensive for what it is. Considering the, considering the price of cows, and I obviously I'm not going to throw Jade at Element Games because you know they 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 buy it for what they buy it for from from Games Workshop. But I think thirty five quid for what you yeah, get. The problem with the pricing is the Games Workshop price is the starting price. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit. I think it's a bit much for what you get because it's not posable. It's well, it's it's not got many parts or options. It's it's pretty limited. But I suppose, on the one hand, they're not going to sell very many of them, so it is going to be priced higher. But um, yeah, I guess so. I suppose the other thing also is that you've got to remember that a lot of people take the um, box sets and break them up, and well, you, know, you might be able to get this on eBay, brand new on screw. Oh yeah, you can get it brand new on eBay for about twenty quid. Yeah, I've I've done, done that before. A brand new one from the box, then you'd have to go Element Games twenty whatever it's but the only weapon options you've got are a Kerry's Assault Cannon or Multi-Melter I mean you can play around with it if you've got a couple of them and make some um, you know and make a double fist or a double um, Kerry's Assault Cannon one you know it's, oh, yeah, you could, you? it's easy enough. I've done it yeah, I've, yeah, I've, 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 I've done it with my um, Ultramarines I've made a Mortis out of a Kerry's uh, with two Kerry's Assault Cannons using the plastic kit yeah I think I've got the same thing I've got one with two like I two Kerry's and one with two Good shout. Uh, okay, so onto the troop section. Do you want to do you want to take this us through this one, Greg and Chris? Yeah, so this is where you sort of, you still get the the meat of the heresy army, I suppose. Um, so you've got the Mark Three Space Marines, which are my personal, well, some of my personal favourite ones. Yeah, they're just they just look they look great, don't they? I think it's the um, it's the, yeah. It's the look of business. Sort of that grill kind of. Yeah. I think they are the most heresy looking of the two plastic yeah. kits. Yeah, exactly. The, the Mark IV still looks a bit, you know, forty k ish because yeah, it is yeah, obviously that that step between heresy and forty k. So it, it, yeah. the armor, the, the Mark IV armor, I've got to go in front. It doesn't look as substantial. It doesn't look as if it would protect you as well as the Mark III. No, yes, yeah, it's, it's that more well, stream, slightly more streamlined, isn't it? And, mm. In, in the um, in, in the in the fluff, the mark the mark three is supposed to be, you know, it, it does offer more protection, but obviously in the game. Yeah. And the thing I like with this particular box set is the fact that the heavy bolter is one of the, um, underslung ones. Oh yeah. I think it's the same in both sets, isn't it? Is it? I, don't, I, don't, I have to I have to go and double check that I'm mark four yet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, it's the same. But the irony is, of course, if it's a normal 10 that tactical squad, you can't take a hammer lower anyway. Yeah, I suppose these are designed oh, so that people in 40k can use them as well. Cause... Yeah, it's an underslung one. Oh, yes, there it is. Yeah. So. If it's not a Mark III, I'm not paying attention ultimately. <laughs> um, so you get yeah, the Mark IV and the Mark III sets. They're both 
pretty good. They, they carry all the options you want. They are, I think, probably model wise, they're more equipped for forty k. Um, yeah, because you get specialist weapons in there and things like that that you don't. That is a heresy, basic tactical sword. You're not going to really use. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, it, it, I mean, these are important weapons for if you, if you do want to make a support squad, though. Um, yep. You've got to go to eBay. Um, and I think this is the only way to get a heavy flamer now. Uh, not a heavy flamer, a flamer. I don't think Forge World sell. They're not. I don't think they uh, sell. I think that was one of the last chance to buy items. Uh, so I think the only way to get flamers is to get them as a. Um, part, of a part of a troop choice. And all, yeah. All, all those favourite little bits. Websites yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just having a look the, on the. On the on the Forge World website, and no, I don't. You can't get the flame, the standard flamer anymore. You can only get it in the plastic. So, if you want, ten, if you want five or ten of them, you're you're hitting eBay. Yeah. I've never seen anybody use ten flamers. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised it got removed. No. But weirdly enough, now you've got the termite. They actually ten flamers actually some reason that bad on idea <clears throat> because you can get where you need to get to without getting shot to death. So. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so the third trip we put the Space Marine Scout Squad in there. Yes, yeah. took the two Scout Squads. Yeah, so you can use them as um, your reconnaissance Marines. I'm, I'm a little bit 50-50 on this one, if I'm honest with you guys. And I know I'm being slightly pedantic. They, they, the models themselves don't feel as substantial as a normal Space Marine. Yeah. I'm, well, I they're, they're, they're in recon armor, which is only a 4-plus save. I know, but even so, if you look at the recon marines, the proper recon marines that Forge World did, and you look at the scouts, there's a, there's a, I mean, okay, fair enough, I think the recon marines in um, the Forge World version are wearing heavier armour, but even so. Yeah, they're, so wearing, I think they're wearing actual power armour. Use, I mean, you could use these, I don't think anybody would complain about it. I would tend to use these more, though, for having a cults and militia army and using these figures, because um, they look almost more human-sized than space marine-sized to me. But it's a minor yeah but you've got them I, I think you'd need if you wanted to be traitors you need the bit conversion work because you've got the Aquila on the chest yeah. um, but, that's very true yeah so the standard pack you get bolters shotguns or bolt pistols and combat blades mm-hmm. and the sniper ones obviously you get your camo cloaks which stands in for your camoline and your sniper rifles yeah. can't use the heavy fl- the, the heavy um, the heavy weapons in them but everything yeah. else is good in the they're another option. I mean, I don't. Again, I mean, how many recon squads do you ever really see? I think I'm the only person I've ever seen play one, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're an option anyway. I think. Also, when you think we're going through the list of um, plastic GW stuff, the more options. So we haven't gone too far with this list, if that makes sense, because it would be quite easy to sort of. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I can use the hunter as a as a, as a whirlwind Scorpius. Absolutely. I mean, I think you just use normal <laughs> normal whirlwind as a whirlwind Scorpius. Normal whirlwind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For those yeah. of you, this is going to this will come up later. I watch the space. This will come back to haunt us. Anyway, yes. carry on. So yeah, I think you could use them, like you say, Chris. Yeah. You know, we haven't taken it to the extremes. We think this is on the limit of things you could get away with without causing too many customers. Definitely. Definitely Without someone looking at you on the other side of the board and going, no, mate, you're just 
Yeah. I, I, I've got some with a sniper rifle. Because okay. I think they, I think that sometimes because you, you get the um, you get the infiltrate. Well, the, is it you get the infiltrate with the recon armor? You get um, yeah, no, yeah. You get, you get scout. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know recon armor can be quite good. And Ford World don't make recon armor marines. I think the intention is you use these marines as as them. They do have guns with sniper rifles, don't they? Yeah, but they were in power armor. Yeah, as opposed to recon armor. Okay, definitely. So, you know, and the power armor is a better save and and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think the recon armor gives you um, gives you infiltrate. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, and the cameline gives you um, (laughs) stealth, doesn't? Yeah. So anyway, dedicated transports. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a couple of options here, so aren't these there? Don't really, these don't really change. Yeah, so basically you can use the Mars Pack Rhino Mark IV. Yep. That's never really raised any eyebrows. Um, and you can use the drop pod because there is only one model for drop pod, and that is it. Um, that particular thing. So it's exactly the same. So it's a light part. Yeah, perfect for Not your dreadnought. Stood on that perfect reason. Nobody was, nobody's ever really you know, looked at a Mark a Mars Pack model and gone. You can't use that in this bit, do you? I've heard it. I've heard it looked down upon by some people. Um, I do have a little bit of a problem with Mars pattern codes as well. Come on, Joe, and get that. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard some people have ish. You know, be it's all. Oh, you're not investing the same in this hobby as I am. Mm. But you know, Ford will make the doors. Yes, doors. So magical, magical. If they didn't make the doors, then maybe you know, maybe people could say, "Oh, you know, they're not supposed to be in the heresy." But they make the doors for the Legion, so they clearly belong in heresy. See, I think if you're saying to someone who's playing the same game as you, you don't spend as much, so therefore you don't count, then you shouldn't be playing the game. I would agree with you on that one. But there are some people out there who I have come across who would, who, who, who have used the argument that, uh, you know. The, 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 the Mars pattern shouldn't be used because they're cheaper. But they're the same people who don't like the idea of plastic and heresy at all, so... Well, anyway, by the way. Um, okay. Yeah, so fast attack section. Yes. Um, two two choices in there. Attack bike? Yeah, which is the only attack bike that's possible. Yes, that's true. There is not a forge-world outrider squad with attack bike attachment. <laughs> No, no. You've got, I think attack. you've got to do some conversion work for it. So, uh, a torso and a head swap. Um, your legs won't be great, but you know they'll still look Mark Eight. But I don't think there's any other Marines that could be. Thing is, you can probably paint. You can probably do something artistically to get around that quite easily. I think. Yeah, or, you know, maybe you can do some carving. Um, I don't know, but at the end of the day, it's not a massive, great, big deal for me personally. It's an option in the red in the in the red book. It's the only model that it's is. the only model you can get for it. So yeah, and then there's the land speeder. Again, this needs a torso and a head swap. Yes. Yeah, but um, Andy Hall said that uh, on the live stream they did a um, couple. Was it a couple of months ago now? Was it a month ago? Um, um, yeah, it was about a month. Ago. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, we listened to it on the way back from mm. Peterborough. So yeah, yeah. Um, he he said, you know, the intention was that people would use the plastic land speeder. So yeah, it's there. And now we've got the now we've got the resin one. Yeah, we got the resin that Mark Mark six and Mark and the Mark four coming soon. Oh, mm-hmm. 
for the time being, this is the only land speeder we can get our grubby little paws on, isn't it? So, yeah. And then we've got the the heavy support section. So, what, what's in there then? I think Graham's got some so, thoughts on this. So yeah, the, the land boat, basic land boat practice, straightforward. I mean, obviously there's the armored Proteus and there's the forge road version, which does look slightly different with a different um, aesthetic, I think. But fundamentally, nobody's got a bad eye if you turn up. I think with the land boat approaches. That's the no, plastic kit. Seen plenty of them on the board. Exactly. Um, the Predator, the Mars pattern one. So this is um, without that using the domed. Um, turret and using a Demos pattern. Um, yeah, I much, I much prefer the dome turret, but this yeah, one's fine. I, I do, and you're right. This one is 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 fine, but I just something inside of me think I just really prefer the round ones. Yeah, but it's a purely a, a, a personal preference. So there's no point there. Um, you can't use the last cannon turret, obviously, because there is no last cannon cannon turret for the predator. So this would be limited to uh, the predator cannon for the turret weapon. Uh, and the last cannons or, or heavy bolt responses. Yeah. So, yeah, no problem there. Uh, the whirlwind, again, there is no alternative model. So, the whirlwind you can take is in an artillery squad, the zero to one choice for uh, most armies. Uh, so, you can take three of these if you so wish. I've uh, never seen one used ever because there's no <coughs> to do that kind of work. To yeah. I, I don't see why um, you would take one. Perfect reason for them. And finally, in the heavy sports would be your old, the, the classic Mars pattern uh, Vindicator. Yeah. Um, again, perfect reason. I actually prefer, I prefer the Mars pattern with the big dozer blade to the Demos pattern, if I'm honest. Uh, I think it looks much better. It looks that's like the only thing that I... That, that's the only thing. If there was a good dozer blade for the um, four-jawed one, yeah. I think it would be a much, much better model. Well, I don't like the dozer blade because it's like this little sort of pathetic dozer blade. Oh, yes. the, one, the one on the garbage. It's going to smash big through buildings and you know, fire this siege cannon in your face. Just, I like it. I, I, I do prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's the plastic models. Oh, no, we've still got the, the One Lord of War choice. Yeah. Or, you, you, the, it's there. The I just, blade. Yeah. Yeah, the Bane Blade and chassis. And its variants, of which there are many, and um, all of which I believe I don't think there's a single one that you can't use in heresy. I don't think there is. I think you can use so, them all. Yes, I mean you, I don't think you can use a bane blade, but you can certainly use some of the others, storm hammers and the rest of it. Yeah, um, storm swords and whatnot. They can all be used, no bother at all. Yeah, the so, panoply of war. Yeah. So. So you can that e- yes, so you can even get a lot of war in your all plastic list. Yeah. If you so, 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 so you could do it. It's totally doable. Um, so We've what did it. we do? And we have done it. Yes, we yes, we 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 put together <laughs> lists. So let's let's quickly run through those. Before we go on to the list, there are a couple of plastic units that we forgot to mention that I think are worthy of inclusion in this list. Now, the first is the Bile Predator. Now, you might be thinking, Bile Predator? That definitely wasn't a heresy unit. But the Infernus Predator was a heresy unit. Well, it is a heresy unit. Now, that has the um, flame, you know, the big flaming cannon and the two heavy flamer uh, sponsons. And, of course, you can get um, that in the um the ball predator so if you just want the the flamer the ball the ball predator blood angels ball predator is, is perfectly you know it is a good substitute for the infernus 
The other unit that we forgot to mention, and I can't believe we forgot to mention this, is the Imperial Knight. Um, which is a Lord of War you can take in your, in your heresy armies. And you, and you can take them. And in fact, if you want an army, an all plastic knight army, that's perfectly viable and possible. And in the future is going to be more viable and possible when the armagers and the Dominus Knights are added to the, uh, you know, get heresy rules. So yeah. So but going for, going on, you know, it, it taking into account all that we've just discussed there, there are also a couple of more bits that, that you can go in. So now we'll just go on to the lists. Okay, so we're doing a list challenge now, just using plastic. So Graham, you, you, what were the ground rules for this? So this were, as always, with our top, top gear challenges, we rate amongst ourselves and banter amongst ourselves uh, to try and see who has got the best list in terms of. Um, Overall theme, usually it's the theme of the league, which is slightly different because obviously we're going, we're not using one legion here, we're going to be using, I assume it's multiple. Um, so it's going to be really about the, who's who's got the best kind of theme that you can get with a plastic army. Uh, the second thing was around whether it would actually be effective on the battlefield in a normal game um, and how effective it would be, uh, whether it would be massively overpowered and really, you know, not much underpowered. Um, it would be a downside. And thirdly, it's the cost. So how much does your list actually cost to assemble from scratch? So those are the three criteria that we kind of judge this in. So uh, without further ado, who, my brave comrades, wants to put their name to their plastic list and tell us why they chose that particular doing this? Uh, mind if I go first? Not at all. Okay, so I, um, I was very specific. I wanted to, to do this as cheaply as possible as a sort of this is what i would do if i was starting and had a very limited budget and only could afford games workshop so um a lot of this is based on calf and cheaper plastic kits so you know and, and trying to cover all bases so um i'll start off with um a praetor uh, a legion praetor um with chain fist digital lasers iron halo mastercraft that chain fist and uh, in Kazaprachai armor, so that is the and with a combi melter, and that's the one from Calf, all the Space Marine heroes. Um, then in my elites, I've shoved in a Contempt of Dreadnought um, with a Kerry's Assault Cannon and Twin Link Bolter on its close combat weapon. Um, then I've got a Terminator squad, um, and this is where we go off Calf slightly um, because I put them in, I've got the Kazaprachai Terminator squad um, with a Heavy Flamer, um, one Chain Fist. Um, and uh, power, two, three power fists and a power sword on the um, sergeant with the grenade harness, but I've put them in a, um, a Phobos pattern land raider with the two las cannons, given it armored ceramite, a dozer blade, and frag assault launchers. Um, okay. But the only problem with this is you can't fit in your uh, Praetor. That is, uh, that is a definite problem that happens with plastic lists. Yes. Because yeah. it's a real struggle to put them in somewhere. Yeah, because you can only get five. Your, your come in minimum of five. The Land Raider yep. can only take ten. Um, so, essentially, yeah, my... Each one counts, my as far, counts as two, doesn't it? Because they're bulky. Yep, exactly. So, um, it's a bit of a funny, you know, do I just put my... Um, do I just put the Praetor in the um, in the Land Raider all on his own? Or do I... and Or, you know, it's... 
it's a difficult one. It is, yeah. I must admit, it was something that when I was looking at my list, I was like, oh, that's awkward. Because you're, <laughs> you're, you're limited yeah. in your HQs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, okay. we, then we've got um, a reconnaissance squad. Um, so based on the scout squad with Cameline, Melter Bombs, yeah. Recon Armor, and um, sniper rifles all round. Nice. So infiltrate them, try and you know, snipe some characters. Yeah. Uh, then we've got two identical tactical squads. I think they're identical. Y'all know there's, slight, there's, there's ever slight differences in them. Um, we've got uh, both 10 men, both with the additional chainsaw and combat blade, because I don't think you should ever leave home without these, of Excelia. <laughs> I'm in agreement. Um, and the sergeant in the first squad. Both sergeants have artificer armor and melter bombs. The first sergeant has a power fist and a melter gun. And the second sergeant has a plasma combi, a, a combi plasma, sorry, as you say, a combi melter and a combi plasma, and lightning claw. And both those squads okay. are in rhinos with dozer blade. And then uh, the final troop choice is a tactical support squad. This is where I go slightly off pilter because you're going to have to go to eBay for some of this, um, the plasma guns, because you only get three in a calf box, so you need another seven. Um, and it's a 10 man plasma um, support squad. Um, okay. in a, again, in a rhino with a dozer blade. Now, the only other option I had for my HQ, and I ended up dismissing it, um, was to put the chaplain and maybe convert him into, I don't know, a, a master of signal or something, um, and pop him in the, um, in with a nine man, um, support squad, which would have been all right, but I ended up going with the Terminator and then not realizing that bugger, the land raider can only take. You know, yes. <laughs> so, so used to Spartan yes yeah, so yeah. used to Spartan size uh, then in my fast attack I've taken a land speeder squadron uh, two land speeders um, both with two hunter killer missiles and multi melters so nice. a bit of anti-tank there um, just uh-huh. popping around deep striking knocking out some tanks hopefully um, yep. in my heavy support I've gone with an artillery tank squadron and put in a whirlwind um, cool. just a single whirlwind because, um, you know, hopefully can sit back and send out some anti-infantry infantry fire. Um, probably won't do very much, but, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, 75 points, you know. Yeah, it's 75 points. Um, then we've got a Predator Strike Armoured Squadron. That's, that's got two Predators in it, both with yeah. Armoured Ceramite, both with Dozer Blades, uh, Lads Cannon Sponsons and the Predator Cannon. Yeah. So that's two two tank squad. And then we've got a Vindicator, single Vindicator with Armored Ceramite and the Dozer Blade. Okay. So, and then they are with, and they are Ultramarines. Um, I decided to go with Ultramarines. Um, they aren't taking a right of war, though. Okay. So, overall, personally, I kind of think I should have gone with a, um, a Master of Signal instead of a Praetor. And then maybe okay. I could have sa- spent the points saved on Machine Spirits for my Predators. Well, I guess the thing is, I mean, it wouldn't look out of place, would it? Let's be honest. You know, that's a fairly standard list, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, that wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't look at that twice, I don't think. If you turn yeah. up with what those units that you have, nobody would go, oh, no, that's all plastic. You know, that's the, the, the only issue is and, to solve the transport issue for the Praetor. Uh, yes. As I said, my, my, my personal gut feeling will be to put him in the support squad as a... Um, as a master of signal, but then again, master yeah. of signal can't be the HQ choice. No, you're not Ooh, that way. Yeah, so um, I mean, you could like say maybe 
drop the player squad down to nine um, and have him as a, I think you can have a siege breaker, is it? You can have it, it can be a Oh, yeah. Get them tank hunter. Tank hunter, maybe change them to Mel's yeah. guns. The only little middle I would have is the fact that you are having to go slightly off piste into the world of eBay to get those plasma guns. Yes. Um, so it's the plastic, and, but. It's, it is. Couldn't just take this, you could just go and buy this from one place if they were for being pedantic. And I'd probably have to do some... And, some... and Graham is feeling pedantic. This yeah, evening. I'd probably I have totally to do am. quite a bit I'm of modding. Totally yeah, because of the Iron Warriors jibes that I got at the last one. Yeah, I'd, right. I'd probably have to do a bit of modding on the, the Chaplin model to turn him into a Siege Breaker. So I suppose, you know, you can take the Thunderhammer from the Mark III kit, pop that on him. Well, you know, I mean, the Siege doesn't have any weapons per se. No, I suppose not. He just always looks good in a thund- with a Thunderhammer. He looks great. With thunder. <laughs> who, who doesn't look good with a Thunderhammer? Yeah, but we can, we can do some. We can make some changes to him. Um, and has he got a, has he got a crow, crow, Yeah, yeah. As I said, there'd, there'd have to be some. Yeah, there'd need to be quite a, a bit of modification, but it's okay. doable. It's doable, and it would look good as an Ultramarines with the cloak right. and the um, and the um, the helmet crest. Okay, so. I agree. Um, yeah, so that's my list. And so you nominate the next person. Um, I think I want to hear from Chris. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <coughs> like, just rub their hands together with. <clears throat> it's fine because after your little hissy fit earlier, I've, I've made changes. So it's fine. Oh, you made changes. Just, you know, I've, I've made one change. Yeah. I just, um, should, we, should we explain what I already made? The document. rummaging for bits. I already made the PDF. We'll come on to you later. <laughs> Oh, I've got rid of that as well. Um, yeah. So the hissy fit was that uh, when I posted my list up to my colleagues to examine, uh, Chris quite rightly pointed out that at that point in time I had a dreadnought with two las cannons uh, left and right. And he was like, well, where are you going to get that second las cannon from, brother of mine? And I was like, it's in my bits box. In the slightly, you know, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. You can only get, you can't get them. Um, nope. And then Chris posted his list which included two whirlwind scorpuses, much to my amusement and surprise. Uh, so, after my, you know, and I think Michael even mentioned it in the notes earlier, uh, that the whirlwind scorpius doesn't, it can't be proxied for by a normal whirlwind. He had to have a little bit of a reason. Yes, that's so That's where we are with that one. So, it, a change was made, of course. And that's, that's fine. I, mean, I suppose you could, but it's a completely different model. Yeah. I think, I think that the hunter... Like I said, the Hunter, you possibly could get away with because there's no, it's not an equivalent model and on the battlefield. So somebody could look at that army and go, that Hunter, what is it? Oh, it's a Scorpius, right? Whereas if you're playing against somebody and you're saying these whirlwinds are really Scorpiuses, people could look at it and go, I think they're whirlwinds and forget that they're Scorpiuses. I don't think so I'd use, I don't think I'd use the Hunter. I'd use the Stalker. Yeah, I no, I think, I think it'd be Whirlwind or nothing. I think the Hunt has got, it's got a different aesthetic to it. That's yeah, very different aesthetic. I, I would go for the Stalker if I was going to use this proxy um, for it. I would, use, I would use a Stalker, which is the same kit, but it looks... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same kit. It's got those sort of three, can, three barreled cannons at the top. Yeah. Still a bit... Mm, but that, that would be the only one I would consider using. Um, for I think it's okay. So let's put it this Would you, if we, yeah, could, would you use that? I mean, actually, it's not too far away. Would you allow that at company legends? That's the that's the question. As a whirlwind scorpius. As a whirlwind scorpius. 
Um, no, it depends. It de- <laughs> I think it depends. It can't I, be confused for anything else. Yeah, it can't be confused for anything else. I think it would come down to how much else is the other is the is the guy. Um, how, how, you know, are his, the rest of his models mostly appropriate? Yeah. I think it depends because if you just want a proxy in a hunter, I mean, uh, sorry, a stalker. I mean, it's still forty quid. You know, how much is a D- is. Damios um, whirlwind Scorpius? A very good point. Yeah. It, it, it depends. I mean, if he's had one sitting around from his days as a 40k player, or even in his 40k army, then, you know... Yeah. I guess it, right. de- it, de- it depends on the uh, actual amount uh, of other stuff in his army that's appropriate. If that's the... If someone own... turns up with a 40k army trying to claim it's heresy, then I think that's... that's I think you're right, there because it's, it's that, that's the thing, I think. You know, it's it's got multiple barrels. It's you know, it does look like it could shoot in an yeah. artillery like fashion. It's, it's fifty seven. It's fifty seven quid for a for a whirlwind Scorpius. So I think you're right. Insofar as if somebody rocked up with their forty k ultramarines army, you know, with Mark Seven armor or whatever, and said, "Ah, oh, this is my heresy army," you're right. In the scheme of things, you'd be a bit. Mm-hmm. You'd give them a cold hard stare until they left the building quietly. You know, we did have that at one company of legends. We did have a player who came along um, with a forty um, k army. It was a Raptors army um, using all the heresy equipment, but this person had literally just moved to the country um, yeah. and had. He, I mean, it was a beautiful painted army. He played it as with the appropriate rules um, for Raven Guard. Um, and he apologised to all his opponents beforehand, and he literally stepped in to fill a gap um, that we had. So, um, it's it was kind of like I know some people. I know we had a comment from one person like, "Why is that here?" And it's sort of like, well, actually, he's playing appropriately. Um, yeah, and I think I remember the army as well. So I think it is horses, of course, like you say, how. Um, as long as it's easily distinguishable on the battlefield and you're not kind of... You couldn't get an advantage out of that model by getting, being confused with something else. I'm kind of generally okay with it, but I think also it does depend on... And as long as you're not paying the points for a normal whirlwind and then claim, yeah, using yeah, that model and then claiming it as a... Yeah, I think with this particular... I think with this particular one, it's, yeah. it's, it comes down for me, what's the rest of the army like? I think you could, you know what, with, a little, with very little effort with a bit of plastic card, I think you could make a sufficient conversion that to make it look like a bit like a world score. It's a bit more than the company does, but that's just my idea. So I'm 50-50 on that. It's out of my list now. <laughs> okay, so, so shall we, what, what is in your list then, Chris? What is in my list? So I've gone for Space Wolves mm. using the Prospero box uh, as, my, as my base. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So my HQ slots. Mm. I have... Um, Gagor Hell-Handed. Yep. Yes. I have two Legion Centurions. Mm-hmm. Both in Terminator armor. Right. One is a cha- uh, one is a champion. They both have um, pairs of lightning torques. Nice. Okay. So I take um, it they're just converted from plastic. So they're just the Tartarus. Oh, Tartarus. Yeah. Okay. Um, so using the five Tartarus terminators and then so using the five ter- yeah. So yeah, two okay. of those are being turned into centurions. Because nice. by 
Space Wolves, they have to have a certain amount of HQs for they the amount So, yeah, every... Uh, I can't remember now, but... Yeah, it's every sort of 500 points to 1,000 points, they have to have a, an extra HQ, basically, for that volume of points. So yeah, every part of 2,500 points. points, I've got to have three HQs for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so those are my three, three HQs, so yeah. Um, very Lightning Claw-heavy. Um, lightning Claw is the theme of this army, basically. Um, which I doubt is a surprise to anyone. <laughs> okay, so I've well. got two uh, Contemptor Cortices mm-hmm. and two Contemptor Mortis Dreadnoughts. Okay. So with the... So I'm buying... I'd buy four Contemptor... Uh, four Contemptors individually. And then out of those four boxes, make these two, make these four dreadnoughts by swapping parts around. Okay, I'm curious as to why you wouldn't just buy two betrayal and the Burning of Prospero box sets. Because you... Burning of because Prospero doesn't come with a terminate with the dreadnought. Oh, you're right. It just comes with yes. I'll shut up. I get, get all the custodes and the sisters of silence that I'm never going to go through. So I've only bought one Prospero box set. One Prospero box set. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, then so yeah, using, buying these four terminate these four dreadnoughts, using the four, using all the component parts of all four to make, yeah, because um, you only get one assault cannon in each box, um, whereas you do get the fit. So yeah, I'd, I'd be using the, yeah. the, the composite, composite parts out of four to make two, um, two, two that I want. So yeah, yeah two courses, two mortis to add a bit of um, air support, yeah, uh, anti air, and you know, yeah. everyone loves a mortis dreadnought. Everybody does. Everybody does indeed. Um, a seven-man Terminator squad. So I'd buy another oh. box set, of, box yes. of Terminators. I like it, and use the the ones you got left over from converting. Yeah. Yeah. So buy another box of five, uh, and then I've still got three left over from the ones that I got originally. Yeah. So seven Terminators and the Sergeant. Sorry, so an eight-man Terminator squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All with lightning claws. Cool. Wow. Told you. I've got a theme. Definitely a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three Grey Slayer squads. Okay. That's your 30 guys from... That's my 30 guys from the Calf box set. Yep. Um, None of them have any transports. They are just running across the battlefield like five crazy... like 30 crazy guys. But a pack of... You know, I want them to... I want this army to feel like a pack of wolves moving across the fit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So, so what are they equipped with? Sorry? What are they equipped with? Um, they've just got their standard um, kit out. The the Herskull has got a lightning claw mm-hmm. and melted bombs, but the rest of them have just got their very basic... So just um, chainsaws equipment. and combat blades. Uh, oh, they do also as well. have um, additional bolters as well. I do pay the two coins <coughs> for each one. Yeah, easy got by the bolters. Just yeah. to make the use of the the kits, basically. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so you've got... ones get a special wall for running as well, don't they? Yes. Like, yeah, they can they can fire their bolters and. That's right. Okay. And charge. Oh. So that's three of the four troop choices I've got. So I've got another uh, troop choice. Which is a five-man uh, support squad. So okay. I use three of the um, weapons that you get with 
the 30s guys um, in the cow's box by another squad of marines um, to get that four special weapon. So I've got four with either plasma guns or melt guns and then give the sergeant um, close combat weapon and a bolt pistol um, just so mm-hmm. it And then put those guys in a rhino just so they were my replacement for my my yes. whirlwinds. Okay. <clears throat> Very good. Um, but then, yeah, so you could have them with melters if you wanted to. Yeah. Because um, the points would be the same. But yeah, plasma and melter wouldn't really make a lot of difference. I just went for plasma. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a lot of AP2 stuff in this this particular list. Yeah. Um, and to my fast attack choices, I've got two land speeders. Mm-hmm. Both yeah. individually, not in not in the squadron, just two in individually, yep. um, with hunter-killer missiles and multi-melters. Mm-hmm. Both kits out the same. And then my final option is a predated armoured strike squadron, um, all with armoured ceramite, uh, the predator cannons, and last cannon spontons. How many in the squad? Uh, three. Three. Nice. And that is a total of 2,496 points. Good I think it's making use of as much of the calf boxes you can without without going custodes yeah. and yeah, yeah. No, it was it was difficult because there was a there was a, a moment where I wavered earlier and you know just chuck <laughs> five custodes in there just because I, I you know yeah that's what my soul tells me but I think yeah it's a quite a, it's a themey army as opposed to a practical army. It is. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of AP two. I'm not going to be able to chew through terminators particularly easily because I've given the terminator squad um, wall uh, lightning claws. But yeah, I think that will still look good though. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Cool. Charge for us about howling at the enemy is very cool. And what what about you, Graham? Well, so I I went not unsurprisingly given my background for a armour breakthrough list um, just yeah, it's doable. so um, just can it be done and I asked myself and yes it can so to be fair the aspects of this that I, I pinched off somebody which was uh, Chris Vick, um Iron Hands Army that I played on the 30k channel oh yes he used a lot of predators I thought that was very really cool um, at the time so I thought oh you know, predators sorry he used a lot of land raiders in his army and they were the four drill ones plastic ones I thought we could do something around that so and a classic armour breakthrough using all plastic so what I've gone for is uh, Master of Armour from HQ mm-hmm. and so that's a Predator uh, Armour Ceramite the Blessed Auto Simulacra Rule which is a it's a whole point back on six Dozer Blade Heavy Bolter Last Cannons um, so that's you know the normal Predator I've given it Armour Ceramite just so it's a little bit more survivable because it is the only HQ I've got and then uh, in the elite section, I've gone for two uh, Cortis Contempt of Dreadnoughts. These would be bought individually. Um, and I must admit, I hadn't thought about doing the trick that you two both picked up on, which is um, swapping the kits over. So one's close combat and one's with carrier's pattern. Um, didn't think about that, so it's good that um, that comes out. So I've got two of those in a squad, um, both with Dreadnought close combat weapons all round. So they're basically um, fully close combat just to give us a little bit of fighting chance if something yep. gets a bit too close for comfort. 
Um, I've also put in the uh, a normal Dreadnought, uh, not a Mortis Dreadnought, uh, with the last cannon and the Power Fist combo, because, you know, box Dreadnoughts need to come back into the game, I feel. And they're plastic. <laughs> and then for the troop choices, I have got five Predator tanks uh, in individual squads, effectively, so five individual troop choices, um, all the same, all with the Blessed Autos from Mapura rule. Those are blades, heavy bolts, sponsons, and the proto cannons, all exactly the same. So five of them, easy peasy. And then fast attack again, I think like everybody else, I've gone for two land speeders. I have given them heavy bolters and multi motors, so mm-hmm. I don't know whether the plastic kit lets you do that. I guess you could put the un- whether you can have an underslung multi melter and a heavy bolter on top. I think you get a heavy bolter with it. I'm pretty sure you get a heavy bolter. I'm pretty sure you get a heavy bolter with it as well as a. Um, uh, as it. as well as a yeah, um, just... the multi melter goes on the the guys using it, isn't he? And then there is something that goes underneath. Yeah, I'm not sure because I remember there used to be like a metal thing, a metal add-on that you bought for the auto. Well, you you got a uh, you got an auto. Yeah, there's an auto cannon that goes underneath. So I suppose there's an assault cannon that goes. Assault cannon. Yeah, that's right. Not an auto cannon. Assault cannon, heavy flame, and a typhoon missile launcher. I suppose with uh, some multi melter and a heavy bolter. So I suppose so with I some conversion front. work, it's yeah, a little bit doable. Yeah, perfectly so, doable. Heavy bolters and multi melters uh, on both of them. So, like I say, same reason everybody else. A bit of speed there, a bit of deep striking. You know, if you came across a knight, for example, the knights don't get on particularly well with multi-melters, so that would be quite cool. Um, so that's why I've got them in there. And then for my heavy support, sure, it's the meat and potatoes, as it were. Um, so what I've got is I've actually um, brought in... Um, what have, what have I'm going to think of this, Michael. Where's mine gone? <sighs> just step over. Um, so I've got a battle squadron of land raiders with nobody inside them. So these are just three Land Raiders, because they were cool as plastic, obviously. Um, yep. Land Raider Phobius is the Laz Cannons, Swansons. Again, Blessed Auto Simulacra, which is actually tops up to 10 points a model. Um, and Dozer Blades, uh, obviously it's got twin heavy bolter, but also give them mel- multi-melters on each one as well. Um, as a top mounting weapon. So oh, pretty cool. effective little squad there. Um, Heart of the Earth, <coughs> Armour 14 all round. And then uh, I've got a squadron of three Vindicators, all with the Demolisher Cannons, uh, all with the big Dozer Blades, all in the mark. <coughs> so basically, it's a, all of the plastic tanks in the world. Oh, uh, that's perfectly uh, doable. Hands, that'd be very viable. Um, yeah. The Iron Hands are a good, I think, a good um, legion, and they certainly fit thematically for having a big armoured company um, kind of approach. And you know, with all the machinery and stuff, so I think Iron Hands and Armor Breakthrough are, you know, they do go very closely together, and uh, I think this would be reasonably effective. I think it, it would hold yeah. its own, and Definitely. It's, you know, it, it does lack any anti-aircraft, but there's you know there's plenty of guns in there for just trying to shred things just by sheer volume and numbers. So mm. I wouldn't say it's it's not it's quite a difficult army to beat. I think so. It might be a bit overpowered, but and yeah. It's doable. And, in that armor 14 in those you know, for those land raiders really makes the... Yeah, I mean, the thing I tried to do was to have an army where I could just go and buy everything off the shelf. Yeah, I, was, I think... Just go to Games Workshop website, or, or Element Games website, actually, and buy this stuff and get it delivered. And you can make an army fairly quickly. You're not fiddling about with infantry. You can spray them black. You can make a nice line 
and it's been fairly straightforward. We could be up and running in a fairly quick amount of time. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. I think that's a really effective list. Probably the most effective out of there. So, in terms of effectiveness, okay. So, what, what do you guys start, think? Start from, so, let's start with theme first because that's how we, we should do it. So, in terms of theme, oh yeah, I think that Chris's list is the most thematic. Mm, I'm split between you two. I, I definitely. Yeah, I I don't know because yeah, I, I think Michael's is quite uh, as an ultramarine list. It is a, it's a good ultramarine list, if that makes yeah. sense. We'll try to go for a little bit of everything. Yeah, yes, you're, you're covering all the bases. Yeah. Um, which I think, yeah, as an ultramarine. I'm, I'm, I'm going for, I'm going for Graham. No offense, Chris. I'm going to say that it's on that, on theme. I think we're probably all even. Yeah. For the legions that we've done, the Iron Hands, mm. the ultramarines, and the wolves I think we've probably we've all ticked the boxes for those I think for me and for, for me the, the difference is Michael's army can deal with most things my army can deal with most things yours can't so you've taken a conscious decision to handicap your army for the benefit of theme if that makes any sense so I think if, if, as, if they're all if we're saying they're all close I think we would win just by the fact that you said, actually, what I want is all of these, you know, you know yeah, I think crazies coming at you. I think that's a good point. That knack is your army, I and mean, it's not the most effective use of terms to give them um, uh, lightning cruise. So I think in that regard, yours wins because you, you've thought about how the army looks and play it on the battlefield, whereas I've always looked at you know, getting an army break for So I'm happy, personally, because of that and that, it's a differentiating factor to say that's Chris's. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. I think so, that's fair. Okay. Next is... I'll take theme. Okay, effectiveness. So in terms of being able to deal with all comers, uh, that, you know, and being able to be a viable army for the investment you've put into it without having to add stuff to it quite quickly, which of those three do we think stands up? I think yours, Graham. I mean, we know how successful armored breakthrough lists are. We do. Um, I mean, it has got some weaknesses. I mean, the the growth of things like termites, for example, um, will. It's got nothing to intersect with. But I think in the current meta, as we tend to see it, you could put those two and a half thousand points down on the board. Yeah. And you would probably win three out of five. Maybe four out of five games. At two and a half thousand points, I think you're probably right. Um, I th- and if we're not having to, we're talking about not having to add additional. Yep. I mean, there are for Michael's to work. Maybe there needs to be a few more vehicles, if that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Um, just a bit more armor in there. I don't know really. Sure, that vindicator squadron is going to really hurt someone. Yeah. Um, I, I would go. I mean, we know how successful Armored Breakthrough is. I would go Armored Breakthrough. Yeah, okay. I'm with you on that one. I've got to say, I would probably not disagree because it, is, but it isn't mine. I think that it, it can hold its own at that point level. In fact, it's probably at that point level a bit scary really, because that's a lot of armor to shoot. Through. Yeah, I think if, I mean, if, if someone put that down at two and a half thousand points if I was paying my fists or my custodes, I would, I would have a hard time 
cracking that nut. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice tough list. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. What about price? Alex, so- normally, Michael, it's your job to bring the crazy hard list. <laughs> Um, what about cost? Go on then, so what's your scores on the doors? Uh, I have so to I, s- I have to split it. Yeah, so um where did I run this down? Okay, so like, I've got mine to hand, so shall I Yeah, go on, Chris. Shall I go first? So from Games Workshop yep. my army would cost four hundred and sixty four pounds and fifty pence. Okay. From Element Games, you'd be looking at just, I think, just about £400 uh, on the money. Wow. Um, because I think when I costed it up earlier, I didn't think they had contemptors available. Right. And if they do and the cost that they are, that saves about uh, another 20 quid off my things. So, yeah, it's about 400 about pretty much £400. So. Okay. Two and a half thousand points, four hundred quid. I think it's not too bad. That isn't bad, is it? What about you, Michael? Um, for me, I've got to split it again between Games Workshop and Element Games. I've got everything from Element Games apart from a Whirlwind and Land Raider because they're direct only, um, yep. and they are eighty quid um, from Games Workshop, and then another two hundred seventy-one ninety-eight from um, from GW. So that is I'm terrible at maths. Three fifty um, odd. Yeah, yeah, I'll get the exact figure. But I've got to go spending money on eBay um, for plasma guns, and they are at least one fifty. Um, yeah, three fifty one ninety eight for my for my list. Uh, plus okay. plus, however much it costs me for seven plasma guns. So if we assume that they they are one fifty each still, which is how much I bought my last my last lot for. Um, so one fifty times I need seven. That's another tenner. Ten. So we're looking at about three sixty three sixty three. Okay. So that just leaves me then. Yeah. That need, yeah. Okay. So, so there's a lot of vehicles in there that you've got to buy individually. I'm just adding up what it comes to just from every game so two minutes, guys. So that is so obviously my army is not cheap. Uh, I regret to tell you. Um, it's not the first time, is it? Let's be honest. We're not. No. Uh, and then if I put that in, so the predators. So there's six predators. The three vindicators, two land speeders, the um, three contemptors, um, the dreadnought. I think from Element Games comes in at four hundred and twelve pounds twenty-four. Plus, I would have to go to Games Workshop to pick up the land rate, which is another hundred and thirty-five. On top of that, giving you a scarily high total of around five hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> so you know, at that point, pay to, pay to win, don't you? Pay to win. At that point, you're thinking, mm, actually, maybe I would go to Forgeworld and get some proper beer, because it doesn't save you a huge amount of money. But then, I guess if you might have replicate that army in resin oh, you, I mean it would be thousands so you know if you look at it that way you know it's a, it's a big um, to do that army in resin you know, using the armor Proteus using the Demus Pattern Predators using the Demus Pattern Vindicators the, the Contemptors you know the only things that you would get then would be the Landspeeder and the Dreadnought 
even then you could probably get the dreadnought from Forge World if you wanted to go crazy, it would be well over £1,500, I think. Yeah. So you could get this arm today from Element Games and with the Lambos coming from um, Games Workshop for £540, which is you know, not a bad thing to do if you have £540 worth of arm breakthroughs. However, we have a clear winner, don't we, in that regard? We do. Which I think it was you, wasn't it, Chris? Or was it no, you? it was Michael. Yeah, yeah, mine turned out to be the cheapest. Pounds. Wow. 360. Yeah, five. Good, 50 quid. Goodness. Yeah, so, theme was was Chris. Yep. The was me, and cost was Michael. Yeah. So we have a proper tie. Good old fashioned. So I don't think we, can, we can't put a cigarette paper between us. This will have to go to a public vote. So let's get the experts involved again. Yes, let's get it. Let's see what people think. So I think we will have to put this to our public. So if you are listening to this, uh, we'll put something on the Facebook page and you can contribute to what you think out of those three armies that we've described. Um, fits the bill for a plastic heresy army. Okay. okay. Cool. Good work, guys. That was good fun actually doing that. I've got to say, it was yeah, a challenge. The thing that I like about... Like, it was difficult for this one. Mm. Um, but what I like is that we've we've all come up with different things we've got a really small model selection to pick from if that makes sense yes we've all come up with a very I mean mine and Michael's are very infantry heavy we've all duplicated certain things but we've all got very different ideas in mind hmm yeah I think that's I think if people you know listening to the show and they're maybe they're thinking about getting into heresy and they're thinking I can't necessarily afford the Forge World stuff you can come up with some really good ideas just using the, the Games Workshop plastic stuff that's available. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the uh, day, you can always upgrade to Forge World stuff later on. Yeah, just do um, bit, bits and pieces. But I mean, um, to think about it, you know, Michael's army was, what, £350 or something? Um, yeah, 350 360 Yeah, for a 2,500 point heresy army that would look perfectly fine in any game. It's not that bad, is it, compared no. to what you're playing all good. Yeah. It's all good. Okay, so let's have a look at what events are coming up. Mm. Okay, guys, now it's time to have a look at what events are coming up, um, you know, for you to game or do uh, other stuff at. And um, if we haven't mentioned an event, it's because it's either all sold out, its tickets aren't yet on sale... Um, as always, we keep a list of events on our website, so you can always keep an eye on that. And if you want us to shout out your event, drop us a message on Facebook or email therush at edgeofempire.co.uk. So looking at gaming events, um, there are a couple of new ones. Um, so let's, let, let's start with the 29th of July, which is today. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, right. Based on when this is released. Uh, Betrayal at Arsis in Brighton. Um which Chris isn't going to, even though he's down there. It's a, it's a, a starties only event. I yes. That's the reason yes. I wasn't going. That's what it was. I, you know, I don't like why. it when events do that. Limit the armies that can come. <coughs> you know, when they say no knights, no, no, um, no custodies. It's almost like you know we're a valid part of the part of the heresy. So, they, so. Um, like Zone Mortalis is a big part of this, I believe. So that's probably why they're doing it because knights and things aren't going to fit in as Zone Mortalis board. You know, if it's Zone Mortalis, that's cool, but you know. Custodes yeah. are still viable in Dome Mortalis. 
Oh, they'd be brutal in Zemortalis. They would, but they're a valid part of the army, just yeah, like no, Solar Auxilia and Militia. Think, if, um, yeah, if, if the fists are in a better organised at this point, I would probably I would have yep. thought about it. It's a nice one-day event just down the road from me, really. So. Excellent. Yeah, they're just not in a position to. Then on the eleventh of August, there's the Radiance of the Dead Crown uh, up at Wellingborough. I like the title. Yeah, tonight it's a nice title. Um, I think that's a that's a Green from the Warp event. Um, they had a huge one um, um, earlier on in the year, which is like sixty odd people. This one's limited to forty people, so um, I don't know who. I don't know. You know, I think they still got places left. So um, they run a great event, I'm told. So. And do delicious food. So go if you want to, if you want a great event with delicious food. Um, and then the 12th of August, there's the Lattice Prolium Heresy Campaign Day in South Shields, which Graham's going to. I'm going to try and get to. Um, it looks like I might miss it simply because I get paid a day after the, um, the uh, deadline for getting payment in. But I'll, I'm going to message him later and see if I can sort that out. Um, ah, cheers, Graham. Um, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I've not been to the South Shields pub, so I, uh, not... I did meet the guy at the at the bring and buy sale I went to. The, I um, keep meaning to go, but I never get round to it. But we'll go. Um, it should be quite good. I, I think it's got some good ideas, so um, we'll see how we get on. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't like the Lord of War restriction, but you know what? If that's that's the way their club plays, cool with me. Yeah, I think that's exactly. Yeah, everyone's got the same restriction. It's not like they've hobbled. Um, custodies by saying right you can only have 80% of your points um, they just said Lord of War only one game and that's cool yeah, I'm, I'm taking it as a very low level um, sort of heresy game rather than tomorrow I think yeah. 18th of August there is the Shadow Wars campaign day um, at Warhammer World so that's using that's the heresy Shadow Wars rules which um, I don't know them they're like Kill Team aren't they yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like a sort of squad skirmish game, you know, where you've got your individual characters and they're building an outfit and it just sound very interesting. And I must admit, I was quite tempted to see if I could have got down there, but uh, this event went well for that. It's essentially yeah. using um, Necromunda rules, original Necromunda rules. Okay. So, okay. yeah. And then the 7th of September, it's the Invasion of Lanar um, 4, which is the, um, the, the Games Workshop Heresy. Um, event. I don't know why I've included that in there. I think it's all sold out. If I if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's all crazy. yeah, it's sold out. So I don't know why we included that there. But <clears throat> I think next show, I think we ought to have a look at their. Um, I think we ought to talk about in the next show, the um, the Scout Force games, because that is yeah. interesting. So I think I'd like to bring that up next next show if that's yeah. okay with you guys. It's, a, it's like their variation on. Um, the Centurion, Centurion is slightly it, yeah. more descriptive, or slightly, in some ways you can allow more stuff, in some ways you take stuff away. So, quite yep. an interesting take on that thing. Yeah. Um, and then um, we've got on the 22nd of September, it's All Out War, the Burning of Ophidian. I've just seen that go up the other day. Um, it's a London event by the London mm-hmm. Warhammer Gaming Guild. Um, I, I think they're the same guys who do the um, London GT. So, okay. weren't they the ones who gave the supplied some of the scenery for um, there? Is um, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's a, I, I think they're the same. 
I think it's the same group. Um, it's I don't know. I've not really looked into it properly, okay. but it's the it's the same logo as the London GT um, design. So it it's okay. very similar. I, I either way, it it, it it could be cool. There's five. There's uh, ten spaces left. Um, five on each side as of right now. Um, it is um, it's a Centurion event. Um, Three thousand points aside. Um, so no super heavies, no Primarchs, no Lord of War. Um, Swiss pairings after the first round. Okay. So that looks like an interesting day. Um, it's at the Seven Dials Club in um, in uh, on Irwin Street. I forget what part of London that is. It's near the Pineapple Dance Studio. I know that much because I can see it on the map here. Common Garden. Common Garden. Right there. Yeah, it's just... Um, is there a nice Mexican place around there, actually? Just went around. I don't know it's called now. There's a few nice Mexican places yeah, around there. Yeah, there's a nice Mexican restaurant around one from that that there's quite a few nice nice places around around there so um yeah anyway um yeah so that's that's a new event that's going on that's costing 15 quid a ticket i think it's quid, oh 15 quid per person so 30 quid a team okay <coughs> oh sorry i'll edit that out oh bloody hell. sorry guys um then 28th of september it's company of legends um i think we've i think we those. i think we filled all the spaces now yeah, I think we have. We're just waiting on a couple of payments from people. Um, it's not far away, is it? Scary no. close. Scary yeah, close. I've, I've started August on the terrain. So. I've started on the terrain painting. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's get this. Yeah. Let's get this recorded. Then audio record. Yeah. So we're playing some changes on this one. One of the things that, well, the feed, not one of the feed, that's one of the things we felt we can do very well at the March event was communicate the story particularly well. And so uh, what we're trying to do with this one is uh, actually pre-record all of the narrative bits um, so people can listen to them. I'm not quite sure if we can just play them or whether we just let people listen to them at their own time. Um, I think we might play them. Um, yeah. And we can always put them on Facebook so people can listen to them mm. that aren't necessarily at the event so they can hear how the story's progressing. We're going to be recording uh, one side of the story. I'm going to be yep. recording another side of the story and Michael's going to be narrating the story. If that sense. So, um, yes, I think that's... We've got yeah. past this September event, we'll be able to put all of the stuff that we could put so that we can see the full story um, and like you say, Chris, we could put the audio up there as well if people want to listen to it. Um, yeah. Just to uh, just to give you the idea of what we did and how the story could have gone and what the different parts were and how crazy this could have gone and how, you know, what we don't know how the, this event's going to plan out as either, so it's all quite exciting. I think this time yeah. we are going to play though, so myself, Chris and well, the day we're going to play, so yeah. we'll have to see how that goes. We need to basically get our operation, our game ops stuff, um, really slick if we're going to do that. So um, it's going to be cool. Yeah, can't, I'm really forward to it, actually. Can't. Yeah, yeah. Can't be in the September. Can't come quick enough. I think. In in, in one way that I'm looking forward to going to the event, seeing people playing games again. The other part is, oh god, it's nearly September. We need to, we need to get a wriggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we've done tons of the work already for the first event, so there isn't a huge amount of change, is there? In terms of you know, all of the narrative, all of the story, all of that's done. We just need to do a little bit of um, tidying up here and there in that regard. Um, I think we've, in terms of the catering and the rest of it, that's all in hand, isn't it, Michael? We're not going to have a meal on the Saturday night, but right? it's different difference between this and March when people can sort themselves out. Yeah. takeaways which we have nothing to do with after the Harmo gate we'll um, we'll coordinate 
everything. So we'll we'll try and make sure it's all it's all cool. You know, we'll 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 put in the order. I need to speak to a takeaway about sorting it out, um, and we will we'll do we'll do. I'm, I've got to speak to some people about the reviews, and we'll sort out a mass order for a certain time. So it'll all be good. It'll be work this time. Um, so um, looking forward to it. I must admit, Chris yeah. is right. It's a good weekend, and um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I've got a bunch of terrain to paint, so <laughs> um, which I don't mind because we're building up a terrain collection. We're doing some for the club, uh, Durham Raiders. That is in exchange for um, borrowing the rest of the terrain, and um, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, I've ramaged around those bits. Like, oh yes, you've got some I've, bits. I've, I've, I've found some more. Um, as well, so I'll, I'll, we'll sort out get them sent up. Yeah, I'll, I'll base coat them black for you to save you a bit of time. Cheers, dude. Um, I'll charge you extra. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 20th of October, it's Tarsus 4 at the end of the world. At the end, all there is is vengeance. That's in Cheltenham. Tickets to that went on sale yesterday if you're listening to this on day of release. So I can't guarantee there'll be any left because the Tarsus events do sell out quite quickly. They do. Is that Geno 52 run? Geno 52, yeah. They um, run. I think a lot of people would say they run some of the best events out there. We 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 compete with them and um, 30k Frontier for I the best one. I don't um, compete per se, do you? No, I think everybody yeah, adds something. It's just they they it's just that every time someone comes to ours, they say best heresy event ever. Then someone then they go to theirs and best heresy event ever, and then they go to 30k Frontier best event ever, and we have to keep recapturing that title. I think you're right. It's a good thing actually that everybody's. I mean the effort. You know, you think well, we put a lot of effort into it. And then you see what other people do and think, crikey. You oh, I mean? yeah. 30 Cage Frontiers is a, is a full multimedia presentation, yeah. which yeah. You know, makes it recording audio. So, um, yeah, just to give you some idea. So, speaking of 30 Cage Frontier, they've got an event in Nottingham. I don't know if it's sold out yet. They're not as hot on updating Facebook um, when with their event stuff. It's very basic information on Facebook. So, if you want a ticket, get in contact with them. It's 27th of October. That's at the Jury's Inn in Nottingham. And then the 2nd of November, it's Blood and Glory. Now, our event hasn't had tickets go on sale yet. I'm going to be doing the event pack. I, the event pack should be out Monday. Um, and tickets will hopefully go on sale shortly afterwards. They actually added another 50 tickets um, because they took some away from 40k. Um, and gave some more tickets to Age of Sigma and Heresy, both of which sold out very quickly. And I was speaking to Greg at the Forge World weekend, uh, not weekend, open day. Um, well, you you were involved in that conversation, I think, as well, Graham. Weren't you? He's disappeared momentarily. Oh, he's disappeared. Okay. Anyway, basically, Graham uh, and I were speaking with Greg, and the they believe, and and the guys at Blood and Glory believe that the reason why. Um, uh, the the 40k isn't selling out as much is because obviously you've got bad dice fronting the Age of Sigma. They're big names in Age of Sigma, yeah. um, so they're able to sell out their event. And in terms of um, Horus Heresy, you've got Greg and the Imperial Truth doing um, doing that. So again, good reputation, able to sell to the community really easy. 40k doesn't really have that kind of personality sort of push behind it, so. Um, Greg thinks and that the, the reason why 40k isn't selling as much is because a people are a little bit wary after London GT well, and yeah, that's the thing is it? it's got a bit yeah. of a rep now and at the same time it doesn't have that personality or podcast or group whatever behind it pushing it 
That's a good point, actually. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. So, there's lots of people compete for that space as well, isn't it? In terms of public care, it's just a lot of hosting pieces on just things. Yeah. Yeah, um, so the, I think they're different creatures. D- yes, very different creatures. Because heresy events tend to be narrative events. Yes. People go for the stories, <coughs> play story, people go for play 40k for that competitive side of things. Yeah. And unless it's, uh, I guess, unless it holds some sort of prestige to it, maybe people aren't that bothered. Well, I, I have noticed that, um, that, that, in, well, I still keep an eye on the 40k. So I still play 40k. I'm not going to lie, um, and I still keep an eye on the 40k scene. Um, mm. And it seems to me, at least as, as an outsider, because I don't really play competitively, that yeah, sure. that less established and newer events um, are not are suddenly not getting the kind of ticket sales that they would have gotten six months ago. Um, okay. Whereas established events like the Caledonian. Um, events over at Element Games, um, they are selling out just as rapidly, if not more, than before. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of trust lost in the community um, for 40k, but whether that's the case or not, I don't know. As I said, I'm very much on the outside. I'm only I doing one 40k tournament this year, and that's only because it's it's at my club. Yeah. Um, it's free games. It's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, you know. Okay. Drew's, Drew's organising it, so... I think that the writing so far is, you know, we review other people's events that we go to, they review our events, and, you know, that then generates its own um, kind of marketing, really. Yeah. Doesn't it? People listen yeah. to our podcast, listen to other podcasts, and they we, you know, if you trust what we tell you, and that we're not going you know, to lie, which we don't, then, you know, I think actually, you know, Blood and Glory, for example, a lot of people said, when the tickets come, say, well, that was that the event you were talking about last year that you really enjoyed. Well, like, I think, yeah, that um, like Joe, um, who came to Comedy Legends in March, he'd heard about it from Sons of Heresy podcast. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, you know, something is whether they have that for forty k thing. You know, people people are taking more of a risk because it's not known. Like you say, like, or at least paraphrasing what Greg Greg said. The newer events, the unknown events, aren't going to get have the same cachet as you know, the well-established ones. Yeah, no. I think it's, I think the community needs to build up its its trust in people to run events again. I think you're right. I think the London GT had some fairly serious ramifications, didn't it? In that well, I still see. I still see jokey posts. I mean, Forty K Frontier did a um, a joke post earlier this week where they said, "Right, the terrain is done." And it was basically bits of uh, polystyrene on bits of cardboard, <laughs> unpainted. And it's sort of like, it's become a meme in itself in the community. And yeah. whether, you know, anyway, moving on. Let's, yeah. so let's, actually, do we talk about what we're going to do? Tonight? Blood and Glory. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've, we meant, we'll have an event pack out. It should be Monday. Okay. Event cool. pack will be ready. Should be Monday. Um, I will, we will obviously, I, I should have it ready. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be doing it when editing the, finishing it when editing this show. Yeah. Um and I will um then hopefully have it in your hands Friday night, Saturday morning. Yeah. And then um it and then obviously Greg and then hopefully we'll get it approved and it'll be up Monday, if not very early next week. I need to I need to finish doing that 
bit, don't I? That's, the prologue is, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't, I mean, we've done already. We've done a ton of work on this. Song, you know? I've got to say, because yeah. you know, you know, you're going to play this one, aren't you, Michael? Chris and I are going to run this. Yes, um, I'm going to play in it. I'm going to play in this one. Because we haven't been playing. You know, he's not playing in the um, uh, Iron Company Legends one, and we are, so it's Michael's turn to play. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Chris and I have been doing the story um, and the mission building and everything this week. And it's come out pretty well. And quite, the story's pretty cool, I think. Yep. And um, that's it. We're just going to get that finalised from the prologue for the event pack that Mark put together. And then I said it to Craig, and then Craig can run it by the Blood and Glory people, and hopefully we'll get some tickets and stuff. Yep. For all you keen beans out there that. Yep. Although, yeah. to be fair. If I'd seen the, if we'd seen the Scout Force thing beforehand, we may have copied that. But I do think about it, but um, and we still technically could. I thought, um, I thought, but we announced our event first. Let's not forget. Yeah, let's not forget. <laughs> well, Centurion's been going around for you know forever, so it's not a new thing. But it will be interesting to see if Scout Force replaces Centurion, or you know, vice versa. And I wouldn't be surprised, if I'm honest with you, if they don't formalise that type of game in the next book. I hope they do, because it will be interesting. Okay, so then we've got 3rd of November, so um, same uh, weekend as uh, Blood and Glory, um, and 10th of November. Um, these are uh, more 30k Frontier, Death World, Akar Part 2, The Rakalian Wars, which is the same as the one in Nottingham. They're both in Southampton. So it's the same event, basically. A bit like what we've done with <coughs> just play them and Yeah, re- repeating it. And then you've got 23rd of November, um, which has moved. It was in October. I think it was in September originally. Um, yeah. It's moved now to um, November. It's Titan Death at Duralast Station, where Polesworth, that's the, um, the the King Fluff event. It's just for Night and Titans. It's so yeah. Getting the... Uh... Warhammer. Yeah, getting the posse out. Yeah, <laughs> but then people's going to rock up with massive war. Yeah, yeah. I, I've only got I've only got knights that could take that on. So I've got four knights and a titan. Mm. So maybe together we could combine a force. And, and Perhaps, yeah. Um, then we've got twenty fourth of November. It's a Scott Heresy event. The clearances of Durham. Um. Which, if it wasn't, you know, so close to Blood and Glory, uh, yeah, I'd probably I think about think going there because they meant to yeah, run an amazing event. Um, I think I'm going to be pushing it to get two, two events a month. Yeah. So that type of isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, then 8th of December is the Scouring of Melos, which is a Road to Terror event. Um, and that's at Element Games in Stockport. Okay. And then I'm just going to quickly mention this one here. It isn't officially announced yet, but there is a um, there is a event which Conflict Norwich are have mentioned um, in a secret group for event organisers. So I will I will put it out there as a so you can pencil a date in if this is interesting you. Um, Scouring of Costromo. It's December the first and the second, 2018. It's a dual Talus event. And Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, forty quid a ticket. They say ten to twelve people per system. So, obviously, right. running a joint system. I, I 
this is a fantastic idea and I do hope this is something the kind of thing that I would love to do at some point in the future yeah. um, mm. maybe not Zone Mortalis because you know that would require lots of Zone Mortalis systems uh, tables but which I don't have but yeah so keep the dates out there and then okay. 8th of December it's Scouring of Melios which is the Element Games event yeah. Boat to Terra uh, 20th of January is Whack and Cheese <laughs> at the XLC Gaming Center. You know, we haven't actually mentioned this. Jody from Unremembered Heresy and the XLC. They are, the XLC are opening a small gaming center in Northampton. Um, I believe this, this month or is it next month? Um, whack not for, and cheese. Yeah, whack that and cheese. Genius. Yeah, it is, it is quite funny. I was just looking on the Facebook thing for it. The, 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 the header page is based, is a big lump of macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it so is. So what's this? So I assume that this is bring the worst possible list you can by its title. I yeah, it's a no hold barred heresy event. Um, it specifically says um, you should not enter if you're of a sensitive disposition or will need a hug after getting tabled. I tell you what, this is amazing because I thought about doing this. I thought actually, why don't you just have one week? And so somebody's doing it, which is good on them. Twentieth of January's near my birthday. Uh, <laughs> yeah but they've got their small gaming center um xlc gaming center um i don't think it's very big i think it's only something like four four six befores and a couple of four befores so um I know, but, but just imagine like a bring an armor break from this without feeling guilty. i know well that's you take all the shield captains all of the shield captains <laughs> um and then and then finally, the furthest out event that we've got is the 9th of March, um, 2019, uh, Dispute of oh. Iron, which is a the King Fluff event in um, in uh, Polesworth, um, which it actually looks as if they've, they've, they've sold quite a few tickets for already. Um, yeah, they've got 26 places and they sold 11 of them already. Um, so, yeah, lot, it looks it, it could be quite cool. Um, but yeah, so we'll, again, we'll throw up links to all of these in the, um, in the show notes and other events in terms of, you know, non, non gaming events, we've got the next one is the 18th and 19th of August. That's Warhammer Fest Europe in Dusseldorf. Um, again, Horus Heresy, um, Game of Thrones for Europe is there. One Sorry, Throne of Skulls, one not Game of Thrones, Throne of Skulls, um, <laughs> And then 22nd of September, it's the autumn open day at Warhammer World. They've never held one of these before, so we don't know whether there'll be much heresy there, but they usually have some. The Forge World will be there, but whether they reveal anything heresy-wise, we don't well, know. Well, it won't be long after the release of... Um... Adeptus Titanicus, I suppose, yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll have the Warhound on display. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, I won't be going to that one simply because I'm... I, I No, I'm not going to that one. Um, they they get I, I I go down for too many open days, um, and I think that one's just too much. Yep. Um, twenty seventh and twenty eighth of October is the Warhammer Expo in Texas. It's a starters event, so whether there'll be heresy there or not is mm, questionable. Some people have sort of said, yeah, there is going to be heresy there. Some people have said, no, definitely not. But okay. I think there'll be Adeptus Titanicus there. We don't okay. know. It's a new event. Foolish not to be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a brand new event, never been held before. So, who knows? That's in their new Citadel. Yeah, the the, the Warhammer Citadel is uh, is it's in the same same place. 
cool. well not in the same place it's it's down the road um because right. obviously the warhammer settler we, we don't know how big it is but it's not big enough for an, an expo um then you've got the third and fourth of november it's the black library weekend which is the same weekend as blood and glory Ooh. so um i know greg you is normally go to that, don't you? Um, I've never been actually. No, I've never been. Oh, but Greg normally been. goes, and I know he's he's sort of um, he's sort of debating whether he hangs around in Derby in the evening, or hops in the car and goes down to the to the hotel at um, uh, in Nottingham to um, hang out in the bar at night. As you so, do. So that's uh, that that could be interesting. In terms of if anybody is uh, listening who does go to. Um, the uh the, the events like Black Library Live and the Horus Heresy Weekender, I know a lot of people have in the past said it's a little bit rubbish because you are a captive audience in terms of food and drink and there's not a lot around you to get. And my wife stayed at the same hotel, the, the Belfry, um, when she goes down because her office is literally around the corner from Warhammer World. So mm-hmm. she often goes down for meetings and stays overnight at the Belfry. Um, that's where we normally put her up. And um, she's told me that they are building, I think it was an Aldi or a Little literally around the corner so i know it's got you know supermarket openings you know very heresy related but if you are going to those events and you are (laughs) and you don't want to buy the hotel food you can always go get some frikadellen or um you know pasties or something so it's our duty of care yeah exactly well i know my wife is grateful because her um allowance for her food at the hotel doesn't quite stretch to belfry prices for everything so she gets very little out of that so she's 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 sort of quite happy with that although they are supposed to be putting it up because they do recognize that 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 some of the hotels are bad by that but anyway that's got nothing to do with warhammer <laughs> um and then 24th and 25th of november it's the warhammer 40k open day at warhammer world they always do have some some um fort world um and heresy stuff on on display there i probably will yeah. go to that because i enjoy it um and that's that's pretty much it. We, I would have gone through an old, a company of legends update now, but we've already done it. We have, haven't we? Sorry. So, no, that's cool. I'm just painting terrain. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I'm just painting terrain for it. So, um, <laughs> hopefully, we'll... sound with like the slave Michael, <laughs> get painting the terrain. What are you doing? Not talking to anybody? You've got the terrain to paint, my lad. I've got like four boxes of STC Riser Ruins to do. What are you doing talking to us? Get painting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a couple of months. Of time I've got think. a couple of months to do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, and a Promethean refinery and two Galvanic Magna events. Yeah. Says us, we've got a couple of months to record. Yep. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So learn we'll... how to act voice as voice acting. Yeah. All right. So we'll go out of this and we'll go into the close. Yes. So that brings us to the end of the show. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you would be so kind as to... Uh, we are needy, narcissistic folk who do require validation for the work that we're doing. So if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review. We have some very nice ones, actually, recently, which is great. Um, but, you know, please just give us Check a Check in the post to the people that wrote them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please leave a little comment on there. If it's good, bad, or indifferent. If you think we can improve any, we're happy to hear from you and we'll do our best to do that. Um, so, yeah. Please leave me some feedback and like the web page. It's very nearly, um, not the web page, the Facebook page. It's almost at 400, which is a horrendous number of people to like a page. So thank you very much for that. So give us a like, give us some, some feedback on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
and YouTube, and the links to all those uh, various social media networks are available on the show notes. If you do want to get in touch with us, um, again, same channels, we're always there. We always pick up the messages quickly and always answer them very quickly, so you can message the Edge of Empire directly from the Facebook page, uh, or you can get old school with us and uh, email us at the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. If you'd like to actually help the show out in some small way, then um, we have an affiliate link with the Audible um, people. So if you sign up through um, Audible, where you can listen to your seriously books, uh, audio books, uh, you get a month's free trial, and after that, it's £7.99 a month, and for each one, for a single audio book. And like I said, all the Black Library books are there, but it's an heresy. So that we get a little bit of money, which we can afford to purchase a small cup of tea between the three of us when we do our travels. So thank you for that. Um, we also um, would very much like you to uh, go to our webpage if you are getting stuff from the most excellent Element Games um, and go through our webpage because we get a little bit of um, back from them as advertising and that helps us um, put money towards going to all the various events around the country so that we can keep bringing you all the up-to-date, latest, cool news from the heresy scene. So yeah. please do that. And I say a big thank you to Element Games, actually. Um, They've helped us out with some scenery, um, which is really cool. And so, without further ado, I think that wraps up this month's episode. So, it's um, been a very interesting one. I've enjoyed doing the plastic breakthrough lists. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a good times. And we've got some interesting stuff going on next month as well. So, I hope you'll join us again. So, uh, for me, it is a good night wherever you may be. And myself, Chris, good night, everybody. Uh, good afternoon, good morning. And I'm just going to go dip myself in a, night, in a bath full of ice cubes. All right, then. Good night, and goodbye, everybody, and we shall see you next month. Bye-bye. Take care.